You are listening to Visionaries Wrestling Network, providing your perfect podcast experience. Good, bad, good, bad, good, bad, good. First, I need to avoid legal snags by allowing you to know that you are, in fact, being recorded. There we go. I think that's... That's what Skype just told me to do. Alright, as far as I can tell, this is episode 60 of Good Cop, Bad Cop. And this is going to be a little different. Matt's away doing gaming, so I was trying to bring in somebody who could probably fill that role. So who do I know who knows about gaming, knows about wrestling? So I went, of course, to the number one podcast in the world. I went to Blade Job. I'm here. I am live, even though my on-air sign is not on. Oh, that that's fine. My on-air sign is on. I, I wrote it on my notes ahead of time so we could be as uh, as proper as possible. Now, we asked you asked off-air, how is this going to work? I have no idea how this is going to work. All I know is um, I don't like talking about WWE every week, and we don't talk about it quite as much now. Um, there's certainly a lot of wrestling out there, and I know one of the organizations I love to watch is Beyond Wrestling, um, Uncharted Territory. I know you talk about it a lot on the Blade Job Show anyway. I just wanted to kind of pick your brains a little bit. I kind of wanted to play Mason's role, actually, on this. I kind of wanted to talk about, do like a, a mini-review. And then I wanted you guys, you to throw in kind of like stories. Now, we did this kind of a few weeks ago. I needed your advice on Matt Tremont. And I was like, oh, I know you've talked about him before. And it worked perfectly. We didn't have any ideas. There was no plans. There was no notes. We just talked for about 10 minutes on Matt Tremont. I added it to the end of the episode. I thought it worked brilliantly. And I thought we'd kind of do a similar thing to this. I, we talk about some of the matches. If you've got comments to throw in, we can throw in. If we're not, we can move on. And um, it was the perfect time to do this because season two just started. So we've had the at the time of recording, we've had two episodes. And I believe by the time this drops, um, I think the third one will have actually come out. What makes this also interesting is, um, I don't think you actually watched any of these matches yet, have you? No, I have not. <laughs> I'm very far behind. Uh, I actually had someone pull over the other day while I was sitting at work and opened their window and asked me if I was going to the show and I was very confused until I realized I was wearing a Beyond Wrestling hoodie. Uh huh. And I said no and they said, well, you're going to regret it and they drove away. So I don't know what I'm regretting because I didn't see it but my time to wrestling ratio has been off lately and I've been trying I, I, I try because usually what I would do is I would watch beyond and i would watch you know old stuff on the network or i would watch some indie stuff on youtube or uh, iwtv but what i kind of started doing over the past couple of weeks is i was trying to give wwe a shot again a real shot like watching live actually paying attention instead of just playing on my phone <laughs> and so i i kind of you know on monday nights i was actually watching raw and on friday nights actually watching smackdown and I was trying to kind of catch up because this was supposed to be a new beginning for WWE. And there's a lot of great things and a lot, a lot of really bad things. But yeah, so Beyond kind of got shuffled to the side for the time being. 
And I'm sure that this is a big problem for a lot of podcasts right now. There's so much material out there trying to find the time to do it. And I got to commend you for actually putting in the time. I don't remember the last time I watched Raw Live, mainly because I don't have cable anymore. Um, I do have Hulu, which I guess I could watch, but I don't even have the patience to sit for an hour and a half. And if I did, I'm definitely playing on my phone. Um, I've been watching the 20 minute highlights on YouTube, 30 minute highlights on YouTube. Um, but you can't do that with Uncharted Territory. You actually have to watch the whole thing. So there's no fast forward buttons or anything like that. I guess you can skip between um, the matches when there's like the two minutes of downtime and the commentators are talking, but that's pretty much it. Now, I'm going to be very open about this. I say that I watch Uncharted Territory Season 1. Um, I watched every episode, but I didn't watch every episode in its entirety. What I tend to do is, if I find a wrestler that I like, I will go and see their match. Mainly, it was the people who used to be, um, I guess, probably at Nova Pro. I guess it was my Nova Pro substitute. Like, if I saw Solo Darling or somebody like that, I'd be like, oh, or Alley Cat was there. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go and watch those matches. And I tend to avoid the people I didn't know, which probably for my long-term development wasn't a good plan. So there's definitely going to be some matches on here where it was like, yeah, I have no idea who this person is. Of course, that's perfect, because I got my expert with me today, so you can actually guide me through a little bit and give me perhaps a little bit of insight. And perhaps for other people that don't know these characters either, you can tell us a little bit more. That's what I'm good at. I'm good at, I like to think, explaining things in a way that, what's the word I want to say? It shows respect for them, which is a, I'm, I am going to step on my soapbox a couple times during this, which is something that's severely lacking in the professional wrestling uh, podcasting community lately. Uh, I can show respect for these performers uh, without using them to further any sort of agenda. I love professional wrestling i've been a professional wrestling fan since i was five years old i mean we're talking you know 28 29 years mm -hmm. that i've been watching this and this is a whole new world and what beyond wrestling is doing with uncharted territory is something i never thought i would see so you know i, I i'm happy to be here and happy to give my insight it sounds like from that statement that you're probably the designated good cop then. You're going to be given the positive side of this. Whereas uh -oh. I'm just well, going to, I'm probably going to be more your normal role on Blade Job Show where I'm just going to be going, oh, I saw this. Like, what the heck were they doing? Or anyway, but we'll, we'll see how it plays out. I can't talk too much negative because I didn't, uh, I didn't actually watch the matches themselves, but I'm looking at the names of a lot of uh, the performers and there's definitely some, Good cop and some bad cop in there. But, you know, we'll, we'll see how things go. Good! Bad! All right, let's kick off then. This was um, season uh, season two, episode one. Well, there's a bad cop moment straight away. I just realized on my notes I put this was season one. All right, match one, um, Lance Archer versus Josh Briggs. Now, I noticed right at the start for this match, Anthony Green's at his table. Now, if he's at his table, to me, that means he's selling merch. Now, I'm going to go straight away. I think that's a pretty bad cop moment. Now, I actually used to get upset with this because I'm like, hey, I want to see you at your table because I want to buy something. And then somebody said, that's really disrespectful to the wrestlers. Like, if you're buying merch from them, they're not actually concentrating on the match. Now, he could just have been stood there socializing. I don't know. What do you think about that? Okay, so at the end of the day, these guys are getting paid peanuts. They are getting paid absolutely, in the grand scheme of things, nothing to be there. Sure. You know, they might be getting 30 bucks to show up and almost die. And I see that Mr. Green was in a match later on. Yes. Oh, no, I'm on episode... Two. Sorry, never mind. So I'm assuming he was on. At, at the end of the day, you know, especially because during intermissions, during 
you know, downtime, there's a lot of people wandering around. Sure. And there's a lot of people, you know, you don't really get a chance or an opportunity to go up to a, a merch table, just walk right up and say, hey, how's it going? Buy some merch. I feel that from the moment that these guys walk in the door to the moment they leave, there, I, I see no issue with them selling merch whether there's a match happening or not because your your interaction with them is probably going to last two to three minutes tops tops yeah you should be paying attention to the match you should be watching the match and might be construed as disrespectful but you know if if you can give this guy 20 30 dollars this guy's gonna eat lunch that day sure that makes sense and The White Eagle is where they hold Beyond Wrestling now, is a little weird because they do have merch tables upstairs in the the venue. They also traditionally have some downstairs as well, just, you know, based on room. Yeah. Now, I'm assuming there's not a lot of guys downstairs during the show, but the people who have merch tables set up within, there's no difference between going over to Anthony Green and saying, hey, I'd like to buy a t-shirt, or going to the bar and saying, hey, I'd like a drink. I got you. you know, I got you. I mean, it, it, but in this way, you're helping someone who you admire and you care about. And, you know, in a weird way, you want to see them succeed. So, you know, I, I guess I'm saying good cop. I, I okay, that's fine. Now, I just I don't I just realized I didn't think about this at the time. I don't think there was an intermission when I was watching this, so I don't know how well the general setup is for Uncharted Territory. I guess they either have to sell their merch beforehand or afterwards, but there's not that 15 minute gap that you normally have or 20 minutes. So I guess you got to yeah. sell it when you can. So perhaps with hindsight, I'll cut him were, some slack. When they were at Electric Haze, there was no intermission. You had time before the show, and you had time after the show, and there were very, very few people available, just because there was no room. Yeah. But you usually had three or four people at the ring, and you had someone over at the Beyond Wrestling merch table, you know, peddling their words. Usually a bigger name, like SCU, when, when they were there on episode one, I think, or two of season one. They were the ones who were at the Beyond Wrestling merch table selling SCU t-shirts and taking photos with fans and all that. But there was no one else over there. It was just them and Beyond Wrestling merchandise. Like, that was it. Okay. So, I mean, White Eagle has a little more space. um, And if they're still pulling the same types of crowds that they were pulling at Electric Haze, it means people are going to be spread out a little more, which is going to make it better. Um, I don't know. It's... It's, it's a weird setup because they are under much different time constraints than when they were running monthly shows where it was essentially a pay-per-view. It was, you know, here's an hour and a half of wrestling, here's a 30-minute intermission, here's an hour and a half of wrestling. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a little different, and, you know, it's obviously a new experiment for them, too. Nobody has ever really done something like this. I think they're doing their best i think they're doing yeah. they're doing pretty good and i just want to point out i want to go off topic for literally five seconds my other monitor is the monitor i use when i'm streaming over on mixer.com slash niche guy and for some reason my xbox is advertising a cricket game and, uh, <laughs> you might be the only person i know other than maybe matt and, and mr kirkby who knows what the 
frick cricket is. I stopped watching cricket for a long time. This year is the year I actually got back. So who's playing just out of interest? Does it say what what the matches no, they're trying no, to get no, you to watch? No, it's it's a, it's a cricket video game. Oh, a video game. Oh goodness. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm not, I'm certainly not interested in that. It's right next to the Alien game and a game called Astroneer. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know what's going on with that, but I just thought I'd bring it up because it happened to catch my eye. Man, I think the voices are listening. Then they've heard people talking about cricket, and then suddenly you got that advertisement. Yeah, that that's a little bit suspect to me. Now, one good cop moment for this match. I did notice people were drinking beers, and I've seen that before. That's nothing unique about that at uh, Beyond Wrestling. I did think though, in the summer, I went to uh, SummerSlam in Toronto. They even pour water into a cup for you. If you buy a bottle of water, they won't even give you a bottle of water. They will pour the water into a cup for you, and then you take that. The fact that Beyond is progressive enough to let you actually have an actual beer um, in a civilized vessel, I think is fantastic. I really like the look of that. And and, and I agree with that. Um, I I think the issue is a lot of major arenas, you know, whether you're talking like the Staples Center or the Garden here in Boston, um, you know, they have a lot of issues with when you've got 15,000 people, there's a much bigger chance there's going to be some jerk who's going to throw their bottle at someone. Sure. And I know that uh, a lot of a lot of these arenas too. They're hockey arenas, and they will take your caps away from you. They'll still sell you a bottle of water, yes. but they will take your cap away because if you throw that cap on the ice, you can't see it, and someone skates hits that, and someone's going to get hurt. Fair I, enough. I guess that, you know the White Eagle. I mean, it's a Polish night's club kind of thing. I mean, it's definitely a, a I think a different situation. But yeah, no, it is nice to. Uh, Especially when the performers, when the wrestlers will come to the ring and drink a beer, a la, you know, may he always be a member of the Beyond Wrestling roster, Joey Janela. You know, seeing them come with a bottle of beer to the ring as opposed to a cup of beer always kind of led a little more credence to what they were doing anyways. Sure. I can't argue with that. Now, I gotta, oh, I've got to confess to you for this one. I, I've heard the name Lance Archer. I did not know who Lance Archer was. Um, I did hear on commentary they, that he's from New Japan. That's not the image I get when I think... If you mention a New Japan wrestler, I am not thinking of somebody as hard-hitting as what he was. Yeah. Obviously, in a match against Josh well, Briggs. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bad cop you right now. <laughs> and I don't have a good you're, you're, pedigree you're on New cop. Japan. I'm, so. I'm the good cop. So, obviously, the strong style in Japan... I think fits perfectly with Lance Archer as a performer. Um, you know, he is very hard hitting. Now, interesting enough, I saw Lance Archer two weeks ago at New Japan Pro Wrestling in Lowell with uh, Fighting Spirit Unleashed. And so that was actually interesting that I was like, wow, I'm seeing this guy wrestle for New Japan and he's going to be wrestling in Worcester in a week and a half. Um, so I thought that was that was really kind of neat. And it was my first time seeing Lance Archer live. The guy is a monster, uh, a legitimate monster. Like, this is a guy who, if he was in WWE or AEW, would be going up against Braun Strowman or, I don't know, does AEW have any big wrestlers at this point? Still not familiar enough with our roster, I gotta admit. I'm, I'm trying to think of anyone who's, like, big, because they don't really seem like they focused on the big men. They, no. they focused more on the smaller indie guys, like uh, flippy guys, I believe is the proper terminology. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, no, I can't think yeah, of anyone Lance who fits. Lance Archer is a frightening human being. I've never talked to him personally, 
so I don't really know if he's truly a frightening human being, but in the ring, most certainly a frightening human being. I did say on this one, I said, I can do like the reviews and the matches, and then you said, well, I got a list of all the results for them, and I was like, oh, I think I got that. Um, yeah, first of all, I have no idea who won this match. I didn't even bother to write that down. I don't think that was the... I don't. At the end, if you ask me about a year's time about this match, I'm not going to remember who won. I am going to remember it was hard-hitting, though. And it was... Uh, yeah, I was enjoying watching them slug each other out the whole time. Let's move straight on to match two. Let's go with Solo Darling versus Matt Sterling. Now, I've got some mathematician bad cop moments for this. I'm not sure at Matt Sterling's exact weight, but the commentator said something like 210.33333333. He said quite a few threes. Um, that's not very accurate. There's no way you can weigh him to eight decimal places. I think what they were trying to say is a third of a pound, but that's not the point three three. That's obviously a very specific one for me as a mathematician, but it ruined the start of this match for me. And um, we obviously well, got the. To be fair, to be fair, they have some really fancy uh, scales now uh-huh. that can actually tell you your body mass. They can tell you your, can. Uh, your average body fat. Uh-huh. I'm sure they have scales that can tell you your to your your 10 decimal point what your weight is they probably can but do you need to know that as a wrestling fan and i would say no i would say to the nearest pound would have been perfectly sufficient for your weight um there's obviously going to be fluctuations Um, in sweat and a whole host of things such that the eighth degree of uh, accuracy is totally irrelevant i'm definitely agreeing with you however this may be definitely a situation of like orange cassidy whose weight doesn't matter see that's better definitely could be part of his gimmick i don't know i don't know enough about him to be fair and Um, i don't know matt sterling is taller than a stack of pancakes correct and i'm I'm, there's something about a pint of ice cream as well but i'm I'm struggling to remember what the exact introduction is for her right now um obviously um officer magnum came out so obviously we got the good the chance of he's a good boy um we had some very interesting comments from commentary and i don't think i had mason with me which was definitely a good cop moment I think he was being, I th- I'm not sure the two commentators' names. One was being very disrespectful to Solo Darling. And um, the guy asked him, the guy asked the person who was being rude, have you ever been on a date with a woman? And he replies, date? When you pay $300, you don't go on a date. Now, for me, I thought that was a pretty funny line, but I was very glad I didn't have anybody around with me who I needed to explain that reference to. And um, yeah. <laughs> the match ended now, pretty now quickly. Knowing, knowing beyond, they probably had a wrestler in commentary, because they usually have... Uh, Mr. Crockett, and then someone like, you know, uh, David Starr, Joey Janela, or whoever on commentary with them, or Josh Briggs. He's, he did a yeah. lot of commentary when he was out on injury. Um, and I'm wondering who that was, and once again, if that plays into their gimmick of being a misogynistic asshole. Of course, of I'm course. I'm sorry, I just realized maybe I shouldn't be saying asshole on your show. Oh, I think you can say that. You're not an MGB right now. Uh, I think <laughs> I think we can get away with that one. I think that one's perfectly okay. I'm going to be trying to avoid F-bombs or anything like that, but I think we can get away with that one. I caught myself earlier. Uh, I believe I said friggin', and I really <laughs> had to think about it before I did. If you can survive a whole hour with a, a 10-year-old as he was at that time, and I know you said it was one of the hardest things you ever had to do, then um, I'm sure you can get through this episode just fine as well. Now, this one finished... 
This one finished pretty quickly, uh, mainly because there was a disqualification. Alex Reynolds came in. Uh, I don't know Alex Reynolds either, I have to say. Uh, kicked Solo in the face, and then they tried to steal Officer Magnum. They tried to run off with him. Thankfully, Willow Nightingale is back from injury. I know those two are tagged together. I can't remember the tag team name. Something like Beauty and the Bee, something like that. Um, she rescued Officer Darling, and then it quickly turned into a Lucha tag match. And at that point, Jay actually came home. So I'm not sure what time I was watching this, but Jackson came down, and he wanted to watch with me. And I was like, uh, I think this will be okay. Anyway, Solo Darlin's in the ring. So I asked him, I said, um, who is that? And he's like, I know who that is. Officer Magnum. Now, I don't think he was calling Solo Darling a dog, but he certainly made the connection between the two people, so I was kind of proud of him that he knew that. And the Lucha Tag match actually finished with Officer Magnum getting the pin, and I was like, I'm so glad I let Jackson stay for that. He thought that was hilarious. The guys were knocked down on the floor, and yeah, the dog was put on top. One, two, three. So, uh, last year, or earlier this year, I was involved in a, for fun, fantasy wrestling draft. where uh, a group of us drafted wrestlers on Twitter to create the ultimate rosters. And at one point, I drafted Officer Magnum, and I got pushback saying, well, Officer Magnum's not a wrestler. There's no, he he has no win-loss ratio. In which case, I pulled up his, I think, cagematch.net profile to show that he had pinfall victories over people and i'm glad that he's getting another victory under his collar because the best wrestler on the planet in my opinion he won a championship i meant to watch it i saw it come up on my twitter feed and i knew it was going to be released like a week later on iwtv and i I was watching i I had the option to watch it live and i didn't because i was busy and um, yeah i need to go back and find out that was i'm sure for the month of august when iwtv put their list out he was number 10 on the rankings whether he'll get his shot at um, the IWTV title remains to be seen. But yeah, he was mentioned as number 10 on that list. So obviously he's having some matches. He's obviously got a bit of a buzz generated right now. He also follows me on Twitter. No! I am in fact followed by Officer Magnum on Twitter. Solo doesn't follow me. <laughs> Officer Magnum does. Oh, I got a five-year-old who is going to be very jealous of you then. Because I know he yes. follows Officer Magnum, but I'm pretty sure he's not followed back by Officer Magnum. I, uh, I, I am a, I'm a big Officer Magnum fan, and uh, I, I, I still have never had the opportunity to, to sit down and ask him the hard-hitting question <laughs> of, what kind of dog are you? Because there's definitely some corgi in there, uh-huh. but the rest looks almost like a lab, and I'm not quite sure. Uh, I might have to field that question to Solo Darling herself, because uh, I'm not sure Officer Magnum can articulate the answer that I need. I still feel really embarrassed at Nova Pro. I think it must have been the end of last year. And we saw that Officer Magnum was doing autographs. And I rushed back to get Mason. I was like, hey, Officer Magnum's doing autographs. And we went over there. We bought an autograph. And, um, yeah, we kind of left. And then afterwards, I was like... We didn't even talk to Solo at all. We didn't get an autograph from Solo. We didn't get a picture. We were so enamored with um, Officer Magnum. Anyway, we managed to rectify this. I think it was February this year. But it was kind of humiliating. Like, yeah, we already have your dog's autograph, but can we can we get your autograph, please, as well? You know what? I bet she gets it all the time. <laughs> Bruh. There's nothing against Solo, darling. She's no. wonderful. And I appreciate everything that she is. But, I mean, come on. Officer Magnum. <laughs> 
It was a wrestling dog. He was doing autographs. I'm like, how can I not? How can I not want that autograph? That was like a really unique one for the collection. All right, match three. I don't know this match. I didn't write much down for this one. Um, I've got J. Freddy, which is a name I've never heard. And I've got Low Blow, and I put Quick Match. I'm going to guess it was a Low Blow, and then there was a pin. J. Freddy is wonderful, for one thing. Also, uh, one of my wonderful followers on Twitter. I, I appreciate J. Freddy. He uh, primarily is in a tag team with uh, the amazing Rory Gulak. And he primarily is... Uh, famous in, uh, I'm trying to think, it's a promotion in Japan. He does a lot of Japanese stuff. And I'm blanking on the promotion's name for some reason. But yeah, Jay Freddy's, uh, I believe he's from New York, but he's a, he's a Beyond Wrestling mainstay. He's been around for, for ages. He's, I, I love Jay Freddy. Jay Freddy's probably one of my top ten Beyond people. Uh, that, that I've ever seen. Ah. Now, I definitely respect your opinion on that. There's certainly names that are going to come up later in this show who I've known probably first from you. And, um, yes, I've gone and watched them later, and I can see the connection. One person who you definitely mentioned to me, who's actually on, not on this card, so I can mention her, is um, Skylar. That was a name that I kind of wasn't familiar with. She was supposed to come down to Nova Pro like three times and didn't. Um, I've seen her since on the on the independent wrestling TV, and she's obviously great. And there's other names as well. So I certainly respect your opinion on that. So I'm going to pay, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted you on here. When I see names like Jay Freddy, if I don't know who they are, I'm probably not going to watch their matches. But now I have a little bit of insight, and you're telling me that that's probably one of the people I need to go look at. I will definitely make more of an effort to do that. Yeah, go back and watch some of his tag matches with... Uh... With, Jay, with uh, Rory Gulak. He also tagged with John Silver mm -hmm. uh, quite a few times. Uh, they were the Meat Boys, and they are fantastic as well. Obviously, I'm a, I'm a big John Silver fan as well. No, good, good wrestler. Oh, always one of those guys I enjoyed because he was a small guy, but he never let his size or stature... I mean, you see him go up against guys as big as Josh Briggs and, you know put on fantastic matches. Mm -hmm. And that was actually a name that I wasn't familiar with either until uh, Season 2, Episode 2. And actually, I saw him again yesterday in a, a CZW match while I was actually researching something for MGB Wrestling Podcast. I was like, oh, I recognize that name now. So, yeah, there's another yeah, name I'm certainly on my radar now. CZW World Champion. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, that was actually, I believe, the event that I watched. I watched one of the earlier rounds in the tournament, uh, but I did watch go back on Cage Match just to see the, the rest of the tournament quickly, and I saw that, yes, he became the champion for that one. All right, match four was uh, Red Death Daniel Garcia. It was supposed to be against, I think it's Matt Mikowski. And then for reasons I couldn't figure out, and I don't know what was going on, um, it looked like Tony Steppen came in instead. I think it's Tony. I just wrote Steppen down. So this is the Discovery Gauntlet. There we go. That's the one. Yes. Okay, because I know that, uh, that What's-His-Face won the, the series finale, or the season finale last year. Mm -hmm. Last. Uh, this is weird. Uh, I, I, all I'm seeing is like TV, like hearing season. Um, speaking of which, tonight is episode two of Batwoman and Supergirl on the CW, so go check that out. That was weird, I know. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that at all. That was, a, that was a segue I wasn't prepared for. All right, let me tell you what I have for this match. Um, there was a kick out from... Oh, this was my bad cop moment. Um, I've seen too much wrestling recently, and this was one of my major criticisms of the, a the first AEW Dynamite event that I took Mason to. Um, 
too many unbelievable kickouts from uh, finishers. Um, there was a superplex followed up by a coup de gras and managed to kick out. I don't put, didn't write down who kicked out from it, but to me it was like, no, this is not good. Now, also at this point, I was supposed to be watching, and we talked about how much wrestling was actually on. I was filling time before the Chikara Trios match started. So I was this match was going on. It looked like the match had finished, and I was like, perfect. Because I was thinking, this will be a 10-minute match, and that's how long it was before the trio started. And then this match went on and on, and yeah, I didn't write anything else down, because I'm like, come on, come on, hurry up and finish. i got to watch the end of this match, but I also want to switch across to the Chikara's thing. So yeah, I guess this is your opportunity then. Any stories for about Red Death Daniel Garcia or Tony Steppen? No. All right. So, first and foremost, the, the biggest issue, and I don't say it's not really an issue, it's just kind of how it goes, is with this Discovery Gauntlet, there's a lot of people that I am not familiar with. Okay. Now, I saw Garcia wrestle uh, last season, and I enjoyed him, but I really have not managed to see anything else he's done. You know, the Discovery Gauntlet definitely has its. Uh, success stories, uh, obviously the biggest one being Thomas Santel mm-hmm. becoming one of the most over people in Beyond Wrestling history based on a gimmick, based on a movie from 1985 and that's brilliant but I don't see that happening with, with Garcia okay. I, I just I, he doesn't connect to the crowd the way that Thomas Santel did or uh, Brad Hollister who's not really he wasn't really unknown. He was just kind of, you know, he's a he's a newer performer on the scene. But Brad Hollister obviously is is getting over with the Beyond Wrestling crowd as well. But I don't see a lot of people reaching the level that Thomas Santel has done. Granted, Thomas Santel was in WWE at one time. Yeah, it, it's you know I didn't know who he was, and the funny funny enough about that is. Thomas Santel's time in WWE was super short-lived. He was only in WWE for like six months on TV. But I actually saw him live at Backlash in 2005. I went to Backlash. But, you know, when I looked him up, I'm like, I don't know who this guy is. He was in WWE. And then I looked up when he wrestled and I said, oh, I was at that pay-per-view. And then I kind of like, the wheels started turning and I said, Oh yeah, I remember that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but like someone like Garcia, I have no connection to him. Um, uh, he seems to be doing okay. And the crowd seems to be behind him, but I don't see him getting over like, uh, some of the other names might. Fair enough. Now I actually thought the, the reverse, actually, I actually did know Tony Steppen. I'd heard people talk about him and I actually thought I'd heard people say how good he was as well. And I had seen a couple of his matches. I think one of them was at, um, I want to say, Pizza Party Wrestling in New Jersey. That was an organization I'd heard about. So I remember watching part of their card. So I was kind of surprised he was on that. Because I would say, I don't know every... I know the indies sort of in the area that I live, but I don't necessarily know them outside of that area. So that was one that kind of surprised me. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? 
Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Now, I'm going to link straight into match five then, because I know you don't know the card for this. It actually was Thomas Santel um, versus Orange Cassidy. Now, I hadn't seen Thomas Santel, so I'm going to guess I'd probably skipped through those gauntlet matches. So the match started off with actually giving presents to Orange Cassidy. So it started, and then, of course, he gives him a present. He looks and see what it is. And then we get the chant of one more gift, which I always love the chance that the crowds come up with, things like that. And um, he actually bought some Ovaltine for Orange Cassidy. Now, obviously, Orange Cassidy's known for drinking his orange juice. So I wasn't familiar with the Ovaltine. I didn't even realize that was a drink in here. I actually thought that was an English drink. So I was kind of surprised by that. And during the match, Thomas Santel loses his glasses. So Orange Cassidy gives him his sunglasses. So there was kind of a switch there as well between the different personalities. You got the classic Orange Cassidy things. Um, he, he gets a single leg crab um, on Thomas Santel with his hands in his pocket. Uh, it's fantastic. I, I love watching Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy is my favorite wrestler to watch. I will. I love the fact that IWTV now you can search by wrestler, so you can go and look and you can find matches from him. I normally just click on anything that they update. Is Orange Cassidy on there? And then I'll go and watch those matches. And then towards the end, I want to point something out real quick. The fact that Orange Cassidy sitting in the crowd at Dynamite this past week got a bigger ovation than almost everyone else. Uh huh. Just him sitting there yeah. was one of the biggest pops of the evening. Like, this guy is over, and I'm still, I, I don't mean to, to get off topic, but it still worries me that the Orange Cassidy character has a shelf life. It works on the indies, how is it going to work on television? And I think that we will see a transition to a more athletic Orange Cassidy within six months. I'm sure that would have to happen as well. I still think right now it's perfect putting him on tag teams so you don't overexpose it and then you burn it out too quickly. So I'm kind of happy with what they're doing right now or putting him as somebody who comes down to ringside but doesn't necessarily wrestle immediately. So I'm happy that they're still doing that. Now, actually, this kind of links in, though, as well because I actually thought he was done. I, I assume that's why he dropped the IWTV title. And um, as we get towards the end of the match, uh, Thomas Santel tries to, um, also gets in a single leg crab, tries to lock in the STL. Jeff can't because his hands are in his pockets. And that can only happen to Orange Cassidy. Brilliant. Um, he forces Orange Cassidy to put his hands in his own pockets, though. I was like, whoa, that's original. Like, halfway through the match, he took his hands out. And, of course, he's fighting as a normal wrestler would do. And I thought that was an interesting dynamic, actually. I hadn't seen that. Somebody forcing him to put his hands into his pockets. Kind of playing into his own tactic a little bit. Um, then we had the switch. Thomas Santel tries the uh, orange juice. Uh, freshly squeezed tries the Ovaltine. And he wins after spitting it in his face and a Superman punch. Now, Orange Cassidy came out and he cut a promo, 
And um, there was please don't go chance, obviously, from the crowd, because we assume he's going to be AEW. And he starts by saying, hello, I'm Orange Cassidy, and I'm not going anywhere. And he made it very clear that he wanted his uh, title belt back from Warhorse. So I was kind of excited by that. That match, as we're talking, was actually played um, out yesterday in Asbury Park. I nearly drove out the four hours. It was very tempting. I woke up about five o'clock in the morning. I was very tempted to wake Mason up and say, hey, you want to drive up and see that? I have no idea on the result. I don't think I saw on Twitter. I saw Warhorse post a few things, so I think possibly Warhorse did win. But yeah, I'm not quite sure what's going to happen with him. I assumed he was only going to be wrestling for AEW. I am under the assumption. So AEW is in a weird situation right now. I do not agree with if you have a full-time performer and you're paying them X amount of dollars and all this, that, and the other thing, I, I actually agree with the WWE model. They should not be able to work anywhere else mm-hmm. because that's an investment. Yeah. And, and anyone who doesn't understand that doesn't understand that, you know, if, if you were going to pay your, you know, mechanic, a hundred dollars or a thousand dollars and he was going to go fix someone else's car with the parts that you bought for your car, you'd be pissed. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's kind of the way I look at it. And maybe that's a bad example, but you know, it, it's just like, so I'm looking at it like most likely it's a, I am signing with AEW. However, I still have dates booked out until January, February, 2020. So I will sign, but I'm going to work all of these dates. That like, makes that's sense. Because, I, I mean, he's a mainstay in a lot of promotions right now. Sure. I'm sure he was booked out really, really far when he signed with AEW. And he's also, like, like you said, they're kind of using him as a, you know, as a, a third man of the best friends right now. He's probably not going to be wrestling a lot. He's probably just going to be showing up and doing random stuff. I do like how they're using him as like the Bray Wyatt or the Undertaker right now where the lights go out and he appears in the ring just standing there doing nothing. Mm-hmm. I think that's a funny way to book him. But yeah, I think we'll see him for at least the next four to five months still showing up on the independent scene. If he is, in fact, signing with AEW full-time, I think that's all we get, and then he's gone. That's just me. And going back to Thomas Santel, this is a guy who's going through a career renaissance right now, and I'm super happy to see how popular he has become, because he could potentially be the new Orange Cassidy, someone who's a really, really good professional wrestler, but has such a solid comedy gimmick that it works out just beautifully thomas santel i remember i was there the first night he came out for the discovery gauntlet and earth angel his theme song from the hit movie back to the future hit and everyone kind of looked around like this isn't really a wrestling theme song no and this guy comes out looking like you know george mcfly and cutting promos about how he's gonna have a crisp cool ovaltine after the match and instantly, he was over. Instant. I mean, this was. I've never seen someone get over as quickly as he did. I think he's going to go far, far on the independent scene. Um, and, and Orange Cassidy versus Thomas Zentel might be match of the year. I haven't even 
haven't seen it, and I'm going to say match of the year. I'm going to say, like, some of those names that I've read out earlier and some of the ones from episode two, some of them resonated with me. Some I saw them, watched the match, and they were forgettable. Thomas Antel stuck out with me. It, that gimmick, and it worked perfectly to, to balance out with Orange well, Cassidy. I mean, who would have thought that we would get to see George McFly wrestle? <laughs> that, that's, that's all I'm saying. Now, I'm a huge Back to the Future fan. Back to the Future is in my top five movies of all time. Mm-hmm. And to have a gimmick that plays into that, like the only thing better would be if you had a Ghostbusters gimmick. Like, mm-hmm. there, there, there's something so wonderful and magical about that gimmick that I'm hooked. Like, I'm hooked on this guy. You know, I've started, I actually did not know that on independent wrestling, you could search by wrestler now. Now that I know yes. that, I'll be searching for Thomas Antel pretty much weekly. It seems to be hit and miss, though, I have to say. Because there was one when I, I typed in it, and one of the things that came up, I was like, I know he's definitely not at that event. So, I don't know. It did seem hit and miss. And like I say, I haven't used it that much, but I've only really tried it on um, Orange Cassidy. But if I do find somebody who gets my interest, it's certainly one I intend um, using for, uh, to go find their matches. Now, match six, I don't have anything written down for. Now, I'm not quite sure why. I certainly remember the match. Um, Chris Dickinson and Wheeler Utah. Now, I, for me, this one resonated because I, I know Chris Dickinson now. I certainly didn't know who he was, but certainly from the beyond events that I've seen, he's a hard hitter as well. And actually, somebody who I like to watch. And in fact, Mason keeps saying, who's Chris Dickinson? So I guess I've been watching so many matches, I've commented on them now, and he just doesn't know who it is because he hasn't seen them. And Wheeler Utah, I know from Nova Pro. Uh, he was actually the Commonwealth Cup winner in 2018. Um, to me, this was a surprise matchup. If I remember correctly, Wheeler Utah actually challenged Chris Dickinson. I don't remember the name of the event, but whatever the Beyond event was that was at the beach. I know I watched the first half of that, and um, yeah, he called him out and said, I'm going to face you on um, match one. So, somebody who I consider a high flyer, I was kind of surprised that he chose Chris Dickinson. Uh, yeah, well, they've had bit of a on and off rivalry in beyond and and I think that it, it's kind of it's kind of one of those things that will just kind of continue like it's it's long standing and with how many people have left beyond you know brighter pastures or whatever you want to call it you know they have to kind of hold on to what they have they have to hold on to those performers and those feuds that just have resonated with the fans yeah and i feel like wheeler and dickinson are two of the most tenured beyond performers at this point so why not kind of keep rolling with that because i know wheeler had a had a title shot recently for the iwtv title um i think he did i think he remember I think he was part of a triple threat, if I remember correctly. I seem to remember something similar as well. well he was he was in the triple threat that uh, that uh, Warhorse won, wasn't he? It was. Yeah, okay. That, that, that makes sense. I don't know. I'm a big fan of both guys. Dickinson is interesting to me because he's not your prototypical wrestler. He reminds me... Did you watch WCW in the mid to late 90s? Uh, I did not. I, I didn't. Re- we can. Well, if you could get it in England, I certainly didn't have access to it. Um, I started watching okay. in two thousand when I first moved to the states. Okay, so WCW had a 
former UFC fighter on the roster by the name of Tank Abbott. And this is one of the OG UFC. This is like when Ken Shamrock was still a UFC fighter. Uh Like this is like the original UFC. And I'm not saying they look alike, but they had this this very similar style. They were brawlers. Uh You know, Tank Abbott was an, an overly trained professional wrestler. He was a fighter. And I, I feel that when I see Chris Dickinson, it's like he's a he's a brawler, he's a brute, you know. But he's also a really good wrestler. Yeah. You know, but he goes out there. If you remember a number of years ago, I don't know if you were already into the whole internet wrestling community in the indies and all that, but there was a lot of controversy. Uh, Dickinson went viral because he literally wrapped a chair around Kimberly's head. Oh, I mean, this is one of the most brutal chair shots I have ever seen. And this kickstarted that intergender wrestling is domestic abuse crap. Mm-hmm. With Kimberly going, you know I was in on it, right? Like, <laughs> I, I, I said, hit me with the friggin' chair. And, you know, and then he Zuzu bombed her and she came close to hitting the bottom turnbuckle. And this started this whole friggin'... Chris Dickinson's a dangerous wrestler. He's not trained properly. Chris Dickinson is not a dangerous wrestler. People don't get hurt when they're wrestling Chris Dickinson, but he makes it look like they should. Yeah. And that's the important part. It's kind of like uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. Everyone, like in NXT, oh, he hits too hard. No, he makes it look like he's hitting too hard. Yep. That's his job. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, he's been neutered and castrated on the main roster that's his job though to make it look like someone's not gonna get up you know the kinshasa looks like you just took the tip of his knee to the bridge of your nose but you didn't because he's good at what he does yeah and, and that's how i look at chris dickinson he makes it look like someone's gonna die but they're not because he knows what he's doing Correct. Now, that wasn't the name I thought you were going to say, actually. Um, for me, and I guess partly because of appearance as well, I thought you were going to say Goldberg. That, that's the first thing that comes to my mind. Yeah, well, here's the thing with Goldberg. I'm a big Goldberg fan. And WCW booked Goldberg right. Whether you like it or you don't, he was a guy who wasn't really that good, but he could make you think that the reason his matches were 40 seconds long is because that's how powerful he was. Mm -hmm. And that's how they booked him, and it was wonderful. It was absolutely wonderful. That's why I liked his match with Dolph Ziggler at SummerSlam. That's how you book Goldberg. Just crush them. Because in in the world, in the facade of professional wrestling, Dolph Ziggler is not going to beat Bill Goldberg. In the, in the magical world of this is real, it's not going to happen. And Goldberg is going to spear him in half and then jackhammer him and the match is over. And that's how you book him. That's why his match with Brock Lesnar was so panned because they tried to wrestle. Yeah. That's not a Brock Lesnar-Goldberg match. No. A Brock Lesnar-Goldberg match is spears and kicking people in the face for five to seven minutes and then ending it. I agree, and I liked some of those matches that finished literally in 90 seconds for the shock value. It's like, <gasps> but yeah, there was always the believability that, yeah, he could do that. But then you go back and watch the infamous uh, Lord Steven Regal versus Goldberg match, where mm. 
Regal, sh- you know, he, he shot on him and he tried to wrestle him and Goldberg didn't know what to do. Yeah. And it looks, you can tell the awkwardness. And I don't know who's wrong in that situation. I don't necessarily agree with what Regal did because you knew what you were in the ring with. And you shouldn't have gone out there just to make them look like a schmuck. Yeah. That's not your job. No. You know, if your job is to go out there and get speared and jackhammered, go out there and get speared and jackhammered. That's it. Yeah. Moving on. Yep. So, my soapbox is to the side for now. (laughs) Good. Good. All right, main event time, and this is definitely one of the names that I got to give you credit for. Um, you mentioned this person, and they were coming to Nova Pro, and I made the uh, great decision of watching some of her matches on IWTV. And I think I can say, I think without any doubt, she's my favorite female wrestler. I'm trying to remember exactly where she was on your list, but I know it was very high. Uh, Chris Statlander versus Nick Gage. I love Chris Statlander. I think Chris Statlander is perfect in every way it, it, I, 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 I don't know I, there's a, the, the gimmick is so outlandish but it works yeah she is stunning her in-ring performance is brilliant there is nothing bad to say about Chris Statlander but you say Chris Statlander versus Nick Gage <laughs> and I go oh dear god what did he do to my wonderful, beautiful woman? <laughs> All right, let's talk about the match then. Now, actually, I should add a little bit in for this. I actually felt kind of sorry for Chris Statlander when she came to Nova Pro. Um, her match was in second half. She came out of the intermission, and, like, nobody went over there. So I knew who she was. I said to Mason, I was like, that's the first person we're going to talk to. And um, we got her picture. We got her autograph. Couldn't have been nicer. The autograph stayed with that gimmick as well. It was something like to human Mason or something. So she was playing the whole alien gimmick make up and it wasn't like take me to your leader but there was some comment that was there and i was like brilliant i love that and then of course they did the the finger touch as well instead of doing like the high five whatever so i I loved all that i thought it was great no ever since when she's one of the people if her match is on i'm I'm skipping to that match i will skip other people's matches um i don't miss chris stalliner's matches i think the highest praise i can pay to her is my biggest criticism of her is I don't like her new theme music as much as I liked her original theme music. I much preferred E.T. over More Than a Woman. Okay, I can I can see that. I'm going to be 100% honest. Other than a select few, I someone's theme song hits in wrestling, and I usually don't know who the hell's coming out. <laughs> Even if it's someone I've seen a hundred times. Okay. I just go, oh, hey, it's this song. Oh, hey, it's this person. Pretty much the ones I remember are... Uh, Tremont with Separate Ways, because that's such a weird song for someone who's going to end up covered in blood. Yeah. And then, God, see, I'm, I'm even blanking. Uh, Joey Janelle's theme song was always stood out. David Starr with uh, Do You Want to Touch Me? <laughs> like, oh, yeah, like that. didn't but know like, that one. There'll be, pe- there'll be people I've seen a hundred times and their theme song hits and I'm like, I don't even know who this is. The reason I know so many now is I have a playlist on my iPod, which is mainly for the boys, and they love listening to predominantly WWE, I'd have to say, um, entrance themes. And Mason knows them straight away. I I didn't know for a long time how he knew them so well. Um, He had his own iPod, and he used to just listen to them all the time. Uh, We updated it over the summer to include indie wrestlers, and Jackson can call them now instantly as well. I I guess I don't have the brain for it, but if you're sat at an indie event and the music plays, I just look to 
Mason and he'll tell me who's coming out. He knows them all perfectly. Um, Orange Cassidy is the one we've probably played the most recently. I'll put on a YouTube playlist of just like WWF theme songs. Yeah. From like the, the late, like the Attitude Era, so it'll play Kane and DX and stuff, and I'll just let it play on yeah. random. But there's a lot of the indie ones that are actually classic songs, so like I got no problems with that. Like Marco Stunt, I'm fine, perfectly. I have that song on my iPod anyway, so it's kind of easy to do. But yeah, um, yeah, I do prefer. Yeah, that's the only criticism I can offer of Chris Statlander. And obviously, I was worried as well when you know she's facing Nick Gage. You kind of think this could be absolutely brutal. Um, I'm not worried anymore. When you see her in matches like this, and I've seen a couple since, um, she can definitely hold up. It is definitely believable that she can face those people. Now, the only problem I had with this match was, though, and it was a, a fantastic match, she did lose, and at the end, um, Nick Gage cut a promo, and he basically bigged her up, said how amazing she was, the fact that she could stand all that. Or, in fact, it basically should go against him. Does. Yes. I've noticed a lot of matches. At the end of the matches, he grabs the mic and he goes, This person right here, they're the FNOG. Like, yeah. They're the person you should be watching. Don't look at me. Look at them. Now, like, and I love that about him that he comes out and he usually closes beyond shows because he's definitely a main event star for them. Yes. And he usually ends with, I effing love you. I'll see you soon. And then just roll, just leaves. You know, yeah. he's such a, an articulated, vulgar person. Now, the problem I have with this, and this is the only problem, and I talked about how I was watching the Chikara trios at the same time as this. The, the following day, this is on the Friday, on round night one, I, so I, went, what, I finished the end of this and then went across to that. They actually were on the same tag team. I can't remember the third person. I'm, I actually want to say it probably was the Santel, actually, with hindsight. I don't think I realized at the time, but I think in back, I think... I have a problem with that. Now, I'm not sure. If you're on TV like that, should you stay as one character? Now, it's a little different when you're on WWE and you only play one character. Now, you can switch between heel and face characters, but you see the development. Now we have so much wrestling available for us to watch. I'm not sure I like the idea of having different characters in different organizations that you can see readily um, as easy as that. Chikara and Beyond are both big organizations. To suddenly go from trying to beat the heck out of each other in a, not a death match, but something close to to suddenly being tag team partners in trio at Chikara, I don't know. I have a problem with that. Alright, so I have two things to say about that. One, Chikara doesn't count. Now, <laughs> hear me out. Oh. Ch- Chikara people play different characters than they usually do i'm gonna say orange cassidy for one if you don't know about it do some digging i will never ever spoil this on the internet but chikara they play literal superhero versions of themselves okay like there's a whole different aspect to their characters when they're in chikara two so i actually experienced this firsthand now this was before iwtv and all this but it was something that was very jarring and it made me kind of go whoa this is weird so right before dijak left for nxt Mm -hmm. i got to see his final match in beyond and i got to see his final match in lucky pro wrestling which is another local organization that he got his start in so at beyond he was over as a face. I mean, people loved him. I, I loved him. But in Lucky Pro, he was a heel. He was in he was in the four horsemen of Lucky Pro Wrestling, which was him, Anthony Green, Mikey Webb, and Scotty Slade. And they were all super heels. So that was his final independent match before going to 
NXT. But seeing him one week as the most over guy in Beyond Wrestling to the next week him being booed out the building on his farewell was brilliant but jarring. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I wanted to cheer him so bad, but everyone's booing him because it was my first Lucky Pro show, and I was like, oh, he's a heel here? Yeah. Oh. Oh, I don't know what to do. Now, I don't mind if it's on the indies. I'm okay with that, because I know that most people don't get to see both of those events. But I have a problem when they're both on television, and you're only separating it by a day. Like, if it would have been three weeks later, I could have played it along the angle of, like, oh, he really respected the match that she played, and he wanted her to be part of his team. I can understand that angle, but when this has already been set up, the, the trios were announced weeks ahead of time. Yeah. It's, it's, and, and, and like I said, I feel like Chikara gets a pass because it is its own universe. Like, they literally have their own versions of these characters. Like, Solo Darling isn't always Solo Darling there. Sometimes she's, what, Rumblebee? I, I'm not familiar Chikara. enough with Chikara to comment, but I know that they talked about her on Twitter and that the fact that they love her, that she's there, and that she plays different slightly different role yeah. so 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 there's there's slightly different so i think chikara gets passed now if this was a beyond show on thursday and then a i don't know chaotic wrestling show on friday or or we'll say a ccw show or a gcw show or something then i would agree because they're part of the same territory of independent wrestling organizations, mm-hmm. whereas Chikara, like I said, Chikara stands on their own. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I see what you're saying, but I don't 100% agree with it. I still say in that if this, remember that both of these were on IWTV. Uncharted Territory is Thursday night staple now. Chikara is on Friday, and they've been announcing it for a long time as well. I just have a slight problem at the proximity. I thought it would have been much better if it had been further apart. Or if they hadn't announced that team ahead of time. If it would have been Nick Gage and two other people, I would have been much happier because it would have been like, oh, I was so impressed with her last night. I want her as part of my team. I thought they could have handled it slightly better. But that's that's not that I wasn't happy to see them as a tag team. And they actually faced the team of Jordan Grace, Scott Steiner, and Petey Williams. So that actually turned out to be a really good match anyway. But I thought they could have just handled it a little bit better now as i thought was a possibility we've run very long on this Uh, we're going to leave this at episode one we have talked for nearly an hour anyway and that was the last match um ryan i want to thank you so much i knew that you would be the perfect person to talk to about uncharted territory i knew you'd be able to throw in that insight that i love to hear um anything else you want to talk about on uncharted territory that we didn't get a chance to talk about um during those seven matches from episode one uh, no. I mean, I think what Beyond is doing is something so wonderful for professional wrestling, and I feel utterly ashamed that I have not been able to be a part of it for quite some time. But, you know, I mean, if they keep doing what they're doing, I can see Beyond rising up to the levels of the mega indie, indie promotions such as Evolve or PWG or, you know, I can see them uh, firmly cementing their place in the the annals of professional wrestling history. So, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with what they're doing. Absolutely. Perfect. All right. 
one more time, can you make sure you tell us how to find you on Twitter? Twitch, is that the right thing? But tell us how to find you on social media and all the different locations that all your aliases have, I guess is what I'm saying. Absolutely. So follow me on Twitter for when I'm there, at the Blade Job Show. Um, as, as I kind of stated earlier, I'm, I'm taking a little bit of a hiatus just because of things. And But I'm still there. I'm still lurking. I'm still seeing it. Um, and then I do streaming of the gaming variety over on Mixer.com slash NishGuy, where I kind of do whatever, whatever suits my fancy that day. Those are the two primary places you can find me at this time. All right. Well, as I was kind of bad cop today, I know this is going to annoy my normal co-host. That was Ryan. I'm Graham. We're out of here. Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Good, bad, good, bad, good, bad, good. All right, guys, welcome to episode 141 of the Good Cop, Bad Cop Wrestling Podcast. Uh, Graham, how are you this fine Friday evening as we record. Good, let's get on with it. Come on, cut to the chase. Go. Oh, charming. You always love me how my week's been. I try to ask you how your <laughs> week's been, and you cut me off. There's some double standards going on here. Well, in the, if that's the case, then we will get straight to our guest then. Ladies, gentlemen, sisters, brothers, and non-binary others, may I introduce our guest for this week? He is the first ever inductee into the Good Cop, Bad Cop Wrestling Podcast Hall of Fame, Class of 2020, Nish Guy himself. Ryan, how are you, buddy? I, I'm doing great. Now, I, as, as I believe you two as well have been, I've been to a WWE Hall of Fame induction. So allow me to ramble for an hour and a half. <laughs> we've, ne- we've never been to a Hall of Fame induction. You didn't know? No, yeah. we, were, we, we were at MSG watching... Um, Watching Cass oh. and Enzo invade. So I went to... William Morrissey? The, the WrestleMania 31. I did... So when I went to WrestleMania, when I went to WrestleMania 31, I didn't really understand the magnitude of professional wrestling that happens around WrestleMania. So we just did the WWE stuff. Now we happened to get tickets to the NXT event. This was before takeover. This was before, this was like their biggest event ever. And it was like less than 5,000 people. Um, And then we went to the hall of fame and Larry Zbysko was inducted that year. And Larry told one story pretty much how he got into professional wrestling by harassing Bruno San Martino. This took him almost an hour to tell this story because he kept telling the same parts over and over and over again. And it got to the point where we were just like, okay, moving on. Um, it was still cool to, to be there. It was cool to go to a hall of fame induction um, unfortunately, the celebrity that year was Arnold, and we were in California, and they didn't like him very much. 
so he kind of got cut short, I think, because hostile crowd reaction. Um, it was cool though. There was there was no one really, you know, spectacular for me, but it was it was a fun experience, and we made friends with the guys sitting next to us, and they're still friends to this day, so that was nice. That's really cool. Yeah. Speaking of Hall of Fame that we've dragged on, um, WrestleMania 24 when he inducted Ric Flair into the Hall of Fame for the first time. Um, he started, and this is a quote from Triple H, they sent him out to cut Ric Flair short on his speech because he'd been going for about half an hour, 45 minutes, and he was only up to the 80s. So, <laughs> I'm like, um, and in case, and, and um, Triple H like, like, you want me to go and tell Ric Flair he's got to cut his speech short? He had never been booed that loudly outside of actual wrestling match before. I've never seen anything like it. Brilliant. I, 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 part of me misses the old Hall of Fame system where everyone kind of got 15 minutes and then you moved on. Part of me also likes sitting down for a five-hour Hall of Fame induction because I like stories. I do. I like a story. I like a very good story. Um, I remember sitting through Jim Ross's induction in 20, 23, and he gave this great story about when he was riding with um, someone and um, they had a loaded gun on the dash, and he's trying to put a fire out in a blind man's crotch at the same time. It was fantastic. It was just fantastic. So many great stories in wrestling up and down the road. Um, yeah. How long was Mr. T's speech? I've never heard it, but I've heard of it. I didn't watch that one. I personally. I can't. I can't remember myself. I. I, I really don't. Re- I. I. I do blank out a lot of it because it is a lot of filler and some of the stories aren't very interesting. Um, but when you get when you get that story, when you get that person, you know, it, it's like it's the closest that we get from WWE to a shoot interview, I feel, because mm. they w- w- you, I don't work here. You gave me a Legends contract for X amount of years. I really just kind of say whatever I want. Um you know, and but but I always like watching because there are unexpected moments. We all remember when the insane person attacked Bret Hart. Like it's you get to see some some cool stuff go down at, at the Hall of Fame induction um, as much as I didn't really like that year because they were doing it in the ring. And uh, it just it felt weird. It did feel a bit weird when we look back at after because that that was happening while we were at MSG um, yep. and. Even though that was the New Japan Ring of Honor event, all anyone was talking about what was, what was happening at the Hall of Fame that night. So, as you say, Ryan, uh, a lot of a lot of incredible stuff happens at Hall of Fames. It's true. It's damn Speaking, true. Absolutely. Speaking of incredible stuff, how we get some good cop moments, Graham? Sounds good to me. Go listen to This Good Cop Moment, the King of Wrestling podcast, the number one source for independent wrestling. You can listen to him on all major podcast platforms. If you do listen on Apple Podcasts, go give him a five-star rating and go follow him on Twitter as well, at KOWP Show. Good! Right, seeing as how guests always go first, Ryan, what is your main Good Cop Moment of the week, sir? Or so, month, year, whatever you want to do. Well, considering how little time I have the energy to to invest in wrestling right now, just because there is a lot going on 
um, in wrestling. And honestly, this this is this is a bit of maybe a bad cop moment, but there's there's too much right now. There's absolutely too much. But I do have my good cop because the one storyline I am deeply deeply invested in even though it's goofy and stupid is the love story between Dexter Loomis and Indy Hartwell. I love, love, love this because it is such a wonderful, like sociopathic monster. And then like, you know, even though she's, she's a heel, she's playing this like love struck teenager kind of character. And I just, absolutely adore this storyline i i think it's just it's my favorite thing going on in wrestling right now it's the only thing i keep forgetting that nxt is on tuesday now (laughs) so uh, like wednesday i'm like time to watch nxo oh (laughs) but it's on the network oh i'm sorry the network for matt for us it's peacock which is the worst streaming service I think I've ever used, especially for professional wrestling. Um, It's it's fine, but at this point, I'm frustrated, so I just end up watching clips anyways. I'm like, ah, whatever, screw it. Because if it's not live, I don't like a lot of non-live wrestling. Um, the, the, The live part of wrestling is what makes it exciting. And when NXT went live, it went from my favorite to my extra favorite. Um, but yeah, it's Dexter and Indy right now are just, I, I think they're the best things going in wrestling at the moment. I'm with you on forgetting that it's on Tuesday. And often I'll go and start to watch clips thinking, oh, it was on last night. And then it's like, oh, shoot, it's several days ago. Um, I got to admit, I have been terrible at trying to keep up with NXT, except for very brief highlights. And except for hearing it on Twitter, I heard someone else mention that storyline on Twitter this week. And I was like, they said how good it was as well. And I was like, oh, I haven't seen anything on that based on the, the highlights. So, Matt, I'm going to step back. And if you've got anything to say, I'm going to let you go and speak. I can sum it up in one phrase. Chef's kiss. Yeah, absolutely. It's 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 intriguing, and it reminds me of an old. And, that, and that's the thing. I won't harp on too long about you know Triple H just knows better than Vince. You know Vince is out of touch. Blah blah blah. But it reminds me of an old school WWF storyline. It, it, it's it's kind of goofy, but it also makes sense at the same time. It's it's especially when you get that that kind of, you know, where you had um, Dexter kidnap um, other guy in the way whose name is escaping me right now. Is it Creed? Is it Austin Creed or something like that? Oh, no, that's first. Xavier I always Woods. Get them mixed Austin up. Creed and Xavier Woods, Graham. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it, you know, so, but... OK, so let's let's go through the roster. <laughs> it's indie wrestling Hartwell. Johnny Gargano, Candice LeRae, and the other guy. Yeah, Anyways. that guy. So, so you had that, Austin like... Austin Theory. Austin Theory. Oh, that's yeah. not too far away. You, you've got that that pulling where you've got the heel faction, and then you've got you've got the tweeter that is, that is Dexter Loomis. He's not a face. He's not a heel. He's just awesome. 
and and you've got so you've got that kind of pulling at their their faction and you've got Dexter Loomis just like having no idea what to do about the situation it, it's it's fun to me it's 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 what wrestling should be fun and and that's what AEW is missing that's what Ron Smackdown are missing um that's um impacts hit or miss sometimes it's you know you've got guys like sammy callahan who keep impact fun um you know but like i don't know i I won't go into impact right now um but it just it just keeps it fun and 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 that's what wrestling is supposed to be and that's what people forget is it's supposed to be fun it's supposed to be entertainment and this is entertaining to me Matt, if you don't mind, I'd kind of like to do my good cop moment now because it kind of links in a little bit. I was hoping you would, Graham, seeing as how host goes last. There you go. There's a little bit of continuation. So you just talked about Sammy Callahan. Um, I want to tweet about one of it. Well, talk about one of his tweets this week. Uh, it was just one word. It was the word bullshit. Now we talked about last week. Um, Graham, your language. I know that yeah. might be the first for me. As Ryan brought it all out of me. Um, I thought last week we talked about the fact that we were quite well. Some of us were concerned about Kenny winning the title. And sure enough, Kenny did get the title. He got the belt. He is the Impact Champion. And uh, that was Sammy's response to it. Bullshit. Now, I'm actually kind of interested in this. It was interesting to see the reactions on Twitter. They obviously had the things that we talked about as well. But I do like the side of it. There's a lot of storylines that can go on from here now. There is the talk as well. Is Could they bring in uh, Moxley? And I just realized I left a gap in my notes. So I'm going to do like you did, Ryan. Uh, Moxley and that indie wrestler who now wrestles on AEW, Kingston. Eddie Kingston. Whew. Eddie Kingston, could they bring him in and try and take the title away from uh, Omega? Could they try and screw him over there as well? I- I'm still interested to see how they're going to go with that. He nearly lost the title this week anyway. He arrived right at the last minute. They managed to get a private jet for him. So they are still building storylines around him. But the other part about the main good cut moment is just Impact Wrestling in general. They've already put out something for Slammiversary, even though it's three months away. They put out a video that's called Our World Changes Again. And this really did get people on Twitter talking. There is a picture of Samoa Joe, Okada, Chelsea Green, Mickey James, even after the PR debacle. Um, somebody said Naito as well. I don't know what Naito looks like, so I'm not sure if that was true. Um, Australian flag. So people are talking about, ooh, is that the Iconics perhaps? Yes. Uh, a Mexican flag. Is that Andrade? So they've already got, but the fact that they're having Samoa Joe on there, I assume that means Samoa Joe is definitely going to impact. I, I would assume. He, I think that would should, be a bit of a tease there. to put that picture there and then not have him there. And also also announced recently, as in this is the last few, we're recording on Friday tonight. This is actually within the last few hours. Uh, El Fantasmo from New Japan Pro Wrestling also debuts next Thursday. So I'm really liking the impact. I'm liking that. I'm not, I know we weren't that keen on Kenny winning the title possibly, but I like the possibility of the storylines and I like that possibility, that new new group coming in and they're already building it up for the next three months. So, so I want to I want to say something about that. Um, my biggest issue with Impact right now is that they have not found a way to have any sort of live presence uh, at the moment. Like, there's no cra- They don't have wrestlers in the crowd. They don't have. It feels weird sometimes that utter silence, um, especially when something crazy is happening. But you know they'll get past that, especially you know they're they're based in Nashville. Let's be honest. The South is more likely to open up to fans than the North is at the moment. It's it's 
it's it's politics 101 but you know unfortunately that's the situation as long as they do it carefully um and you know unlike AEW's been doing where they're just you know oh there no there's only like 100 people here bullshit we can see there's a <laughs> lot more than 100 people or whatever you know there's a lot of people at Dave Lewis and they're very close together um secondly um, I like that Impact is the little engine that could right now. They're they're coming off. They're they're rebuilding because when when they went from TNA to Impact, a lot of people lost interest in them, and they they didn't quite know what they were doing. And just opening up and allowing partnerships with other prom- bigger promotions is going to be beneficial to them. Lastly, Kenny winning the belt. I'm not sold on it. I like the idea of the collector. I think that's a cool um, persona for Kenny and Impact allowing that to happen, I think is really cool. However, it it, it falls into my... I, and this is not trashing AEW because I really do enjoy AEW. Um it, it, it falls right into my biggest complaint with them that it is not all elite wrestling. It is only members of the elite wrestling. It's still so focused on the Bucks and Kenny and Cody that had they, had they done that with a different eight, had they done that with Moxley, had they done that with Kingston? Hell, had they done that with Jericho, it would uh, it wouldn't leave such a bad taste in my mouth. But since it is Kenny, it just feels weird to me. And I'm a big TNA fan. I loved. I spent the ten bucks a month for the weekly TNA pay per views back in the day. I loved it because TNA was WCW 2.0. AEW is TNA 2.0. So it's a natural progression of things. Because I don't buy into that AEW is WCW. Because it's not. It's more like TNA. And I think that it could be a really great partnership. I just don't see it yet. I've rambled. Go there ahead. was one more partnership that actually got announced today, so much so that I literally saw it a few minutes before I came on air, so I didn't even write this down. Um, there is rumors that they could be uh, um, talks with uh, WWE as well. So perhaps people, it said, it said people who are not getting on shows on NXT could be making that kind of switch. Between. I, yeah, so, that was with, I thought that was with MLW. Oh, MLW. You're right. My bad. This is what happens when I watch. We've, when we've made Matt upset. Into two hours, when I try and try and cram for a test in the last two hours. I just told Matt before we came on air, I didn't watch any wrestling this week until uh, two hours before we recorded. So, hey, busy week. Matt, what about your good cop moment? Well, between the two, you take Before you five... fall asleep. I thought we were actually going to have a repeat of what happened, actually, at the uh, that event that you talked about on the Saturday night, the G1. I thought you were about to fall asleep there. Graham, between you and Ryan, you've taken my entire good cop section. Yay! Woo! Okay, I'm so not, it's time for my Hall of Fame speech. I'm I'd not, like to I, thank I, I, all of the people shut, shut who your brought mouth. me to this point in my career. 
Shut your mouth. First off. I will mute you where you stand. <laughs> Darren Kirkby himself, Mags. Uh, Mags has been instrumental in bringing me to, to multiple world championships. I was joking. I've always got more prepared. You know this, Graham. I've oh, got more prepared. Um, and rest in peace, Joe Nolan. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to talk about um, the MLW NWE link up. I was going to talk about that because there's amazing potential there, potentially. But seeing as ground just stolen that bit, I want to talk about. I, I, I didn't talk. I didn't talk in any detail. No, that's not. Well, you're that's, literally going to have a five second good cop moment when you can talk up to five minutes. That doesn't sound very Matt Willis esque to me. Oh, so I'm going to. Uh, I'm I'm going to talk about um, more about Impact actually. Um, we talking. I want to talk about Kenny Omega winning that title. I actually gave quite a good get out so that Kenny didn't win the championship and everyone was still happy. Um, whilst I stand by my idea of being better than what they did, um, the fact that um, <laughs> um, I stand by that idea. To be fair. You arrogant um, prick. <laughs> Damn right, bad cop's in the bad cop is in the house this week. Um, but there is quite there is quite an important thing here. Whoever beats Kenny Omega for that championship is going to be shooting to superstardom. Okay. Unless unless they put it back on Samoa Joe. So <laughs> I've I've thought about this a couple of times. It's mm-hmm. unless. Kenny, like, unless they pull some nonsense where it's like he loses one of the belt, like he says, you know, well, I'm facing, you're an impact guy, so I'm not going to put the AEW title on the line, blah, 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 or some crap like that. You know, I think the smart thing to do right now would be to make it so he, he puts both belts on the line against an impact star i think the smart thing to do would be he gets challenged by someone who has a connection to an aew wrestler so let's just you know uh you know random random thought he he puts the title on the line against um, Zack Ryder, uh, Matt Cardona. Mm-hmm. J- just, just hear me out. It, it, the person doesn't matter. So, putting you know, putting the belt on someone like Matt Cardona. Now he has a connection to AEW because a he performed there for a whole eight minutes. Um, B, you know, anyone who's a former WWE guy probably has a connection to him because they've probably wrestled at some point. You can build a storyline off of that or putting, you know, putting the AEW title and the impact title on someone like Samoa Joe, where he's going to have a connection to a lot of guys because he was in WWE. He was in NXT. I feel like what's going to happen though is Kenny's going to drop the Impact world title to Samoa Joe or whatever, and then he's just going to slowly fade back into the AEW side of things. Or he's going to drop the AEW title to someone in AEW, and then 
defend an impact. And it's just, I, I really want them to make the belt a combo deal for at least one big crossover. You know, a, a crossover for Impact, not a crossover for AEW. Mm. Bischoff um, has said the last day or so, uh, he actually fears for Impact once AEW end their association with them. Assuming they do end their association with them, of course, and they're just a quieter company. I, that, uh, and and that's, that's my fear, is that Tony Khan's going to play Vince and, and, and try to buy out AEW or um, Impact. Um, which there, there are good aspects to that. If they did think of what impact plus could become, it could be essentially AEW plus they could pad the fact that they don't have a streaming service is, you know, they don't have a history, but if they pad it with TNA and impact stuff, you know, they've got a catalog now. The network, the WWE network, wouldn't have existed if it weren't for WCW and ECW's library padding it out. It would have just, it wouldn't have been the same. I got it. Because I, I, I'm going to take issue with that. Go for it. Take issue. I'm going to, because I, as the quote WWE mark on the show, I will, I will happily defend the fact that WWE has been going since the 60s. They've got plenty of stuff. Oh, no, I, 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 I don't disagree with you in any way. It however, is. however, <laughs> myself, you know, I can only speak for myself. I would have been 50% less likely to subscribe to the WWE Network. The, the thing that sold me was they were like, you can watch old WCW. You can watch old ECW. You can watch defunct promotions on this. I, if if you took out live pay-per-views, you take out, you know, current live product, I would have still subscribed just for WCW and ECW. I was a WCW guy. Yes, I were. watched WWF. I enjoyed WWF, but and and this is probably controversial. But if you take time, you know, time in the the, the same time frame, so say like, you know, the launch of Monday Night Raw, you know, the new generation era of WWF, you had um. Uh, their main, you know, their their top guys were like Shawn Michaels and Psycho Sid, you know, or Shawn Michaels and Diesel. You know, those were kind of like your main event guys, whereas WCW was giving a Sting versus Ric Flair. I'm going to take Sting versus Ric Flair over anything that the WWF was doing in the new generation era. I'm that's that's a fair comment. I'm not going to respond at this point because that would be infringing on my bad cop moments for the week, if I do. Can I, before we go to speed check, just put one other thought that I, that I heard? I can't of remember course. which podcast I heard it on, but somebody did suggest a great person for Kenny to face and possibly lose the title to, and I would be 100% up for this. Jordan Grace. I would that, love to I, see. I, 
I I don't think it's going to happen mainly because she's a I champion. I don't at think the it moment. is either, but I would love mainly to. mainly because she's already a champion at the moment. So well, here here's the thing with that too, and this is definitely um, I don't think a controversial statement. Um, AEW doesn't know jack shit about women's wrestling, and they've had one one really solid five star women's match. And for were it not for the hardcore aspect of Britt Baker versus Thunder uh, Thunder Rosa, yeah, yeah. It, it you know it was a shock value match, and but it was a great match. It was technically it was a wonderful match, even without the hardcore aspects of it. It was a great match, but that is the only match that stands out from their women's division. To put the AEW world title on Jordan Grace, they would find a monumental way to fuck it up. Should <laughs> we move on to some speed check moments? I think it's a good idea. Okay, so you have up to a minute to talk about anything else good from this week. Ryan, when you're ready, you have a minute starting now. Anything good? Just anything? Okay, yeah. well, he already started the timer. related. Um... So, wrestling-related. Okay, I'll just continue my Hall of Fame speech. So, a lot of people have done wonderful things uh, along my career. Um, first and foremost, um, I want to talk about the fact that they're trying to end Daniel Bryan's career tonight. Um, I think it's it's a, it's a stupid mood. But anyways, uh, Good Cop Moments is um, speed round. Um Jesus Christ, I have nothing. I have absolutely nothing it is wrestling up to related. A minute, so that's good. That's fine. Yeah, up to a minute. Um, so, good things that are happening in wrestling. Uh, anything that's not related to wrestling Twitter. Um, you know, uh, WWE, you know, they, they do things. Uh, NXT's great and Impact's wonderful. I'm. All right, Graham, you have a minute to try and deliver something. I I do, yeah. All okay, right, so. but but I will say that's probably the best um, feature we've ever had from a guest ever. <laughs> Trying to stifle my laughs so it didn't actually uh, infringe on the uh, the speed check that was going on. Um, um, Humberto Carrillo, suicide dive against Sheamus, uh, going over and pushing him over the announcer's desk. I really like that. That was one of the top five moments. Uh, Josh Alexander, I was really worried about him, actually. When Ethan Page went across to AEW, I was thinking he was going to get lost in the shuffle. Uh, he became the new X Division champion, and he actually has already defended that title. So I'm glad that something's actually came out of this for him as well. Um, I know we talked about the AEW women's division. Uh, Chris Statlander versus Penelope Ford was a thoroughly enjoyable match, though. I only saw the last five minutes of it because that's all that was on the highlights. Uh, Orange Cassidy versus Penta as well. Always good to see uh, Orange Cassidy in there fighting, managing to get his hand just into his pocket. Still love all that stuff. Not tiring of it at all. Um, Paris is bumping two tickets are on sale soon as well. I think by the time this episode comes out, that'll be it. And the main short moment I want to include, uh, Mayday, who we know, Matt, um, he wanted to do his own wrestling show. It was supposed to happen before the pandemic and then we got cut off. Finally, it's been recorded. Don't know when it's coming out, but really excited for that. When MGB returns, we'll be reviewing it. Brilliant, Graham. Absolutely brilliant. It's like he prepared or something. <laughs> there will be a second show. Apparently he made, well, I don't say he made money, but there was money left over somehow. So he's already announced there's going to be a second show too. All right, Matt, whenever you're ready. Okay. 
Go. Okay, first of all, um, as I mentioned earlier, WWE is in talks with LW. It was a speed check moment. I won't find Graham. Um, Conrad uh, Newton calling out Bill Meyer. Who is he? I laugh my ass off at that. He's a wrestling promoter, so I can laugh at it for that. Um, Diesel, from View from Top Rope, is expecting a baby boy in October. This is fantastic news. He wrote a wrestling podcast. He's wrestling related, Graham. But, my, but the best thing, of course, is um, Cody Rhodes' return on Dynamite made a big deal about it. Um, they didn't pre-announce it. It was there. Well done. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Oh, sorry. Who's I just feel sick. That's not Matt Willis. Oh. No <laughs> one's going to believe that came from you at all. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Just. Oh, uh, sorry. Oh, some, something about what you were talking about made me sick. I did thoroughly enjoy it. It was a well-handled return. What? Wow, I'm shocked by that. that that's well, that's that, one that, devil's ha- advocate to get rid of then straight away. That's how you book a return. I'm just saying you don't announce it. Uh, that, I agree. Um, however, was it's it's funny to me, and this is actually not me ripping on Cody for once. Uh, Can I have that in genuine, genuine huh. Yes, yes. I, I, I do say nice things about Mr. Rhodes uh, from time to time. Um, I think it's just weird that TNT made a big deal about no more surprise returns. They didn't, you know, that was a, that was a thing uh, maybe a month or two ago where TNT didn't like surprises because they can't turn that into ratings. Um, but Cody still gets to do a surprise return. Um, I, I just think it's, it's a little weird. It's a little backwards. And I understand why TNT wants to, to promote things. It's the same reason WWE does. If WWE tells us that the rock is going to be there, more people are going to tune in because the rock draws money. Us as diehard wrestling fans, we like the surprise, um, Hardy boys at 34, you know, was that 34, 33. 33, you know, huge pop. I lost my G darn mind when their music hit. Yep. Um, you know, I like, uh, I like how impact does it, especially with a lot of former TNA and impact guys now being released over the past year or two, you know, they do it well. Um, Eric Young coming in as the fifth man in at, uh, at, Bound for Glory or Slammiversary last year? Slammiversary. Um, awesome. Awesome. Um, I like a good surprise, and I hope that AEW continues doing it, and I hope that WWE pulls their head out of their asses and realize that that's what we as wrestling fans want. Absolutely. I mean, I proven with all the, all the surprises we got in the Rumble this year, we saw Victoria make a return for the first time in forever. It was, it was amazing. I love it to see. Yeah. And what and she's she's the next one to go in the Hall of Fame in my opinion. She should be in years ago, as should Molly Holly have been before this year. I think right. I think Molly Holly this this was actually a a, a good year. Um, WWE the 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 concept of inducting women into the Hall of Fame is their one downfall uh, when it comes to women's wrestling because. Let's be honest. I mean, WWE, uh, you know, especially NXT, has a stacked women's division, and they do utilize them well. I, I'm not a Bianca Belair fan. 
her and Sasha at WrestleMania was great. It was a great match, um, you know, and it, and it was a great moment. I'm, you know, regardless of my feelings towards her. It, it was it was a thoroughly enjoyable match, and and to be fair, you if you don't like a, a certain character, then you can still appreciate the wrestling for certain. So that's totally valid, Ryan. Totally valid. Yeah. Right, should we move on to bad cop, Graham? Bring it on. Good. Bad. Right, guys, as you all know, that you can get 30 days free with the code good cop, bad cop on powerfam.tv. However, don't forget there is an app you can get from both the iOS and the Google Play stores. Um, however, to get the code, you, you must go onto the website to use it. Otherwise, you will not get the discount once you've done that go back to the app and you can watch your heart's content 30 days free code good cop bad cop right then we've looked at the good time to look at the bad ryan do you have some bad cop for us what's your main thing so my bad cop moment is it's kind of a generalized bad cop just because we did see it we we, we saw a debut recently um uh for impact and being uh well he's 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 seven feet tall and you, Uh. you can't teach that i'm actually happy for him i i think you know He's he's pulled himself out of a pretty terrible situation that he found himself in, and he's reinventing himself. Um, but but my bad cop moment is people expecting things from superstars who WWE underutilized. They didn't know how to use them. Oh, but now they're here. So they're going to do all of the things that we wanted them to do with spring cleaning version two this year. You know, we saw it, Joe, um, the iconics, um, you know, a lot of other people were released and everyone immediately jumps on the, Oh, well, AEW is going to do so much better with them. Well, Zack Ryder lasted eight seconds. Um, Getting worse. You were eight minutes a minute ago. <laughs> Rusev, Rusev sucked in WWE. He sucks in Imp- or in AEW. He, they, they, everyone's like, oh, he's going to be a main event star now. It's like, no, because he's still not that good. Um, Sean Spears. I loved him as Ty Dillinger. I love him as Sean Spears. It would have been great if he got a main event run in AEW. He didn't. He's not gonna. He, he's popping up dark, and that's not saying much. Yep, and 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 and, and as, you know, oh, uh, they were all you know, uh, they're on main event, so they should just release them. Well, sorry guys, but Dark and Dark Elevated are pretty much AEW's version of main event. It, it's it, it is what it is. It it, it may be a, a tough pill to swallow, but this whole concept of oh, that WWE didn't know what to do with them. Oh, but now that they're free, they're gonna go to AEW, and AEW is gonna make them a star. 
Impact's going to make them a star. Impact's going to make people stars because Impact knows the value of wrestlers that they sign. They don't just sign people willy-nilly like AEW does and like WWE does. They look at people and go, we have something for them. We know how to use them. But a lot of those guys, Joe, Joe made his name in TNA. Joe is just going to reinsert himself in the position he was already in. If he went to AEW, he'd have one program with Cody or one program with the Bucks or Kenny or whatever. They would squash him and he would go down to the mid card. That's what that's what will happen because AEW isn't looking necessarily to build new stars they're looking they're 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 looking to do wrestling the they're trying to do wrestling the way they think that the internet wants it and it's working but as someone who's just kind of a i'm a wrestling fan i don't really give a shit who wrestles where I just want to see good wrestling. That's what I'm not getting. I'm I'm getting prepackaged. Oh yeah, we we brought this um, Matt Seidel. I I bleed air boom. Him and Kofi were brilliant together. He shows up, and it's like holy crap, he's here. And now he's kind of just tagging with his brother on Dark. Mm. That's a main event star right there. You've got Matt Seidel, one of the, if not the best high flyer of his generation. And you're putting him on Dark? No, you should have him doing main events against Penta. You should have him doing main events with other high flyers, you should have a cruiserweight division, which you don't. But then, you, anyways, bad cop moment. People having higher expectations of former WWE wrestlers who are just going to get stuck in the mid card wherever they go. We touched on this, um, I think it was last week, or it might have been the week before, when the next releases happened, didn't we? We touched on it. Um, and the maths is ridiculous. I mean, you think about it. WWE have got four main brands. Raw, SmackDown, NXT, NXT UK. WWE have, as of the releases from the company, have 91 wrestlers signed on. AEW have 93 signed on before signing anyone else. And they've only got Dynamite. Because like Ryan says, Dark and Dark um, Elevator Shaft um, is those two are just internet shows. They're not main event things on a network. It's kind of you can't fit 93 people onto one show. To be fair, they do try and do it each week on AEW Dark. They get pretty close. They do have more matches on Dark than they have WrestleMania. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. That's the thing. It's like, we've got 14 explosive <laughs> matches on Dark. And it's like, you can't... Okay, you've got 14 matches on YouTube and you can't give your women more than three minutes on Dynamite? 
That's what I mean by explosive. It's a short and it's a bang. That's it. Done. Put it this way. By the way, if you were to watch um, Dynamite, you, not Dynamite, sorry, if you were to watch Dark, um, I put it on once, and after the third match, went to the bathroom, came back, it was match seven. <laughs> I don't want to know any more details about that. I was gone five <laughs> minutes. That was it. Epic dog. I was gone five minutes. I'm like, what the... F- how do you... How? And it's because they were, because they were literally 30 second squashes. Like, what's the point? That has nothing. The, yeah, no. It's, yeah, uh, you're, absolutely, you're absolutely right, Ryan. You're absolutely right. Um, just because they can, then they should, necessarily. Yeah, and, and that's the issue right now, is if AEW um, had a second televised show that was furthering story, and, and um, are either, do, do either of you watch uh, Botchamania? Uh, I've caught episodes, yes. I'm, I'm a big fan of Botchamania because I think it's absolutely hysterical. I just think the way that Matthew um, edits this stuff together is just brilliantly... It's my kind of humor because it's stupid. And he's clearly in his, you know, late 30s, early 40s. So he's got this old school, you know, it's Simpsons jokes. It's Seinfeld jokes. It's just very funny to me. Um the fact that they have an entire that he has an entire segment dedicated to the fact that Excalibur and Taz don't even bother to try on commentary during dark i think while it's funny it's a detriment to the performers because you're not even paying attention to the wrestling you're like ah what what funny shit is Taz going to say I like Taz as a commentator, but it is a detriment to their performers that they don't take that show seriously. And and I have friends who like it because it's it's kind of casual, you know, the commentary. But yeah. I'm a you know, I'm a Mike Tanay guy. I'm a Morrow guy. I'm a Tony Schiavone in WCW guy. I'm a Jim Ross during the Attitude Era guy. I, I, you can do so much for a wrestling match if you, as the commentator, sell what's going on the ring as much as the wrestlers are. And Taz laughing for 15 minutes at a dumb joke is not selling the match. And that's why they're all 30-second squash matches. I feel like if the commentators were like, you know selling these matches and we got like four or five really solid matches on dark, I would be much more likely to watch it. Fair comment. Graham, what is your main bad cop moment for the week? Um, I'm going to keep it short and sweet, actually. Um, We mentioned it earlier, Chelsea Green. Obviously, that story broke with the uh, posting a picture, not crediting it, then getting rid of the tweet and blocking the person, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But it actually kind of ended in a good way. So I'm going to, although it's a bad cop moment, I'm going to focus on the end. Uh, Out Salsa Boy did uh, did tweet, sorry, addressing everything. Chelsea Green and myself have been in contact 
and the issue has been resolved and I wish her the best for the future. I will be recording an episode of At Faces Feels Cast in the near future and will clear up the timeline of events to make sure everyone is crystal clear on what actually happened. I will not be disparaging anyone's name or dragging. I will simply be addressing the situation as a whole. So obviously pretty quick, I saw the story break because it just happened to be around my lunchtime and oh my gosh, there was a lot of fire from everybody, names being thrown. I'm kind of glad that Obviously, it wasn't a good situation. It could have been handled much better from both sides. But I'm kind of glad that it's been finished. It's resolved. They are talking to each other. And we'll hear the true story, what actually happened coming up. Um, but I think probably people have possibly learned from this. But go ahead. Give credit to the people who are do people who are doing fan art, people who are doing music for you, people who are doing any of that stuff. Go ahead. Just give them the credit. They're not asking for very much. All they're asking is that you credit what they're actually producing, which I think is perfectly reasonable. It's not Absolutely. unreasonable. Not unreasonable at all. I think it's a perfectly reasonable option. Mm-hmm. Matt? Right. Um, mine's not... Well, it's sort of straightforward. It's sort of not. Um, we talked a bit earlier about how a about his impact haven't got anyone in there. Um, don't get... A, it's not going to be that long, Graham, for heaven's sake. Um, it... You talk about it better like no one in attendance at the moment, and AEW have got quote a hundred people in attendance, even though mainly fact the JR's commentary, the ringside area emptied so that they could actually go watch Cody and uh, on top of a bus basically. Although why he didn't throw off the bus was a bit was a bit more because uh, that would be a much better effect than putting him in a figure four leg lock on top of the bus. We were referring up there for no reason. It made no sense. Um, uh, what I want to get to is apparently um, the the brands of WWE are going back on the road sooner rather than later. And this sooner is because apparently, according to uh, everyone's favourite state of Meltzer, um, the current plan for NXT to go back into running live show events late in the third quarter of 2021, but Raw and SmackDown um, to go back on the road as soon as uh, as soon as July, mm-hmm. because they want to be AEW back on the road. Apparently, uh, I don't think you need, unless you need to get out of the Thunderdome because your residency is years up. I don't think you need to worry, Vince. Um, it's really weird for me to say that Vince done a better job of handling the pandemic than AEW, in my personal opinion. Um, not having any fans at the shows um, has been obviously safer. Um, I, I, just, I just don't like this. This is why I got back on in a week. I like the fact that if Vince or anyone in the company, for that matter, is thinking about pushing ahead ahead before it's safe to do so, yeah, I'm not, I'm not comfortable with that. I'm, I'm with you on that one. Um, I, I don't think it's a, it's a smart move. Um. You know, keep it, especially if, you know, because even if they lose the Thunderdome, they still got the CWC set up. You know, they can still do their events there. 90% of their wrestlers live in the Tampa Bay area and the Orlando area anyways. Yeah. There's really no reason to, 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 to push this, especially because you're still limited to where you can go. Cause there are going to be a lot of States that aren't going to allow you 
to see fans in the arena. And if they do, you're still at a limited capacity and you're still putting your crew at risk because they're still staying at hotels. They're still stopping for food. They're still doing this, that, and the other thing. You're running a, a very big risk uh, to everyone involved. And it's, uh, you know, it's, I don't think it's a smart move. I did see that MLW are selling tickets for their um, return in July, and it says that their capacity is going to be 25%. That's what the uh, current rules are, and they did mention that the people would be spread out through the arena. Um, I don't know what other venues have sort of been looked at or if they're even at that stage yet. But I just, I just, think, it's a, I just think it's too early to start, start saying July. Um, I know that the vaccination program has really picked up in America and is really going quite well and I know that um, numbers are going down um, I don't know how quick they're going down compared to the United Kingdom which is zero in a lot of places in the United Kingdom at the moment which is fantastic um, whether it stays there we'll have to wait and see a post um, but yeah uh, I still think it's a little early for that that's in my personal opinion Right, Ryan, bad cop speed shake. You got it for me, buddy? Up to a minute. Oh, God, I can talk about bad stuff all day long. You've got, you got a minute. You know, I, 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 I can just say wrestling Twitter over and over again for 60 seconds. Go ahead. Um, wrestling Twitter, wrestling Twitter, wrestling Twitter. <laughs> um, it, it, it's... There are, you know, unfortunately, a lot of negative, you know, negative things going on. Um, you know, obviously, any any fans in arenas, uh, and this goes for the indies as well. You know, too many people, too close together. I think the collective uh, WrestleMania weekend in general was a shit show. I think that there were way too many people, way too close together. Um, I will say, Bad Cop is, you know. Depending on where they go with it, you know, Kenny holding the belt and not showing up on AEW with the Impact World title, that was a stupid move. Um, the entirety of the Mickey James situation where they sent her shit in a trash bag bad. Uh, technically, technically speaking, though, isn't he meant, didn't he run to Impact to seek refuge from AEW because of what happened in the match with Moxley? I, I I don't know. All I know is that he had the AW belt, but he didn't have the Impact or TNA belts when he was on uh, Dynamite. And I understand, realistically, it's because, you know, AW is live and Impact is taped. And I'm sure there's some reason backstage why he didn't. I just thought it was kind of stupid. You know, if, if you're going to be the belt collector, um, let's see your belts. And where's your AAA mega championship? Like, mm-hmm. but neither here nor there. It's, you know, it's the same reason why I don't understand if he's defending it on AEW television. Why doesn't Moxley come out with the IWGP US title every night? Just throwing that out there. Why hasn't he stripped of that still? It's been a year for him, so... Um, all right, right, Graham, your speed check. You're up for a minute for bad cop. What you got for me, sir? 
Uh, I don't really have a full minute, but that's fine. Um, Naya slipping on the water. I was like, oh, my God. It was, like, ridiculous. It's like 2021. This felt like 1980s. I felt like I was watching a kid's TV show. And then just to follow up with it, the next moment, highlight moment was them throwing rotten tomatoes uh, into the ring at Elias and uh, whoever his name is, Jackson Riker or whatever the heck his name yeah. is. Um, I did watch a little bit of NXT UK, even though I didn't have much time to watch stuff. Um, they did announce a five-person gauntlet to face Kylie Ray. Kylie Ray? Kaylee Ray. Kaylee Ray. I think that's the champion. I don't know. Whoever the UX champion is. They announced it was against uh, Ginny, Isla Dawn, Zaya Brookside, uh, Danny Luna, and Amelia McKenzie? They're really going to call Millie McKenzie Amelia McKenzie? I didn't realize that was the name change. I have to admit, I'm not a big fan of that. But I think it said on the Twitter caption as well, at Millie McKenzie afterwards. So I was like, what is the point? Um, I don't like that. If you're going to go for something different, change the whole thing. Fair enough, Greg. Fair enough. Didn't like it. All right, what you got, Matt? Okay, what have I got? Okay. Um, Charlotte Flair being uh, reinstated one week later. Yeah, that was worth it for that storyline, wasn't it? No longer invested in the storyline. Couldn't care less about it. Uh, I, I said this earlier, JR's commentary just feels stale now. Um, I love JR and the attitude there. I loved him in the early part of the 2000s, but it just seems not as, it's just not as good now. I, did, I gave it my best shot this week. Didn't quite work. Um, and according to the man himself sting is set to start wrestling on live dynamite no more um no more matches that are pre-recorded because the last one he did took two days to, to record mm. um yeah this and he and he's still banged up from it, apparently but tony khan wants him to wrestle on dynamite itself now i'm like dude you're 61 and you're going to become the AEW world champion at some point Nah, don't do it. Bye. No, you're not, and you're going to owe me and uh, Brain Buster Boy, can't remember which one it was, uh, $10 both each, them. I think. Who yeah. was it? Both of them. Oh, it was both? Oh, they both took you up on that? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know they both done. Yeah, you already lost one bet. I already got three Coney's hot dogs coming my way when I get the chance. Wait, yeah. like actual... Graham, tell me. What is on a Coney-style hot dog? I don't think there's anything specific, is it? Don't you just choose what you want? And, well, probably nothing for the, the official one, like the one that they probably eat for the competition with chestnut. It's probably just a hot dog. That's probably it. There's probably nothing on it, is there? So you're just going to eat some, some plain-ass hot dogs? <laughs> I'm probably going to put some ketchup on. If I can get some onions, I'd like some onions on mine, but... Um, I think as there's three that I won, I'm pretty sure I'd give one to the boys as well. And I know they're not going to want onions on theirs. It's topped with sauce, Graham, and sometimes other toppings. Apparently, topped with like, sauce? On a hot dog? No, no. I said, I said a meat sauce. Oh, a meat sauce. Oh, sorry. A, a hot more. meat sauce. Oh, okay. Yeah. Basically, it's a, basically, it's a chili dog. <laughs> it came up on my video on the Facebook this week. I heard this from Rob from uh, three uh, from the uh, the Ugly Ducklands, and he talked about he posted a picture on Facebook which was a chili dog, and really it was it was just a hot dog with two ice cubes on it. Terrible pun. But Mason had been asking for a hot dog, so I actually did go ahead and film it, and that came up. And the look on his face, it took him about twenty seconds to figure out why it was a chili dog. It was priceless. Came up on my I Facebook. Remember that. This- I remember that video. <laughs> It was dumb, but I enjoyed it. 
All right, shall we get to our open agenda segment? That sounds like a good idea, sir. Good! Bad! What is up? What is up? I'm Bishop T.W. Takes, and I'm here to let you know about my podcast, Terrible Wrestling Takes. On here, I summarize wrestling how I see it, and more importantly, as it's given to us. I also discuss some of your terrible and not-so-terrible wrestling takes. And whether you're a good cop, a bad cop, or even a criminal, feel free to subscribe where all podcasts are found, and follow me at TW Takes Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Until next time. Good! Bad! Right, sir. Uh, this is open agenda time. This is where our guest can speak on a subject of anything of his choosing that is not wrestling related if he chooses. So, Ryan, what you got for us? But keep it under an hour if you can, please. Okay. So I got one hour. Right. <laughs> I'm sorry, 59 minutes. <laughs> under an hour. <laughs> to be fair, Graham, those are your words. Yep, those are your words. Um... So I'm actually going to, uh, <laughs> uh, for those for those listening at home, Graham just put on an hour countdown for me. Um, so so I'm going to uh, Matt. This is more down your alley than than it will uh, for Graham. So I apologize, Graham. Um, Matt, did you happen to see Sony's state of play yesterday? Uh, I did not see it yesterday. It was a huge waste of time. It was 15 minutes of the new Ratchet and Clank, and then they announced Among Us and a Subnautica sequel. It was a massive, massive waste of time. All of which we knew about. Yep. So that was the point then. Now, now the the big announcement from Sony I'm waiting for is make your fucking console available for purchase. Now I anywhere and 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 you know I'm not I'm not giving Microsoft a, a pass on this because I understand there's semiconductor shortages due to the global pandemic, but you know the fact that both companies have a massive new console available and they're unavailable for purchase. Um, kind of drives me a little crazy. Um, I was lucky enough to get a Series X, but it's it's a nightmare for most of my friends. Um, and this does uh, correlate to the fact that I've had this conversation a couple times recently, and like we're doing now, uh, currently Graham is in an undisclosed location in the southern United States. Uh, Matt is in an undisclosed location on the eastern seaboard of England. Virginia does not seem like southern. I I always find that really difficult. I don't consider myself in a southern state, but I know I am. Yet the capital of Virginia was the capital of the Confederacy. I I understand that, but it just, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm in an undisclosed location in the northeast quadrant of the United States. We are able to all sit down and record this podcast together. And this is my good cop moment of the global COVID-19 pandemic is this has shown me and this has shown the world that 90% of jobs do not need a fucking office building. 
They can be done remotely. We're not in the dial-up era anymore. We all, for the most part, have high-speed broadband connections. We can do our work at home. I can't because I have to pick shit up for a living. Um, But I've been, you know, curious about the uh, options that are available uh, for me out there. And so many companies are still focused on coming to the office. Mm -hmm. But why? Think of how much money you can save. Think of how fewer global pandemics we could have if you allowed people to work in the comfort of their own home. And guess what? Nobody's going to be late for work anymore because your commute is about eight feet to the couch. That is my good cop global pandemic moment of the pandemic. Unfortunately, my job, I can't work from home. There's a lot that can be. There's a lot that can. And they've also Mm. figured out that a lot of businesses are paying retail space for things that are really expensive and is totally useless and Mm. they don't need it. And, um, yeah, I like the idea of you never being late. Um, I'm currently on a hybrid model of teaching right now where some people are in the building and some people are not. Um, the number of people who are still late to class is amazing. But, uh, yeah, it works for some people who are motivated enough. I guess it's different when you're at school because you don't get paid. If you did that when you're in a job, you'd lose your job pretty quickly. Well, but, also, yeah, there are a lot of jobs that can definitely be done in a non-traditional setting uh, where people just haven't realized it before. It would really when help was, with the uh, carbon footprint as well, trying to cut down yeah. on those uh, greenhouse gases because not people won't be traveling as much. It'll make when, the I was younger, when I was younger... You know, I had trouble, um, you know, waking up in the morning. I think a lot of people did when they were younger. Yeah. You know, as an adult, like tomorrow is Saturday. I don't have to work. I'm probably still going to wake up at six o'clock in the morning and go, why the fuck am I awake right now? I could be sleeping. Relatable moment. You know, I, I have to work tomorrow morning. I know. That's why we're recording Friday. And in fact, you took on an extra podcast. You took on that instead of this one, so we had to switch days. <laughs> oh, I'm. Vi- you know, this is being videoed, right? I can easily grab this clip and post yeah. it. I already posted one clip. I know. Uh, true. I know. It's in it. <laughs> true. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Right, guys, it's time to hear from you, our fans. It's the fan cop moments of the week. This is where we put out a tweet earlier in the week and look for the best cop moments and the worst cop moments of the week. Um, Graham is still just 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 filing them into, into order. What? So I will go first with one of them, Graham. Before we have that. I thought I, I thought I put hashtag fan cop moments. I guess I didn't this week, so I can't find it. Oh, well. 
Never mind. Yeah, it's on, it's all on you right now. Okay, I will I will do that. I've also just sent it to your DMs. Okay, so um, <laughs> the first one, the first one at the blocks is from at James Williams eighty six. Uh, my best cop moment of the week was finding the classic WWE Originals album on Spotify with Stone Cold Steve Austin's little segments throughout. It is actually a very good album, to be fair. Alright, I found it, Matt. I searched best cop moment. That worked as well. Um, <laughs> high Five Tom, at High Five Tom. Uh, good cop was the SCU promo on the books from Dynamite, and his bad cop moment was Bateman's promo on Ring of Honor, taking time away from the LFI uh, versus Violence Unlimited Brawl. Dang it, I forgot to watch Ring of Honor. All right, I'll have to do that after we finish recording. Indeed, indeed. Um, I'm going to go specifically to Void, at the Void podcast. Good cop moment of the week. We launched a website, which is actually a very good website. Well done, Micah, for some good articles already. Mm-hmm. And uh, bad cop in due continued rising COVID cases. Yes, that's not good. Not no, good at all. Bet you've NXT India starting up soon. Not for a while, from looking for now. Yep. Um, at five nerds go. Best cop moment. Ryan actually podcasting. Yeah, uh, boy. <laughs> good cop. Tolly memes that will live forever. And there's some good pictures of some of the classic ones. Uh, but sad cop moment. Yeah, him leaving podcasting. I would. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. Um, uh, from Mickey Pellegrini at dying format. Good cop. Cody returned. Bad cop. He didn't return to win all the titles. He did return, and as I mentioned, it was a good cop moment. I thought he returned. Yes. Um, Radio Techers, your other partner. Uh, I was sitting on my couch when a small gnat landed on my nose. I guess my reflexes took off faster than I could think, so I ended up slapping myself full force in the face. Hashtag bad cop moment. I think next week, I, I don't know if... I don't know, Matt. I was going to ask you about this one. I normally specify these are supposed to be wrestling-related. I'm actually enjoying some of the non-wrestling-related, so we'll just leave it open, I think, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, where are we going next with this one? Um, scrolling back up, scrolling back up. Uh, we've got one from uh, Chris, at Chris, uh, double underscore BFC. Uh, he was IWGP Chris. He changes his username. He does it every week, it feels like. Um, oh. Beat Herder 2021 cancelled. Worst cop moment for him. Um, mm, unfortunate. Never good one for getting cancelled. Um, Bishop TW Takes at TW Takes Pod. Best cop moment promo code GCBC 25%. 25, sorry. When checking out at TWTakesPodcast.com slash TWTs for 25% off. I do not know if that promo code is legit. GCBC 25. Um, hashtag worst cop moment for US listeners only, but there is an EU fulfillment through TW Takes. I think that's the link to his latest edition of his podcast. A little bit of self promotion there from Bishop. And and as well have an EU code, we need a UK code because we're Brexit now. Um, I got one other one, unless you found any more. Uh, um, the one I... from Kim Chaos Theory podcast. Yeah, go um, good cop moment. Finally having a day to spend with my wife alone and getting a pedicure for the first time. Bad cop works, or however you spell his name, being a fucking dumb C. <laughs> I won't. I won't say that word in the podcast. I don't care. You can try and trip me up. I'm not doing it. All right. Um, I put in the original post, this week's guest will be at Nish Guy, so this is my best cop moment. And uh, Ryan responded with, yeah, you better lower your expectations. <laughs> so, <laughs> those are pegs. I don't know. I, I think uh, I think we had a good show, personally, so far. And uh-huh. now it's time to get even better, and it's time to go to Devil's Advocate. Yes. Good. Bad. Hey, I'm Matt. And I'm Alex. 
and we host the Game Junkies podcast. A show by gamers for gamers. Where we bring you our gaming opinions and our personal reviews. Including Mass Effect, Metal Gear Solid, Kingdom Hearts 3, and yes, even Fallout 76. We also play Dungeons and Dragons, where we derail Matt every chance we get. <sighs> Listen to us, the Game Junkies, every other Saturday, exclusively on Visionaries Global Media. And we're out of here. Boom. Graham, I've done everything else. You can introduce this one. Everyone knows the rules. Let's get on with it. Do you want to go first or second, Ryan? Well, I I have to have one for each of you, correct? Hopefully, yeah. So should I do one, then you do one, then I do one? You can do it however you like. You can deliver both first or you can receive first if you like. I'm going to do one first and then I'm going to receive. Because I'm a giver. Uh, <laughs> I'm a giver before I'm a taker. I, I feel somewhat threatened all of a sudden. Right, oh, okay. Go ahead. Who are you um, giving your pleasure to first? Oh, I will give my pleasure to Graham first okay. because my one for Matt is horrible and <laughs> <laughs> I am excited. I'm yeah. doing it. So, Graham. Does that mean I get a softball? Um, I don't know. Graham. Is that short for anything? Gramathy? Gramathy. <laughs> so, 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 Graham. Uh-huh. There has been talk, renewed talk, about WWE having a women's only show. Obviously, we don't think this will actually happen, but say it were. Graham, defend if WWE converted SmackDown to a women's show, that would mean that Raw could only feature male competitors. God, I asked for a softball. I got one. We already know that Raw's too long with three hours, and they don't have enough talent to fill it. You ship all the top men across. You ship Roman Reigns across. You ship all those guys across. You actually have enough to have a legit three-hour show. You then have all the top women who appear on a two-hour show as well. You actually set up something groundbreaking to me. Actually, sounds like a pretty good suggestion, unless I'm missing something. I would be totally on board with that. Total softball. Total softball. Yeah, that's. A, I, 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 I was. I was hoping. I was hoping it would lead to an argument of more like, you know, oh the if the men have the you know oh it's men only then oh that's sexist but you know oh there's a women only show so why I I look at it like you know obviously they're not the same company at least I don't think they are but New Japan and Stardom New Japan's only dudes Stardom's only chicks. Uh-huh. It works. Well, Matt, I don't have anything to talk to you about in the bonus section now. <laughs> All right, Ryan, are you ready for your devil's advocate? Sure. All right, Ryan, your devil's advocate is my proudest moment is in wrestling is having had the second best wrestling podcast called The Blade Job Show. Who's the first? I see. Yeah, I need guys. to know who the first. I I am happy to be second place to the Good Cop Bad Cop podcast wrestling because they have perfected 
everything that I set the the the, the boundaries for. Uh, I, think, I do uh, think he I missed laughing. I think he missed yeah, laughing. You said young snappers who stole your name. Oh. He missed that last bit. I, I, was, being that, a dick. I was being a dick because I set it up to make you think it was the second best podcast, but really it was the second best podcast called The Blade Job Show. I left a little pause in there to make you think that that was the end of it, but then really it was to send you down a totally different see, line. See, All right, hey, I, I got a different one for you. Anyway. I have a backup one. Do you want to do the backup mania. one instead? <laughs> what I just wanted to be a dick on one. All right, here's the second one then. Um, with Beyond Wrestling, uh, the oh, shit, let me try again. Beyond Wrestling returning to, I hope it's called the Eagle Center, is definitely a step backwards for them. First and foremost, it is the White Eagle. And this is a huge step back from them. Signature Series brought Beyond Wrestling to its roots. It brought them back to what made them so popular in the first place. Studio tapings with wrestlers as the fans. Because real fans suck. I... I actually, I actually genuinely agree with that. I, I, I really, I really like their studio taping setting. I thought Signature Series was a lot of fun. Um, it is the White Eagle. In, are you going to be at that event next month? No, no, okay. I, I will not go to a live event right now. Okay, all right. Yeah. Period. I, I might watch on independentwrestling.tv. If there was no issues with COVID or anything, would you be in at that event? Probably. Okay, that, so it's okay. So it's I, I figured that would be the reason for not going, but it's nothing. It's nothing to do specifically with Beyond. Yeah. Okay. Right then, Ryan, come out, you big boy. Now I, I put a lot of thought into this, <laughs> mainly because I like torturing Matt and I like making him <laughs> say things that he doesn't want to say. <laughs> Just because I'm a horrible human being. Ma- now, Matt, is that short for anything? It is. Okay. Okay, Mattery. So, <laughs> Mattery. <clears throat> Finn Balor is the worst professional wrestler to ever grace the squared circle and is incredibly unattractive to both men and women alike. Well, I, Matthew James Willis, can perfectly say that because Finn Balor... He, he, hurt, he hurt his neck, he hurt his collarbone, he took weeks, took months off. And he and Farrah's like, no real man does that. And let's face it, um, he's married now, so he's not available to anybody anyway. So what's the point of Finn Balor? There's no point to him. Oh, that was beautiful for time as well. Shoulder. He hurt his shoulder, it wasn't his collarbone. You'd think somebody in the hospital would know the difference, right? I'm a chef, not a doctor. <laughs> You're like the anti-McCoy. <laughs> right, right then. Right okay, then. here's the serving of the day. You're going to get collarbone of lamb. Right. <laughs> right, right then. Right, the thing is, you come at me, I'm going to... Okay. <clears throat> your your devil's advocate is... <clears throat> I want to... Hold on. Before you do this, I want to point out that the first time I, devil, I was devil advocated, it was, uh, what, Shawn Michaels is better than... Than than Chris Jericho, Jericho. <laughs> yeah, um, and and I believe uh, I, I believe for Scott you 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 made him say like the Undertaker sucked. Um, uh, um th- on those lines, yes, something on those yeah. lines, yes. So, anyways, okay, so um, your devil's advocate is Shawn Michaels. I'm joking. 
<laughs> is, um, your devil's advocate is Mark Henry losing 80 pounds of weight is pathetic. I want sexual chocolate, not skinny chocolate. Look, at the end of the day, more cushion for the pushing is better. <laughs> Who wants a skinny Mark Henry? I want full fat, full muscle, all the way. I am not looking. I, I, you know what? You know what? I want the power top. <laughs> He's down to three hundred and ten pounds. I'm so impressed. Oh shit! Wow. He, he, he might as well be Kate Moss. Hey. I mean, he, come on. He he wants one more match before to to properly retire. So he, he walked away. He did a good chance to have a goodbye match. So yeah. The, the fact that he disappointed, did. Matt. I was trying to predict what your devil's advocate was going to be, so I deliberately stayed away from Jay White because I figured we were both going to do a devil's advocate involving Jay White. So a, uh, I feel kind of bad that you didn't. Now I should have gone. Hold on, hold on. guys. I think we have something to talk about real quick. You you say that Mark Henry wants one more match. Mm-hmm. There's another person who needs at least one more match, and a couple of years ago, the infamous fake out retirement with the stunning salmon colored suit that swerve was against john cena john cena mark henry that's a wrestlemania uh, you know fuck it fuck wrestlemania that's a SummerSlam match the two of them one-on-one i'd buy that i'd I'd love that match i would absolutely love that match and that gives you the opportunity to um, open up a final feud for Cena as well. He has his match with Mark Henry. It finishes. Boom. Someone's music hits, comes out, beats the fuck out of Cena. Boom. We get, you know, the Cena feud going into WrestleMania next year. Hmm. Book well, it, well, Vince, you coward. Well, it's quite well. Before right. Matt and I trade Devil's Advocate, though, could you, since we don't get the Blade job as frequently as we used to, um, could you give us an update on Jay White? Uh, well, let me let me check my prepared notes right here. Um, okay, let's see, paragraph two, paragraph three. Um, hold on, it's in the appendix. Uh, uh, yes, uh, bag of dicks. Ah, okay. So no change there. Just wanted to make sure. <laughs> I I mean, to be fair, I still stand by. I just don't like Jay White. I also have no idea what's happening in New Japan right now. Zero yeah. idea what's happening in that promotion. Um, just you know, there I can't even keep track of what's going on stateside with wrestling. I yeah. I don't have time for New Japan. Matt, are you receiving or giving first? I don't know. He's doing some weird shit right now. Matt, I can't see you. You're only the last person who's... Spe- oh, he's moving all around the place. Yeah. What the hell is he doing? I don't know. I'm, I'm right, curious. Now. Do we need... Is his washing significant for this uh, devil's advocate in the background? My battery's about to die. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is better stay in. This is better make the edit. With it, fuck. <laughs> I want a raw, unedited episode this week. Not happening. Uh, Not happening. You put I'll, just release, to I'll just release the whole episode now as uh, bonus material. Hmm. Okay, Graham. What's your devil's advocate for me? 
Your devil's advocate. Oh, hold on. I, I, I was looking for you because you disappeared, so I wasn't sure what was going on. Oh, that's right. Now I remember what your devil's advocate is. All right. Your devil's advocate is, Matt. Soupgate was my deliberate attempt to end the Blade Job show. What do you mean deliberate? What do you mean attempt? It succeeded. Blade Job is no more because of me. I've closed down more podcasts than I've appeared on, Graham. Sometimes I haven't got to appear on a podcast. That's a tweet about it, and it gets closed down. Soupgate was, without doubt, my finest moment of absolute destruction. Mwah! Chef's kiss, my chef. <laughs> Perfect for time. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Okay. Just thinking of the word Soupgate makes me laugh now. <clears throat> Just the word. Oh, Sorry, Ryan. <laughs> <sighs> so, I gotta go. I, something in my eye. I don't know. <laughs> well, Graham, your devil's advocate is mm, Ryan being inducted into the Good Cop, Bad Cop Hall of Fame is ridiculous. Only one person should deserve to be entered first. And that is me, Graham. Obviously, I came up with a whole idea. We tried to think of something when MGB went a little off the rails for a little bit. So we came up with a whole format. Heck, basically, I came up with a whole format in about 30 minutes. Did I steal most of it from a BBC radio show? Oh, you betcha. But yeah, since that one came, if it wasn't for that, then nothing, none of this would be happening anyway. So obviously, I should have gone in first, followed by you. Give you oh, a I'm Vince McMahon. Well. You know what? We're going to have, we're gonna have a WWE Hall of Fame. You know, first inductee, <laughs> me. Fuck all of I will. <laughs> <laughs> You, coming from okay there's three of us here right now coming from the only hall of famer and also might i end might i add i am a two-time two-time five nerds go year end award winner yeah you are you should absolutely be in the good cop bad cop hall of fame but not until you're dead. He might be dead by the time I actually induct him. It's my choice, not anyone else's. <laughs> but on a serious note, Ryan, without you, good cop, bad cop wouldn't be a thing. So that's why you're the first inductee, dude. Um, do I get a ring anytime soon? I mean, uh, it's no, you get a no, you get five a check. Months. No double entendres, please. No, you get a check, and it's paid for out of Graham personal account. Oh, oh he's a teacher. He makes a ton of money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's five dollars and a ten pound gift voucher to Arby's. Ooh, I do have an Arby's like right down the street, and they hey. have meats. There we go. Yeah, just a little, a little information for the two of you. The 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 chef in the Arby's commercials is uh, often played by H. John Benjamin, the same man who plays Bob on Bob's Burgers and Archer on Archer. He oh. is from Worcester, oh, Massachusetts, okay. not England. Huh. Awesome. So, so. You know, there, there, there's a little information about a thing that I happen to know. 
I know at one point, I know I got. I should mention this now. I know Ryan, you're also the only, much to Matt's chagrin right now, you're the only person to have appeared on, with the exception of myself, Mason and Jackson, the only person to have appeared on every season of MGB Wrestling Podcast. Oh, so we will I keep know, that We've got to schedule uh, some sort of appearance for season four as well to keep that. I, I will always make time to keep that record going. I only appeared on series one because, and after that, I didn't need to anymore because I had my own show. So. <laughs> I only have one wrestling I, as much as Matt hates to admit it, I am the one who inspired young Mason to even want to do a podcast. Yes. And he wasn't even allowed to listen to mine. Yeah. And the thing is, is that Graham didn't even believe in the idea until he got a presentation. Uh, I thought it was a throwaway comment. I mentioned it to Mason as a joke and didn't think anything of it. But yeah, that boy, it took it in fermented in his head and then a couple of weeks later he had the whole thing planned out but yeah yeah amazing you never realize the effect certain words can have sometimes for good sometimes for bad and that certainly was a was a good comment yeah i was quite happy listening to podcasts i had no aspirations to make a podcast at all so yeah you started off quite a few careers with that whole chain reaction from matt starting and then darren starting and then others starting as well but yeah that one comment definitely started off a lot of people on uh, wrestling podcast but also part of that wrestling twitter community that's just so much fun to be part of i know we talked about the negative aspects already but we have a great laugh with some of those people who different podcasts we've been on for sure the block from the mute button are a wonderful thing on twitter uh, you know i mean i i hate to say it and i won't name names a lot of people that we all consider friends on wrestling twitter i have muted because I just, I can't do it anymore. I can't, I can't. The negativity is too much. Oh, um, wow. I'm 35 years old. I need and the rest positivity <laughs> in my life. Because the world, and feel free to leave this in, the world is a very negative place. And the things that make you happy should make you happy, not pissed off. So, you know, no offense to a lot of people, but if you piss me off, I'm not going to unfollow you. I'm not going to block you because I still want to interact with you, but I don't need to see your negativity and you get muted. That's why you never responded to Jackson's request to appear on JGB. He Ah. is so negative on Twitter. I mean, the mouth on that boy. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. We've discussed this on the Blade Job show. I mean, how much of a mouth Jackson had gone. And we discussed this. It was fantastic. Yeah. No, it's it's, it's, it's just, it's too much. Absolutely too much. Uh, I, I just can't do it. Uh, you know, his, his sexist views on women's wrestling are, are just, uh, just, 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 uh, they're, they're people too, Jackson. They're, they're people too. Uh, uh, I right. I, I'm sorry. Mm. <laughs> I've missed him so much. Okay, uh, Ryan, why don't you tell everybody out there listening where they should be, or having just said that you want they can mute pretty much everybody. Where can where can they follow you on Twitter? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Nishguy. That's N I S H G U. Why? Um, and that's pretty much it because I don't do anything else. However, 
I do have, this is the first time talking about it on a podcast, and this is something that I want to bring to other podcasts. Um, this is something I'm going to be going, you know, hopefully, I, I, I need to get this out there. And uh, for the dozens and dozens of Good Cop, <laughs> Bad Cops fans. Thank you, Mankind. I have written a pilot for a television series based around the world of professional wrestling. Um, this came at the worst possible time because there is a television show uh, about professional wrestling coming out called Heels starring uh, Mr. Stephen Amell. But this is not that. This is a passion project that I've been working on for a long time. And the reason I want to start getting this out there is because I don't want to sell it to a corporate production factory that's just going to say, okay, we've got this property, let's make it, whatever, who cares? I want this to get out to the people who can actually do it justice. Whether this is Tony Khan in AEW, whether this is whoever the fuck runs IWTV, uh, I have no idea. You know, I want this to get to the people who want to produce a comedy based on professional wrestling and do it justice. This is less the wrestler and heels and more community based in a professional wrestling school. That was the inspiration I had towards this project was what if the insanity that was Dan Harmon's community, but instead of a community college, it was a professional wrestling school. Um, the pilot script has been written. Matt, you've seen it. Graham, you've seen it. I think it's something that needs to be seen, and I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. Um so, if you're listening to this and you have a connection to a major wrestling promotion or just a lot of money lying around, this is a thing. Um, unfortunately, with my real-world job and my real-world life, it has taken the back seat for the moment, but this is something that I want to get done. It's something I want to get made and I need the right people interested in it. So obviously I know uh, Mr. Tony Khan. I know you're a big fan of this show right here. Good cop, bad cop. Uh, if you're listening, call me, we'll do lunch. We'll figure it out. Uh, you know, I'm not asking for much Two, three hundred thousand dollars up upfront, you know, and we can make this happen. Um, and also just because Matt won't say it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you read Chris D's as a uh, fan cop moments out? I just it, 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 I did. He didn't put it. He didn't put that in. Oh, he didn't put that one in there. That's right. He, I said you should, and he said he would, and then he didn't. Yeah, that's right. Way yeah. to go, Chris. <laughs> Way to go. Yeah, now I've actually got to put a bleep in. Thanks, Ryan. Yep. <laughs> I well, I was under the understanding because I don't That's pay much only, attention. It's the only word we can't say. <laughs> oh, I beg to differ. I, I thought the say C word words. was Cody, to be honest. But huh. mm-hmm. right. Well, 
thank you. Bad so- cop moment. Uh, spending more time to do a gender reveal on your primetime television series than you do a women's match. <laughs> Nicely done, sir. Nicely done, uh, guys. Oh, oh, oh. Every. Everybody should is out there. Please do support Ryan Project. It's something that I um, heavily support as well. It's a great read. Um, if you get a chance to um, do so, please do. Uh, Graham, uh, you're back with me next week. Who we got? I don't know. I we're so early this week. I normally call a person at the weekend to say if they're still available. So I haven't had a chance to look yet. I don't know. Okay, so I feel it could be Ryan again next week. Before we Co- know. It could be okay. Cody Rhodes. I don't know. I'm still waiting back for a response. Yeah, if, got, if he's got Ab, that's fine. You can ask for The Rock. I can ask for Cody Rhodes. What do you, Spencer Love? We'll be back next week. We're out of here. Boom. Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Good, bad, good, bad, good, bad, good. Alright, welcome back to Good Cop, Bad Cop. I would normally ask Matt if it's episode 177, but he's not here. He's sunning himself somewhere in Florida, probably having brain freezers, walking around Disney somewhere. So I'm going to hope that's good. So with Matt's absence, I brought in two guests for us today. So we've got lots of people to talk with. Uh, First of all, he hasn't been on since May, but he was complaining that he hadn't been on since May. And he wanted to make sure he got back on. The person that does one podcast a year... Um, I don't think it came out until December 31st, 2021. That's the pro that he is. Uh, Ryan from the OG Blade Shop. How are you doing, Ryan? Uh, <clears throat> can you try my introduction one more oh, time? Oh, sorry. I, sorry, I forgot something. Um, the Hall of Famer, Ryan. There we go. Is that better? <laughs> Thank you. Uh, two-time Hall of Famer, I believe. I don't know uh, where you're getting two-time from. Where's this second Well, you one said from? you were going to announce the next inductee into the Hall of Fame. And I assumed okay. it was me for a second time because I find myself oh. to be the Booker T of <laughs> wrestling podcasting. So, or no, I'm not going to say the Ric Flair because he's a little weird right now. But anyways, hey, hey what's up, man? How you doing? Uh, I'm doing good. Um, no, you did not get announced for a second time. Um, <sighs> um, it was um, it was Mason was one of the. It's actually a double. There was actually two inductions this year. I don't do this because it's just this is Matt's baby. Uh, it was Mason. And it was uh, Pod- Lord Lord Mags as well. It was Darren. Darren was Wait, he gets Lord now too. Well, hold on, hold on. We gotta. We'll talk Darren. about this off the air. You know what? I'll have my lawyers contact. You know, we'll work it out. It's fine. Uh, I'm just doing it. I don't want to. I'm gonna say in America, I'm very aware of litigation, so just to play safe, I'm gonna say Lord. Uh, perhaps I, I can use inverted commas, right? Because it's an audio podcast, so you guys will know that I'm doing that, and he won't. So I get around it that way as well. I think. All right, and our second guest is from. I had to write this down because he constantly changes the name of the podcast. I even saw on Twitter he was looking at a fourth change in the last twelve months. Um, last time I looked, it was it's my wrestling podcast. Uh, welcome back to the show, Chris. How you doing? I'm really good, thank you, mate. I've I've not changed it since. Don't worry. Um, yeah, I went through quite a few rebrands. Um, obviously, there were a lot of changes to the podcast. We started with three hosts, went down to two. Yeah. I went solo. Just wanted to make it my own thing, so. 
made sense to just give it a really simple name. It's yeah. my wrestling podcast. So there we there go. You go. Uh, yeah. Pleasure to be on again. Thank you for having me. Um, like we were saying before, I, I came on about nine or so months ago. Eight or I, think nine. Around, yeah, I think it was around April, somewhere around that time. Yeah. 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 You know. yeah. Yeah, bought your T-shirt to support you, and then you went and changed the name. And <laughs> I quickly I just... learned that I've got. I do this with wrestlers. Like you buy a wrestler's T-shirt, and then suddenly they'll uh, turn up in one of those uh, unsavory moments, and it's one you can't wear again. And I found that now with I think three different wrestling podcasts. I was like, all right, I'm going to buy shirts. I'm going to I'm going to support my people I like listening to. And then they went and changed their names. I'm like, okay, all right, I can't. I keep win. changing it so that you'll buy more shirts. That's all it is. So you got the same tactic then that football teams have. And congratulations, yeah. of course, on the uh, Coventry winning today as well. I know that's yeah. your, your team. Yeah. yeah. Very good. Very happy. Um, I think that's, I think, one more win and then it's the quarterfinals for the FA Cup. Oof. Something like that's that. Be, be, I think it'll be the furthest we've got since winning it in 87. So Oof. very cool. Very nice. Really good season for us this year. Were you too young to even, you must be too young to even remember that, right? I was in uh, yeah. high school when that was on. Uh, Keith Houchin, I remember that one. Yeah, I was born in 89, um, so I was yeah. raised, raised on that match. Like, replays of it have been forced it down my throat. Um, uh, the greatest FA Cup final of all time is is regularly voted as one of the top it's... FA Cup it is considering it's so long ago and considering Coventry is not a team I would naturally have an interest in it is one that kind of sticks in the memory for yeah. I guess for that reason I would probably favor and it's again unfortunately I actually as a Liverpool fan this is one we lost um, I think the year after was a pretty good one as well Wimbledon just for the shock oh, value yeah, in that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm imagining that must be pretty high up on that list as well the underdogs yeah. and uh, yeah it was not the result I wanted, but it's still one of those memorable finals just for, for that Two reason. in a row, because like, we, we weren't expected to beat Tottenham. Tottenham were yeah. like, they were they were the big dogs back then, weren't they? Hoddle yeah. and Waddle and Ozzy yeah, they had some good players. Thanks. All right, I guess for our American listeners, we should probably get away from the English football. <laughs> Sorry, <tournament>. guys. <laughs> we should probably talk a little bit of wrestling. Now, seeing as not, normally for Matt, I don't really make that big of an effort. I'll normally watch like the top 10 moments from Raw on YouTube and things like that. Knowing I had proper guests this week, I made a real effort for you guys. So you can talk about whatever you like. Um, I didn't watch any New Japan, I have to say. I know it was the Wrestle Kingdom this week, but I, I, I can't be getting up at that time. I did watch every show of AEW. Uh, I did watch... Uh, day one i watched raw uh, i watched new year's evil i watched the two shows that were highlights of impacts 2021 uh, i know there was something else i watched as well i watched a lot of indie events as well there was a lot going up in your neck of the woods ryan up in uh, massachusetts with the rest of all so all right i'm ready to see what you guys have got for me how about we start with some good cop moments though All right, I think it's only fair that normally we say guests go first, but obviously we've got two this week. Hall of Famers, I guess, get to go first. So, <laughs> Ryan, go ahead. What have you got as your Hall of Fame good cop moment of the week? <clears throat> well, you know, I, I had I had one planned entirely. Um, and You then, had something planned? Well, uh, You're not, going off script straight away. Not in the sense of I wrote something down. Okay. <laughs> More of the sense of I noticed something and said... <laughs> Oh, neat. But that all changed um, today where something happened in wrestling that actually made me go, oh, hey, that's interesting. And that is 
not just her appearance, but the fact that WWE has listed her as Impact Knockouts World Champion, Mickey James, mm-hmm. a, a title holder in Impact, a contracted Impact wrestler, is going to be in the Rumble. Um, first and foremost, I'll start with the whole Forbidden Door thing got played out a day after people started saying it. I'm over that phrasing, and I think I forget good cop, bad cop. There are no children here. Okay, never mind. Uh, anyways, it's fucking stupid, and I was sick and tired of hearing it. But the concept of WWE even referencing Impact, let alone bringing in a contracted wrestler to one of their events, is really, really crazy. And I don't know if uh, if everyone noticed or everyone saw. I don't even know if it's real or not, because I didn't, I didn't do my, my research. Um, but apparently Mickey James on WWE.com is listed as knockouts champion. Oh, I don't know if that's real or not. It was fake. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, regardless, the, the, the feeling I got just reading that was the same feeling I got, um, back in the nineties when all of a sudden ECW guys were showing up on raw. You know, I got I got that same feeling because WWE hasn't really done something like this since then. They they very very rarely will bring in someone who's contracted to another promotion. So for me, that is a good cop moment. I'll let you get first rebuttal in, Chris. Uh, no, like I I I agree. I was going to come onto this at some point later on as well. Um, it was a shock, um, a really cool shock. Big Mickey James fan. Um, the fact that I don't know if when, when Pat McAfee referenced it on, on SmackDown, obviously he said impact knockout champion or whatever he said, impact Women's champion. I can't remember. I don't know if that was planned or if he's got in trouble for saying that, who knows? Um, but then when they started putting out the graphics, the, the, the thing that struck me when they put out the graphic for the women's Royal rumble, um, with all the legends along the top was, I just thought it's such a shame that we couldn't have had that as a surprise. Imagine mm-hmm. Mickey James music yep. just hitting during the Royal Rumble. That would have been huge. Yep. Um, not as not as huge as Edge returning or anything like that, but huge for the shock, certainly. Um, and, and names like Michelle McCall and Lita and all, all those kind of women. Um, but focusing purely on the Mickey James thing, yeah, man, it's awesome. Um, really cool. It shocked me, I think, the last time that I was shocked by WWE saying or referencing something was when... Vince McMahon said WWF during Undertaker retirement thing. Just you know, like, you know what I mean. One of those things that we never thought we'd hear WWE say. They they never mentioned WWF, and they never mentioned other companies. They never yeah. mentioned promotions. So to hear them say that, yeah, my my mind instantly jumped to like, oh shit, okay. I didn't want to think the word Forbidden Door, but I unfortunately did because that's been forced on us through through social media so much um i just thought yeah like is this gonna be another rehash of aw having their partnership with impact because let's be honest it was pretty fucking bad it was terrible uh it did nothing for impact other than make them look bad all of their wrestlers consistently lost they they got they got nothing out of it their their ratings didn't go up can do we do we do a better version of the forbidden door eh. I don't know if if they go full full whack and try and do what AW and Impact did, it's probably just going to be much of the same, isn't it? No, no Impact wrestlers are going to come over and win. 
you know you, you know i i actually uh so first and foremost i want to say that you know you mentioned the surprise and i agree I, I i prefer surprises and i think that aw impact and wwe all suck at surprises at this point um they're all pretty bad they love announcing things um which is stupid because the pop when music hits is the best part especially the rumble that's the best yeah. part that's the reason why the rumble is one of my favorite events because even if they're just there for a moment it's really exciting when you know like uh, thinking of years past you know edge aside because edge was huge but you know hearing the hardy's music hit or hearing the dudley's music hit or hearing just someone who's showing up for a night it's cool like it's, it's very cool even i still i still pop when like honky tonk man's music hits because it's like oh shit i know he's not wrestling full-time but it's cool to see um but the you know uh chris to your to your uh to your side I did count the graphic. The graphic only has 18 people on it. And most yeah. of them are contracted wrestlers. So I feel like there's still a lot more. And I feel like if they're announcing someone like Mickey James, I feel like they have something else up the sleeves, whether it's a huge debut or if it's someone else from impact, like I, you know, I I'm feeling like obviously with Deanna Parazu having worked for WWE, we could see her. I'm feeling I, for me, Jordan Grace. Like, if Jordan Grace mm -hmm. was in the Rumble, I would lose my shit. Um, yeah, yeah. Or even, like, maybe going indie legend. Maybe we see a one-off from Lufisto. Like, that that would be really, really cool, but I digress. I think somebody like Lufisto for somebody like us, Ryan, would be really cool, but I think for somebody like, um, for the network and for uh, what for Peacock or whatever it is, whatever you're calling it, I don't think Lufisto is going to be the big surprise that people would want to see. I think you got to go somebody bigger than that. Uh, Chris, one of the things you did say earlier that I did see somebody react to um, on Twitter was uh, the Pat McAfee comment. And somebody said, no, WWE used that same uh, vocabulary in the tweet that they put out later. Uh, oh, sorry, at the same time. So, no, he apparently he was perfectly okay in using that phrase that she was, and I don't remember the exact phrase either, Impact title, Impact Knockouts title, Impact World Champion. Uh, whatever phrase they use wwe was actually using the same words as well later so hmm, interesting. unless they were covering their backs of course yeah very very quick covering their backs isn't it yeah, yeah. i don't know i don't think it's i don't think it's actually quite a bigger surprise as you might have said ryan though i think impact and probably wwe probably the closest two in terms of and i'm trying to remember who we went for um didn't they send rock across to um the hall of fame hall of fame they didn't Ron send impact? him because he's he's not contracted. Okay. Rock can do whatever he wants, but Impact and WWE worked together uh, yeah. over the last couple of years. Like when they were doing um, some of the WWE 24s and WWE Untolds and stuff about AJ Styles and yes. the yeah. Good Brothers, um, they were using TNA and Impact footage. Um, so okay. obviously they have a working relationship. Yeah. I want to say Scott Demore worked for WWE at some point. I could be wrong, um, but like obviously Jeremy Borash was really big with um, Impact. Um, and there's a lot of the talent and probably a lot of the backstage people too, trainers and producers and stuff who came from WWE to Impact. So I think their working relationship is a lot better than say WWE's working relationship with AEW will ever be because we all know it's going to happen at some point in history those two companies will cross paths I don't think it's anytime soon but it'll happen whether it's one buying the other or just hey you know what 
let's put by let let's uh, let bygones be bygones and let's do something let's do a super show together i think that'll happen because wrestling is different now there is no real war there really isn't it's 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 fictional because at the end of the day it's two billionaires who really could care less about each other or couldn't care less about each other so you know but yeah all right, Chris. What about your main good cop moment? Uh, I just had a, I just had a quick check just then as well. Um, Scott Lamore didn't didn't work for WWE, but I I thought he did as well. Mm, so I thought he did too. Yeah, in some capacity, I thought he did. But no. Um, right. So I made a couple of little notes. Um, my my main good cop moment. WWE Day One. I thought it was awesome, and I had no expectations going into it. Um, obviously, things changed. At the very, very last minute, which really threw a spanner in the works, but I thought it was solid from start to finish. We had yet another classic Usos versus New Day tag match. I can, I will literally never get bored. They could have another 100 matches, and I will just think, oh, the last 99 were amazing, so this next one's probably going to be amazing. Um, Liv Morgan, I think, had her best match to date. Um Is that thanks to Becky? I, I don't know. But, but Liv, Liv had a pretty solid showing as well. Brock being added to the main event, obviously it was a very last minute thing to keep him on the card, probably because people had paid money to see him. He'd been advertised, he was there, so they thought, screw it, we might as well use you somehow. Um, And it felt huge. I didn't hate what happened. I didn't hate, I wasn't bothered at all by Big E losing the title. I love Big E, love New Day, they're my favourite faction of all time. I wasn't crazy about Big E as champion, it didn't really connect for me as much as I wanted it to. I, I, I was really happy that he won it. It was a really emotional moment, really cool for him. He's put in a lot of effort, a lot of work. Um, but I think the change that they made was worth it because now, as a result, we're finally getting Brock versus Lashley. Uh, we had the really cool stuff that they did um, this Friday night on SmackDown with the whole love triangle and Heyman basically crying and saying telling Roman that he loves him and loves his tribal chief. It's brilliant. Um, Brock Lesnar at the moment is, I think, the best Brock Lesnar that we've ever seen in terms of in terms of entertainment and fun and actually wanting to see him on TV. I love Brock. I've always, for 20 years, I've always loved Brock. So yeah, that's that's my main, main good moment. I think a lot of people were pleasantly surprised by day one. Um, new WWE pay-per-views don't tend to be great. I think it's the first new pay-per-view that they've done in in, in a good few years since like fast lane and roadblock and all that kind of crap pay-per-views at this time of year don't tend to be great because it's that sort of like we just want to get to the rumble we just want to get to mania we've just had survivor series survivor series didn't feel important what's the point of day one but i know like i say i i loved it i'm looking forward to them doing it again in the future so that is my my main good cop wwe putting out a really strong pay-per-view again i think they've had a really good last 12 months ryan did you catch any of it i day one is the last professional wrestling i've watched um i i've been i've been occupied with other things so i really haven't been paying a lot of attention um you know I'm, i'm keeping up like, I know what's going on. I know who's winning, who's losing, you know, whatever. Um, there's very few matches out there lately that I've been like, oh, I got to go back and watch that. Um, for example, I went back and I watched the uh, women's tag match street fight that they had on Rampage two weeks ago. The one with Penelope Ford, Ty Conti, 
you know, though it was fun, yeah. but whatever. Um, day one, I will agree. You know, WWE has been on a really, really good trend lately with their pay-per-view. I'm, I'm sorry, with their premium live events. Um, <laughs> I had to get that in there. Um, and I agree with, with what Chris is saying. They're really... I really only watch pay-per-views at this point. You know, I, I don't watch Dynamite. I don't watch Raw. I don't watch Rampage. I don't watch SmackDown. Unless I hear that there's something good going on, I might check it out. Um, but I think WWE, you know, sticking with WWE, day one was, just like Chris said, it was something where usually they have these filler pay-per-views, you know, um, because... Pay-per-views in between the big four are all filler now, most of the time. They don't, they're not, it's not like it was in the late 90s where, you know, Armageddon could be the best pay-per-view of the year. It could, it could out, you know, outdo WrestleMania because they just don't do that anymore. They save things for WrestleMania. But I feel like day one, they really put in the time and the effort to tell really good stories, put on really good matches. I will definitely agree, Liv Morgan is killing it lately and that match was phenomenal like from a storytelling standpoint from a wrestling standpoint everything about that match was really really great i i really enjoyed it um i also agree you give me the new day versus the usos every day of the week and you know honestly you don't need any more tag teams you can just have them wrestle each other forever ad nauseum for eternity and it would be okay with me because they're they're both really good teams and to play off of that as well, um, we all know that anytime someone wings King of the Ring, they always have the same gimmick. It's King Blank, and it's garbage. King King Corbin was garbage. Um, I don't even remember who the one before that was. Mm. I don't think that was. It was such a long time ago. I don't think they, it was because they didn't even do that. I know. Before. I know. Years ago, we had King Barrett, and oh. it was garbage. Um, but someone like Xavier Woods he can play that role in such a good way um king, king woods with with sir kofi is entertaining as hell and having them against the new day again awesome um i will disagree with biggie i i i i've been a fan of his title run i don't think anything that's been wrong with it is his fault um, I, there have been problems, but it hasn't been Big E. It's been WWE's handling of his title run because he's lost so often since he's been champion. I like the Brock swerve because we all figured, oh, Brock's not going to win because Brock wasn't in the match at first. That was a nice little... I didn't really think Brock would win. So that was a nice little surprise. And it sets up things really nice for the Rumble. Um I think we've got a lot, you know, because now we can have Big E in the Rumble. It's his redemption. We can have any, you know, that gives you one potential winner. And the best Rumbles have multiple potential winners. And the best kind of Rumble has someone winning who you never thought would actually win. Um, so I think I'm really excited for, for this year's Rumble. And day one did that. Day one set the hype for the rumble. And I think that's really, really great of them to actually do. And it shows that Vince, he has some idea of how to promote wrestling. Um, it's not a great idea most of the time, but every now and then a little nugget of Vince McMahon shows the reason why he has been so successful. I just wish he could do that every week now. 
I think he's better when he's backed into a corner and he has to make a last minute decision. Like Roman actually getting COVID actually turned out to be a good thing. Like Brock having to move into that other match and then what's happened since. Um, I think it opens up way more storylines than obviously they planned up to WrestleMania. You know that they planned that timeline out. And then suddenly it was like, oh, we got to switch this. Um, and they did. They went on the back foot. The last time I remember this happening, and there's probably been other incidences, um, when the wrestlers got stuck out in Saudi and they had to bring in the NXT guys and they brought in like Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano and people like that and it was one of the best episodes of Raw that there's been in a long long time it was I think once they suddenly have that we have a short time we have to come up with something quick they generally do a really good job I feel when that happens whereas sometimes when they have too long I think they sometimes overthink it and it turns out to be nowhere near as good so no when I actually heard that Brock um, when I heard that the Roman situation I actually thought this could actually be good I had fairly low level expectations for it like you said to begin with Chris and then when I heard that was happening I was like I think this is going to be worth watching and it was I I thoroughly enjoyed it as well Um, off the top of my head I can't think of anything that I particularly didn't like um, which I guess is a good thing sometimes the bad moments stick out for you more than sometimes the good moments stick out for you whereas for this one i'm generally feeling if you ask me about it i'm feeling more positive about this one from uh from what i saw for sure and and just to just to say you know play off what you said uh, vince getting backed into a corner it's true because what happens when he gets backed into a corner and when they <laughs> scramble and it becomes less about storyline and more about in-ring competition just mm-hmm. like you said, when everyone was stuck in Saudi, like, oh, shit, what do we do? Let's grab Cole. Let's grab Gargano. Let's grab these NXT guys. But since we have no storylines for them, let's just let them wrestle. Let's l- send them out here. You got 20 minutes. Do your thing. And that's the best point in professional wrestling. When you say, here's the finish, fill in the rest. Um, that's yeah. the way it should be done. But that's not the way WWE does it. Um, mm-hmm. But allowing them to just go out there and there's the ring it's got ropes uh there's an announce table over here and here's an entry (laughs) ramp uh we put some shit under the ring uh have fun that's the best of professional wrestling you know it doesn't always have to be long-term term storytelling sometimes you just need to let two guys two girls go out there and tear the house down yeah yeah i think the probably the low point if you can even call it a low point of day one was probably Drew versus Madcap Moss. And even that was still competitive. You know, Moss didn't look out of his element. He, he put up a fair, not a fair fight, but he, he didn't look, it wasn't a squash. You know, he didn't job to Drew by any means. He, he held his own. It was it was worth watching. I was thinking at first, oh, I'll probably skip this. But then I thought, yeah, I'll give it a chance. I like Drew. And, and it, it makes sense. It makes sense, though, because, I mean, a week prior, two weeks prior, uh, Drew tried to literally decapitate him with the sword. Yeah. So, I mean, him cool. fighting for his life, you know, is good storytelling, man. Vince Vince knows. Vince, you know what? Vince McMahon for Booker of the Year uh, in January. I'm, I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't keep a straight face with it because it ain't Tony Khan either. Let me quickly say I again did a quick Google. Um, before Corbin, it was uh, Wade Barrett. Four years before Corbin, um, they didn't do it between 2015 and 19. And then Corbin, and I, I always say this: like I didn't mind King Corbin at first. I'm a huge Corbin fan, but it went on for 21 months. That's the thing. The King gimmick should have a limit. It should go from King of the Ring. Let's bring back King of the Ring to June, and you get to be the King until SummerSlam. 
Yeah. You know, give it two months, two or three months, and then just move on. This whole, you know, I mean, Jerry Lawler was never king of the ring to be Jerry the King. Yeah. It makes sense, but everyone yeah. else who's won it, because Austin won King of the Ring, and I never remember him wearing a dumbass crown. I remember him being Stone Cold Steve Austin and launching one of the most epic careers in history off of King of the Ring. That's what King of the Ring's there for, not for a dumbass gimmick. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, you agree. It does explain now why, because I thought it was just like a year-long thing. Like, when I started watching wrestling, it was, they didn't have that King of the Ring gimmicks. I came back in 2016, as I'm going to talk about in a second. But yeah, it did feel, I assumed it was like a year-long thing. Like, you have a year between WrestleManias, you have a year between each of the the, the same pay-per-views. So I assumed it was a year. Now, the whole time I'm watching, I'm like, he seems to have had this for ages. All right, so I'm not just going totally crazy then. He did have it for a lot longer than a year. Two years, yeah. Wow, wow. Now, Chris, you did ask when we were putting this together, you were like, so do our good cop moments have to be like something from this week? And I was like, no, you can do whatever you like. You can go back as far as you like. In fact, the further back, the better as far as I'm concerned. And with that in mind, um, I'm actually going to go to 2016 for my good cop moment. So, Ryan, when we were on the aforementioned Blade Job show, uh, you actually asked myself, Matt, and uh, Mags, what was our first indie wrestling experience? And we talked about that on that episode. Go check it out on YouTube and probably everywhere else as well but what i didn't talk about though was my first well not perhaps not my first mason's first wwe experience so we saw that there was a house show in dc which we went to and then the first pay-per-view event we went to was um oh gosh a uh, battlefield 2016 in dc anyway the reason i'm telling you about that is one of my objectives for probably about the last three months was to actually finish reading a book, which I actually finally did this week because I have five snow days. Um, I finally finished reading the book Mox about, obviously, John Moxley. And I was reading through it, and I'm thinking the whole time, I'm like, there's going to be something from here that I can talk about. And for the first 250 pages, I'm like, it's interesting. But there's nothing really that I can kind of latch on to that I really want to talk about on Good Cop, Bad Cop. Until I kind of got to the very few last pages. And on the last pages, it was certainly not done in chronological order. They kind of skipped around all over the place. They started talking about, or he started talking about Money in the Bank 2016. And he talked about how he won Money in the Bank 2016. And that set him up for his chance against uh, Roman in future. And anyway, et cetera, et cetera. I didn't realize that was the pay-per-view before Battleground. And I was like, I never actually watched Money in the Bank 2016. I didn't have the network at that time. I'm really late to the game with these things. Like, I used to watch Raw. I used to watch SmackDown. But I didn't watch the pay-per-views. I'd just catch the highlights that you'd see on the next episode of Raw and things like that. So... Having watched all the wrestling I did this week, I decided to watch Money in the Bank 2016. Um, a lot of things I really liked about it. Dudley Boys were on it for starters in the pre-show. Now, obviously, this is towards the end of their career. They didn't do any 3Ds. They didn't call Dudley to get the they didn't call Dave on that to get the tables or anything like that. But still, great to see them in action. Uh, Enzo and Cass as well. Um, I'm a big Enzo and Cass fan. Um, I, they were one of the things I think really got me and Mason into wrestling. They were just so different. They were so loud. They were so over the top. Uh, it was great to see them together in tag team action. Uh, Lillian Garcia is reading out all the introductions and everything. She had a huge, a huge smile on her face as she's watching Enzo and Cass. She was totally digging it as well. Um, there were some pretty bad matches. I didn't watch every single match. Um, I know that I'm probably going to get in trouble for this, but for speed, I actually looked up Dave Meltzer's star rating 
ratings to see whether matches were going to be worth watching or not. So I did skip over Baron Corbin and Dolph Ziggler at 1.75 stars. Um, I did skip over Charlotte and Dana Brooke versus Natalia and Becky Lynch, two stars. And I did skip over Apollo Crews versus Sheamus, which was two and a half stars. Um, I did watch AJ Styles versus John Cena, though, that phenomenal um i do like watching the pay-per-views as well like you do get the whole backstory they do talk about for like two or three minutes they'll show you all the things that led up to this match as well so i do remember that whole storyline so that was really good to see that one uh the aforementioned money in the bank ladder match um great to see that i'm a big dean ambrose fan so i was quite happy to see him winning that um i did skip rusev versus titus o'neill which was 1.75 stars and then i did get to watch seth rollins versus roman reigns being a big shield fan as well um, that was the perfect one to watch as well. And the fact that, and this was the line that drew me when I read, read the book, all three members of the Shield held the World Championship at some point during Money in the Bank. So Roman came in as, and I, I was like, whoa, I don't remember that because I didn't watch the pay-per-view, so it didn't resonate as much. So Roman came in as champion, Seth beats Roman, Moxley cashes in, oh, sorry, Ambrose cashes in, and uh, yeah, Thoroughly enjoyable pay-per-view. And actually, after I did watch that, I did go back and watch some of the stuff from Battleground because I don't think I went back and watched it. I know we were in the crowd, so that was probably one of the reasons why I didn't do it. Um, but yeah, that's my good cop moment of the week. Money in the Bank 2016. John Moxley book is really good as well if you get the chance. Um, yeah, that's it for me. Uh, and, and it's interesting you bring that up because I, I, my favorite thing is... <clears throat> When something like that resonates in, in wrestling, especially when you're there to see something live and it kind of ties you in with other events and you remember things and then you remember the sequence of events. And mine is very similar. Also, you know, Money in the Bank related. I went to Money in the Bank 2014 mm -hmm. um, in Boston and Seth Rollins won. And I was super excited because um, it actually, I don't know if, uh, Chris, you might remember, it hit mainstream media um, because uh, Ambrose superplexed Rollins off of one of those, you know, 18-foot ladders. And it was nuts. And, and seeing that live was crazy. But once again, the, how it resonates with you is I was there, I saw Seth win. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to the next year, 2015, and I'm sitting in the crowd at WrestleMania 31 watching Brock versus Roman. And then all of a sudden Seth's music hits. And I, you know, the fact that I got to be there when he won money in the bank and be there when he cashed it in almost a year later, that's something that's always resonated with me, especially because, you know, I, I'm not a huge sports fan person you know before we were on the air you guys were talking about football and stuff and how you know important your team is for you and i watch that i see that when you know a football team wins the the world cup you know or an american football team wins the super bowl and the fans are just as much of a part of that as the teams are you know because it's something so important to you and as a huge seth rollins fan when he cashed in the pop when his music hit was intense. And when he won, people, including myself in the crowd, were hugging each other and high-fiving. Like, thank God it's not Roman or Brock. Like, that was the mentality is thank God neither of, because neither of them really got any sort of react. It was kind of like, yep, okay, yeah, Roman and Brock. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so, you know, that, that resonated with me. And, you know, those kind of emotions in wrestling is what makes wrestling cool.
you know, it's something where it resonates with you. And you remember it years and years later and you're like, oh yeah, you know, I was there. Oh, I remember that. Oh, that's cool. That ties in with this. So thank you for sharing, Graham. That was a good <laughs> cop moment. I said that when I started reading the Mox book, I would get something in from it. And it's taken me so long to read. I'm so bad at reading. I, I like the idea of reading, but when it comes time to reading, it's like, eh, I can't really be doing it. But I had plenty of time this week, so I finished it off. And uh, yeah, it led to uh, getting something out of the the Peacock um, app is not quite as bad as perhaps it was last time I looked. It wasn't such a painful experience as watching that event as I thought it was going to be. So I might be dipping into the archives a little bit more now. I know it's not so bad. All right, this is our speed check moment where if there's anything else we've seen in the last week, year, decade, we'll go back a little bit further, Ryan, so you can uh, ramble. Uh, we have 90 seconds now. Last time you guys were on, it was 60 seconds. So we give you a little bit of extra time. Um, Ryan, you're up first. No, if there's anything no, else. Chris first. Chris first. Okay. I need a moment. Chris first. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, made, made a couple of notes on this. I don't have many, to be honest. I don't think I'll, I'll fit 90 seconds, but... Um... Okay, so 90 seconds of good cop moments. Uh, Ray Phoenix being okay. Uh, I think yeah. that, that, that warmed my heart to see when he put out that little statement because that was obviously very concerning. Uh, another outstanding Danielson versus Page match. In, incredible. Uh, very early contender for match of the year, I think it's safe to say. Um, New Year's Evil NXT was really good as well. Really happy to see Bron Breaker taking the title from Champa. Huge Champa fan. But I think Bron Breaker really is the future. Um, Scotty Too High making his in-ring return after leaving WWE as an NXT coach. That was really cool to see. I think it's his first match since um, since Jerry Lawler's son, uh, Brian Christopher, since he died. Mm. Um, ring of Honor being highlighted at Hard to Kill tonight with the world title match that's going to happen. The first ever Women's Ultimate X match, again at Hard to Kill, happening tonight. That's a huge, huge moment. Really looking forward to that. Um, after his little promo video package thing on, on NXT UK, potentially seeing Walter on either the main roster or NXT. He said he's done with NXT UK. Very excited to see what happens there, especially as we know he doesn't want to be in America too much. Um, and as we said right at the start, potentially Forbidden Door situation. I'm really excited to see what might or might not happen there. So, yeah. Oh, I, I basically filled 90 seconds. That's not I was bad. about to say, I was looking at it, and I was like, I don't think you... And that's always my curse when I'm like, I'm not going to start the clock because I need less time than I said, and then I'm perfectly okay. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give mine, and Ryan can go last. So let me just click start there, make sure I don't lose track of time. Um, I want to carry on with the uh, the book mocks. Um, I, I, it was a thoroughly good read, actually. I like the fact that they didn't go chronologically. They kept jumping around. Suddenly you'd be in 2020, then you'd go back to his early career, and then he would jump into the middle of his WWE career. I thought that really kept it fresh. It wasn't just all about him. He had um, his music likes in there. He had his film likes in there. Uh, jokes from Cesaro was a real highlight as well. It, it was a fun read. I think that's important. Sometimes books can be a little bit, I don't know, they could be hard work. And I didn't feel like it was for this one. Um, I wrote a cut phrase here and I don't want his thoughts on the light tube match. Oh, I wish I could remember what that was. Uh, I wrote this about a week ago. It meant something to me. It doesn't mean anything now. Um, and I also wanted to talk about that battleground thing. Having watched that, that was one I was like, Oh, there's some good cop moments from this. Um, this was when Bailey debuted. Now, Mason and I had no idea who Bailey was at this time, but everybody in the crowd knew who Bailey was. Um, it was clear. It was like, oh, this is a really cool character. Like, she's going around hugging everybody. And um, yeah, really cool 
forward to see that debut again. Uh, the Dean, Seth, and Roman match, I did not remember that was the main event at all, which I'm surprised about being a Shield fan, and my son's a big Roman fan as well. So that was a highlight of our first pay-per-view together. And uh, a belter of a match between Sammy and KO. Obviously, they always put on good matches together. Um, wouldn't surprise me if that was one of the highest-rated uh, matches from Meltzer. And uh, rest of all, I mentioned it earlier, with Ryan's Neck of the Woods, lots of different pay-per-views on there. Uh, Heavy Lies the Crown, Massacre in Massachusetts, Pizza Party Wrestling, amongst others, put on a good weekend last week. Whew, had to speed up a little bit at the end. Can I just very quickly, I just want to quickly say, um, I think people forget that Battleground main event, the Triple Threat, Roman was basically non-existent for the build because he'd just been suspended. True. Oh, yeah, I think people forget that. He had the um, the wellness violation, didn't he? I think he was suspended for like, well, 30 days, I'm assuming. Oh, so he... I forgot <laughs> about that. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that storyline. So I, it was definitely when I just started back watching wrestling, but I'd forgotten that was uh, that it coincided with that time. Yeah. yeah, it was back when they were really strict too. like even a really basic like marijuana positive test was like, you're out. See ya, um, which I think they have gone back on. I think they've uh, stopped testing for marijuana. They're only testing for hard drugs and steroids now. Um, I could be wrong on that, but I, I, I mean, let's be honest. They they literally had RVD on the Hall of Fame pimping his own marijuana brand. <laughs> so I, I think they've probably opened up. And it, I mean, in my opinion, personal opinion, it's a lot safer than painkillers and alcohol, which is what a lot of these guys end up doing. Um, you know, uh, Jeff Hardy you know, example, you know, I hope Jeff Hardy's well, you know, but now he's released and he's saying it's not drug related. They're saying it is. So who the hell knows? But, you know, a guy who's done so much damage to his body, obviously he needs to unwind a little bit. And I think a little marijuana might be a little better than Percocet. Now, I read something this week, and I'm going to hope it's not from Kayfabe News, or else I'm going to look extremely <laughs> foolish right now. Um, but RVD is doing an anti-marijuana campaign with WWE. I'm sure I read that somewhere this That's week. That's got to be Kayfabe News. Yeah, surely. Not. <laughs> he, literally, he literally has his own CBD and full-on marijuana line yeah um, i know i read more than the headline because sometimes i'm guilty like i'll skim read a headline and go all right i know everything i need to know from the story i know i read into it a little bit more and i'm sure that there's um i'm sure there's some kernel of truth in that i'm surely i can't just have imagined that because at the time it was like that sounds so the opposite of what you would expect and um yeah no it was some i, I, I think he says he's going to be going around schools promoting uh, no drug use I'm sure. I'm sure Chris will Google. Chris is our Google expert for this episode. Already on um, yeah, I'm already, I'm already looking at kayfabe just to see if it's something on <laughs> there. Right, Ryan, you still got to give us your ninety seconds. I know up to ninety seconds if you have anything. Why don't you go ahead and give us up to ninety seconds, and I'll give Chris some time to see if he can find anything for us. Of course, of course. So um, I'm going to start with you know something you already said too. Restival. Yeah. Restival, really, really great concept. It's essentially, you know what independent promotions do for WrestleMania weekend, but beyond said, screw it. We're going to do it now uh, for our, our uh, new year's. And, and that's really cool. I didn't get a lot of chance to watch a lot of it, but seeing H2O come to Worcester, I'm a huge fan of H2O, huge mm -hmm. fan of Matt Tremont. Um, still have to watch that show. Um, 
uh, day one, as we talked about earlier, WWE putting out really consistent pay-per-views for the past uh, 12 months. That's been really refreshing from the company. Um, you know, Mickey James, you know, quote unquote, forbidden door. Uh, I'm a big fan of WWE finally opening up to other promotions and understanding the importance to wrestling as a whole. Um um daniel bryan and hangman i mean they're new day and woods just let them go forever let them wrestle forever um i am really excited about hard to kill i hope i'm gonna have an opportunity to watch it tonight but i'm not sure um i'd really love to to see what tna and and w are going to do together um but for my final uh good cop moment I, i'm actually gonna give Cardona and Green's wedding. Everything that Matt Cardona and Chelsea Green have been doing surrounding their wedding online has been gold. Everything about it, especially where they're listening. I know I'm over my 90 now. Where they're no, keep going. It winds in, my up. Keep going. In, insinuating that uh, now Chelsea is having an affair with Joey Janela. It's everything about it is hysterical. The fact that he said, you're my forever hosky on Twitter, everything about it. I'm a huge Zack Ryder fan. I've always been a huge Zack Ryder fan and he will always be Zack Ryder to me, but I'm actually, I'm happy for them and I'm glad that they're living the gimmick with their marriage. Can I, um, can I give a plug to our other guest today? Cause I know we actually got to ask Chelsea Green a question yesterday, I believe, right? Or was it a few days ago? Uh, yeah, a couple of days ago, uh, it was a Wednesday. Um, yeah, I was, I was on the, the, the press pass for Hard to Kill ahead of the, we had Chelsea Green, Rosemary and Tasha Steeles all on, uh, ahead of the Ultimate X women's match. Cause obviously they are three of the six competitors. Um, and I was the third question, like it was the Miami Herald. Then it was uh, Lucha Libre Online. And then they came to me and I was like, fucking hell, quick. Okay, ready. I, like, I expected to be like number nine or ten down the line. And it was me. I was I was before Sean Ross Sapp, so I can retire now, happily, wow. knowing that I beat Sapp to something. Um, yeah, Ch- Chelsea was really cool. They, they were all really cool. Um, there's, I think everyone's got a very negative thing of Chelsea because she's been one of the more outspoken ex-WWE, the, the releases talked a lot of crap about them so they wouldn't let her do this and that and blah 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 blah. but she seemed no she seemed really nice really cool i think i think chelsea lives the gimmick though because a lot of the things she say they wouldn't let her do are so outlandish that i yeah. think she's just it's part of her gimmick at this point you know she when she reverted back to the quote-unquote hot mess gimmick i think she was just going for it because you know, her and Ryder both live the gimmick online. You know, they're 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 so into the. You know, I I love King of the Deathmatch. I love how he's still feuding with GCW as a whole. He's not feuding with necessarily anyone in particular. Matt Cardona is feuding with GCW, which I think is absolutely hysterical to feud with an entire promotion. Chris, did you manage to find anything? Did Google bring anything up? Am I no, going no, um, but RVD's Instagram, like, one post, it's his new wife shaking her ass, and then the next post, it's weed, and then it's just back and forth. It's, there is so much, so much weed content there that I cannot imagine that it's real. All right. Perhaps I had, perhaps it was a dream I had and I didn't manage to associate <laughs> reality and fiction from parts from each other. It's, it's because you went out and you picked up some of uh, RVD's uh, premium marijuana and you were just a little, you were a little out of it. It's okay. 
All right, it, it happens. It's uh, one of those things, right? All right. That might be one of the longest good cop moment sections we've ever had. Perhaps 2022 is going to be a good year for wrestling. All right. Well, I guess we'll have to balance it out, though. We'll have to find out if there's anything that's bad this week. So let's get to those bad cop moments. Good. Bad. Good cops. Here we go. The Terrible Wrestling Takes Podcast is your place for honest commentary about what is on TV, not fantasy booked or what company is pushing who or why I don't like it because it's not what I want. As many shout outs as I get, it's still best to hear it from the bad cop himself, me, Bishop. Head on over to TWTakesPodcast.com and subscribe to your favorite podcast platform. Now back to Graham yelling at Matt for something he hasn't done yet. Hello everybody, this is Micah from the Devoid Brand. Now we aren't just a wrestling podcast, we also have the titular specifically Devoid podcast, our game show that's sweeping across the globe, Devoid Entertainment, and many other select programming you can only find on Specifically Devoid. Make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, Specifically Devoid. I've been me, you've been you, and we'll see you later. You might be a Hall of Famer, Ryan, but we always switch the order for a second round through. Chris, you get to go first. What is your main bad cop moment of the week? Okay, so it's everything that happened with Tony Khan, Big Swole, Leo Rush, um, AEW wrestlers, some of them coming to the defense of Swole, some of them coming to the defense of Khan. It was a bit of a mess. It's not really been sort of... It's just been brushed under the carpet a little bit. No, Khan hasn't come out and apologized um, and and to mix into that as well, the reaction to Jade Cargill winning, I think she was always the plan to be the, the first TBS champion, especially with the way they built her up before it and before all of this big swole mess happened. She's got the look and the charisma. She's an absolutely garbage wrestler, but she you know they've, they've got time to at least make her into something. Um, lots of people are saying that her winning was reactionary because big swole said something about diversity in there. Um, I think Ruby Ruby Soho would have been a better choice, but that might just be because I'm a big fan of her. I think Jade will probably hold the title for a long time. Um, as I say, Tony Khan hasn't apologised yet. For me, the, the the race thing is a separate issue entirely. What annoyed me was him, for lack of a better phrase, um, sucking off Big Swole for a long time, saying how great she was. He was so happy that he'd signed her. He's seen her wrestle for a long time. She's brilliant. She's going to add this and that to the division. And then as soon as she leaves criticizes the company a little bit he basically comes out and says oh i let her go because she was a bad wrestler like these two things are not the same you know um he's a child who cannot take criticism It's, it's, it's that simple he just loses his little fragile mind if anybody doesn't like something that he or his company are putting out so yeah that's that's my main bad thing i think like i say the worst part of it is that it's just sort of been left to linger they haven't just some sort of statement or something. Tony Khan fucking loves tweeting. Why not just tweet a simple apology? He tweets when Fulham win. He tweets when the Jaguars win. He, t- he tweets when he goes to the toilet. You can't stop the guy. You can't get him off, off Twitter. So I don't know why he hasn't just, you know, like I said, put a line under it and moved on from it, really. So, yeah, that's my, my battle. Ryan, I'm sure you've got thoughts on this. No, no, absolutely. And and I'm actually going to be a little professional for once, which is very okay. strange. Um, <laughs> this has been an issue with AEW since day one. Um, 
a lot of people from AEW have shot their mouths on off on social media. And it, it really makes it, it, it really makes you wonder if WWE's we got to find a, a happy middle ground. WWE is very controlling of how their wrestlers are presenting themselves on social media. AEW is not. And there needs to be some sort of middle ground because the, Tony Khan shooting his mouth off and, and saying some really, really hurtful things is not the first time. We saw it from, you know, Nyla Rose is... Uh, uh, you know, I, and I'm not saying Nala Rose is in the wrong because she was attacked by a lot of transphobic assholes on Twitter and she had every right to defend herself, but she just signed a contract with a major wrestling promotion. She needs, you need to dial it back a little bit the way you respond to those trolls, just because you are also presenting yourself as an employee now. Um, Brandy Rhodes she's known for shooting her mouth off on Twitter too. You know, it's uh, Cody's done it. Like, like uh, Janela has been off the rails on Twitter lately. You know, there's a lot of people who just, you are contracted. You have a seven figure contract. You need to, to hold yourself up to a certain level and you need to hold yourself up to a certain standard. And they're not doing that and nobody in AEW has one role that they need to fill and that is a social media coordinator someone who says "Eh, maybe you shouldn't say that you know Tony Khan needs a handler at this point because (laughs) he should be dictating Tony Khan not to get political Tony Khan is acting like Trump was when he was president he is just shooting his mouth off over the stupidest shit, and he needs to shut the fuck up for five minutes. Just be the head of the company. If Vince McMahon did what Tony Khan just did, WWE would be burnt to the ground. People would people would literally just lose their minds but since it's tony it's like no tony was just you know saying what he thinks and he's being honest with us and it's like no tony was being an asshole and tony needs to stop being an asshole because he's the head of a major multi-million dollar wrestling promotion yeah what really bugs me is when people are saying like oh but um you know yeah, you can say this about AEW, but but WWE have always been racist. They've been racist for 50, 60, 70 years, whatever. Like, I get that WWE didn't give many opportunities to, to black people and, and minorities and things like that. Um, if that is what's going on in AEW, of course. But they have at least made huge strides to change that. Look at how many, just in the last year alone, you know, Lashley, Kofi, in the last couple of years, Lashley, Kofi... Um, New Day constantly, Usos constantly, Bianca Belair constantly, Street Profits have been champions recently, loads in NXT, Carmelo Hayes. I could literally go on and on. The last time I tweeted about it, I think I stopped at about 40 names. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, they've made huge strides to change it. It was a different time 70 years ago, blah, 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 all that kind of nonsense. AEW are, like, what, two years old? Just over two years old? Technically three, I think, if you go back to the inception of when they actually came up with everything. There's no excuse... There's literally no excuse to already be getting that criticism and having fans already saying, mm, are you guys racist? Like they should have learned from the mistakes that other companies, WWE specifically, 
have made. These these conversations shouldn't even be happening. And that's why I think a lot of people are saying, oh, did they just put the title on, on Jade Cargill because she's black? Like, it's, it's really bad timing. It doesn't look good. Um, I I like AEW. I just fucking hate their fans. <laughs> and, 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 and I can completely agree. Like, at the end of the day, your world champion, especially, let's just use world champion. Your world champion should be the best wrestler, the best storyteller, the best, you know, the best at their craft, the best in the world at what they do. Do you understand the words that I'm saying? A little Jericho right there. OG Jericho before he got a little weird. Um, it, you know, at the end of the day, yes, that's what you should do. Don't don't put a title on someone for charity. Don't do it just to make yourself look good, but also understand that being a div- a, div- uh, a diverse and an inclusive environment, there are plenty of men and women of color in the wrestling world who are deserving of world champion status. Let's let's talk about one of the OGs, one of the one of the pioneers of inclusivity in wrestling, someone who to the modern fan is a comedy wrestler, R-Truth, Ron Killings, the first NWA World's Heavyweight Champion uh, of, you know, to to go to a a black person. That was huge. And that was in what, 2004? You know, that was a long time ago. And the fact that it took WWE so long, yeah, that's a problem, but they are making strides, you know, and, 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 and that's really awesome to see. Not because, oh, they deserve it because they're black. Oh, they deserve it because they're Hispanic. Oh, they deserve it because they're Asian. They deserve it because they've busted their asses at their craft. Ron, Ron Killings, R-Truth, is one of the best wrestlers on the planet. And you know what? It's okay that he's in a comedy role now because that's what he wants to do. That's what he enjoys doing. You know, if w- if Vince said, actually, we're going to push you to the top and we're going to make you champion, he would be all for it. But he would want to maintain the R-Truthness to it. Yeah. And that's what I love about him. R-Truth is one of my favorite wrestlers who's ever lived, ever since his time in TNA. I love everything he does. And he had his moment. Does he need another one? No. So let's not force it because he's had his moment. Does he deserve a WWE championship run? Absolutely. But he's also pushing. He's got to be pushing 50 at this point. Yeah. He, he, might he don't be look it. <laughs> you know, he don't look like he's pushing 50, but he is, you know, and, and there are a lot of great talent who are the next generation. AEW needs to set themselves up for success in the future. I don't really care that they haven't had a black world champion. What I care about is they don't have a lot of people who they're building towards that, you know, at least on, in, in the men's division, like there, there's no one I can think of Scorpio sky. Scorpio sky is not that great. I'm not a big Scorpio sky fan, especially because he's come out with a lot of fucked up things in the past that people seem to kind of just forget about. Will Um, maybe, Will Hobbs, you know, definitely a possibility, um, you know, but there, there's plenty of people in the Indies, you know, they, they could bring in and they could. John Gresham. Sorry to jump yeah. in. John Gresham. 
Oh, no, no, honestly, you know what? Put the title on D. Bry. Have Daniel Bryan finally dethro- dethrone Adam Page and then bring in Jonathan Gresham to feud with him for the title. That that it writes itself because you want you got old, old school Ring of Honor and new school Ring of Honor for the AEW World Championship. Like shit, I would watch that every day of the week. The technicality of those matches would be unheard of. This would be like watching Dean Malenko versus Dean Malenko. You know, like it's just crazy. But yeah, no, I'm 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 going on a tangent now. I'd be uh, well up for that battle for sure, yeah. Jonathan Gresham is an excellent wrestler. I'm very fortunate to, like I say, see him in my local indie when I started watching, which is one of the reasons why we kept going. We were very fortunate with the names that we had there. Uh, Jordan Grace, who you mentioned earlier as well, we just got so lucky. The first indie we went to was full of uh, stars in the making, as it were. Um, One other situation I do remember with Tony Khan as well, it was the week after we had um, Ella J on uh, Good Cop, Bad Cop. I can't remember the exact question that she asked him, um, but he kind of snapped at her as well um but he did actually apologize for that one as well so i know that one was something about racism i think it was something to do i think it was more sexist in nature um but it shows that he has made apologies previously so it is interesting on this one that he hasn't chose to apologize it was about um an all women's show potential for an aw Ah. show and he basically clapped back and said oh well look what i did to help make nwa empower happen like she just, she just asked, she literally just asked, like, oh, could could it happen one day? Is that something you'd be yeah. interested in doing? And he just, he was just a dick. Yeah, it, that, I would say it shows that he, it, this is not unprecedented, that he comes out with bad answers um, that are inappropriate and uh, don't look good. Um, but yeah, on that one situation, he did choose to apologize. But on this one, he seems to be doubling down as far as I can tell. Mm. Yeah. All right, Ryan, what you got for us as your main bad cop moment of the week? So it's funny because I actually just had to edit myself when I was doing my rant because I almost (laughs) revealed my bad cop moment Um, talking about Gresham versus Daniel Bryan, or I'm sorry, Bryan Danielson, and how it would be the most technical match. I said Dean Malenko versus Dean Malenko. What I really wanted to say was Dean Malenko versus William Regal. Ah, And that is my bad cop moment because I know that William Regal has said nothing but good things and he has asked people not to bash WWE, um, which shows how much of a class act he is as a human being, um, especially someone who has been very open about his trials and tribulations throughout the years about how his life was not good and he was not in a good place. And, you know, both WCW and WWE saved him. Professional wrestling saved him. And regardless of the reasoning behind it, um, William Regal not being in WWE and specifically not being in NXT is a bad cop moment because William Regal is the greatest professional wrestler who never reached the top. Um, William Regal... I have been, for the past couple of years, been slowly, very slowly, moving through WCW starting in 1995. And whenever William Regal, at the time Lord Steven Regal, would come out, it didn't matter if it was a five-minute squash or if it was a 20-minute classic, he put on the best matches on the shows he was on. Um... And 
I think he was the reason he he's the reason all of the women in WWE and NXT have come out and said that William Regal was the guy who was always pushing for them to have more. Um, William Regal was always the guy who was pushing for, you know, top talent in NXT. He was always the guy who was pushing. He always wanted it to be better. Even though we know he was the general manager as an on-screen character, he was the actual general manager of NXT. He was the guy who was sitting there with Triple H and Shawn Michaels, love him or hate him, they're two guys who know wrestling, you know, and between the three of them, that's why we had the glory days of NXT is because of those three guys. And I say specifically because of William Regal. Um, the, 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 the bad cop side of it is really that he's gone, but I think it gets worse where, where's he going to end up? Does he just call it quits now? Because I think that William Regal has earned a break. What I'm worried about happening is another promotion is going to offer him the same kind of role. I'd love to see William Regal in Impact more than anything. I think they need him the most. Um, I do not want to see him in AEW. I do. AEW is a place where people go to be forgotten. Um, it's unfortunate, you know. Uh, you debut, you're a shiny new toy for a couple of weeks, and then you kind of fade off into the sunset and you make uh, appearances. Um, look at Miro. You know, uh, I'm not a, I was never a Miro fan and I was never a Rusev fan, but I said, oh, well, maybe, maybe AEW is a good, good thing for him. He was big for a while and now he's just kind of that guy. And he kind of had this little thing with, Guevara and that kind of went away and then he had this little thing with Aleister Black and that kind of went away and it's just like that's where you go to be well-known enhancement talent you know when was the last time you saw and, and I'm talking Dynamite and Rampage Dark doesn't count to me Dark is a YouTube show it doesn't count to me because the majority of people are going to be watching Dynamite or Rampage when was the last time you saw a lot of these guys get real time on dynamite no you see cm punk who i love i'm a huge cm punk fan you see mjf great awesome and there's this fucking obsession with hook i don't understand um you know and and, and of course everyone's favorite golden son cody oh my god it's cody cody and then fucking tyler breeze's music starts hitting because that's how he sees himself as the best one ever with his fucking selfie stick and his goddamn sledgehammer oh nope i'm gonna grab a golden shovel fuck you i'm sorry i'm sorry i haven't done a cody rant in a while that felt good anyways um what were we talking about uh, Ryan, I'm going to jump in while you collect your thoughts then, because I actually realized I missed something, so I'm going to string my thoughts together before I forget them. Um, yeah, I selfishly also want William Regal to go to uh, Impact as well, and part of the reason is, I, I agree, I don't think he would be good for AEW, but I also realize as well, they often film their shows months in that, they will refilm multiple shows at a time, which will give their chance for their stars to appear on the indie scene. I would love to see William Regal on the indie scene as well, so very selfishly, I would like to see him go to Impact for that reason. And um, you mentioned Quit. Uh, 
uh, swole earlier, uh, Chris. That was the point I was wanting to get back to and totally forgot. Um, I do actually have tickets in February to see. Now she's got opportunities as well. She's going to be co-main eventing with uh, Trisha Dora uh, in DC. So I already got tickets for that one. I'm very excited for that one. Um, so yeah, I wanted to string a couple of things together that I thought about that were related to the Indies before I forgot them again. I need to keep a notepad by myself. I'm getting old, as Matt likes to remind me. I keep forgetting things. So is Matt. So am I. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. All I will say about Regal is, um, oh, like I'm, I'm an absolutely massive fan. He's always been my number one UK wrestler of all time. Um, but I get the change. I get, I get why it happened. They're changing NXT for better or for worse, whatever you want to look at it. So I understand the whole out of the old in with the new. It was a shock. I think it was a shock because it was just like, boom, so out of the blue. Nobody expected it because we were like, oh, yeah, he's working backstage. Sure, he's not on screen anymore. Whatever, he's not the GM. Uh, same with Samoa Joe as well. Um, so, yeah, for me, it was more the shock. I'm not I'm not angry. I'm not upset. Um, like you say, Ryan, I think he really, more than anyone in the business, maybe, deserves a break. He's given 21 years to WWE. He definitely deserves some time off. I'd love to see him not go to any company anytime soon in the next few years, come back to the UK and do his um, his tours. You know, he does his, like, um, one-man show, spoken word tour kind of things, telling his stories. I'd love to see him go back to doing stuff like that. Actually, yeah, he could, um, I think at this point of his career, too, you know, talking about not signing with any particular company, pull a Bischoff, you know? Yeah, show up, Show up places sometimes, because Bischoff has been in both WWE and AEW in 2021. Like Bischoff's playing both sides of the field because he knows he is a legend. He knows he has that pull and he doesn't want to sign a contract. He wants to show up, do something with wrestling. Cause obviously someone like Eric Bischoff, you don't work in the business that long without giving a shit, you know, he wants to do something in wrestling, but he doesn't want to have to travel. He doesn't have to show up every week. He shows up, he does his bit, he goes home. Regal would be great for that. You know, show up every now and then in AEW, show up every now and then in Impact, show up every now and then in, in WWE. Do your thing. He Regal has changed professional wrestling for the better over his 30-year career. And he shouldn't necessarily be somewhere. He is a treasure too good enough to, to hoard to one company. Let William Regal be William Regal. Love professional wrestling and train. Maybe he should open his own school. Maybe that's what he should do. Open his own school. Just train a new generation. You know, uh, either way, I'm, I'm happy that William Regal has been in our lives as long as he has. And I'm hoping that this isn't goodbye. It's just see you later. See you later. Yeah. Um, I have the tweet that you mentioned, Ryan. I took a picture earlier. I was like, I'm sure this is going to come up at some point. So I wanted to make sure I had the exact word in. Uh, thank you to at WWE for a wonderful 21 year run. You gave a lad who was happy and in a wonderful wonderland wrestling on a carnival, have a charmed life for 21 years. No complaints, and please no one waste time replying as I won't have a bad word said against the company. He actually said a bad work said against the company, but I think that was just a typo. No, it's, it's, it's true. And class is a really, really great way to put it. He is, uh, let's check, 53 years old. 
And, you know, just going for mainstream success, um, he started wrestling for WCW in 1993. Wrestled there until 1998. Went to the WWF for one year. Went back to WCW until they got purchased. And then stayed with WWF until he was released. He genuinely just wanted to be a wrestler, be a personality. And, and that's, you know, he's a, he is, he's a class act. I I've never, ever, I don't think I've ever heard someone say something negative about him. I don't think it's ever happened. Every wrestler, if William Regal is on their tongue, they're saying something positive. Um, I, I just, I'm so happy that I got to grow up watching William Regal. And I'm so happy that he was on my TV well into my mid to late 30s. You know, it's just awesome. Awesome. You know, but it's still a bad cop moment just because yeah. I'm going to miss him. I'm going to miss him. You know what I'm going to miss? Him coming out. And we all know. We all know it's going to happen where he's like, you guys and you guys, you're pissing me off. You know what that means? War games. You know, like, it's just, he had that thing, you know, we all knew what he was going to say. You know, the crowd going, oh, as he's about to say war games, we know what he's going to say, but we're still excited that he's going to say it, you mm -hmm. know, and the, the, the only the only thing that used to come anywhere close to Regal saying war games was um, before it was like a thing was the, the, the pop for um, I'm going to use Undertaker and Triple H, you know, you, you know, you want to match with me, you want to match with me at WrestleMania, you got it under one condition, hell in a cell. Like that that feeling we used to get when, oh my God, it's going to be a Hell in a Cell match. Because we don't get that anymore. It's just, oh, it's October. All right, time for a Cell match. Um, the closest we got was Rollins and, and Edge. You know, because that surprised me. I did not think they would do a Hell in a Cell match, not at Hell in a Cell. Um, but Regal and War Games in the WWE sense is going to be connected forever for me. All right, um, my bad cop moment is probably the least scripted section I've ever had, and that's kind of been uh, deliberate. Um, Chris, you're probably not aware of this, but um, I wasn't even sure if I was going to be recording Good Cop, Bad Cop this week. Um, I spoke with Ryan yesterday, and I was like, give me 24 hours and let me, uh, let me see how I feel. Um, this is probably more my open agenda than a bad cop moment specifically. Um, this is we've talked about before how wrestling is great for escapism. You can have a really shitty week. You can be having lots of things going on in your life, but at the end of the day, you can watch wrestling and it can take you out of it for two, three hours or however long you're watching the show for. And I mentioned at the start that I'd watched a lot of wrestling, and it was pretty much for that exact reason. Um, something happened this week that probably could have happened any time in the last eight years, and finally it was this week. Um, I got notification on uh, Monday that my uh, dad's health was really, really bad. And um, on Wednesday, I was given the information that he had 24 hours to live. And then on Thursday evening, I received notification that he had passed. So it was kind of a really long week. Um, 
it turns actually into a, a good cop moment. Uh, the bad cop moment, obviously, is here's a passing, and it's the things that go with that. Um, the good cop side that goes with it, which is why it's more my open agenda, is in many ways it was a blessing. He'd had ill ill health for many years, and um, it, it was his time. He didn't have a good standard of living for his last few years. Um, but I want to talk about some of the good things that went with it. Um, I didn't post anything on Twitter at all, um, deliberately. I'd stayed quiet on Facebook deliberately as well. Um, I was still interacting with people, and the escapism I got from people on Twitter as well was beautiful. Um, it was a chance to just joke around, be goofy, and it was what I needed this week. Uh, when I did finally announce on Facebook that my dad had passed, I was kind of overcome with the kind words from multiple people who responded, um, friends from England, friends from America, friends who I've made on Twitter as well, who were also on Facebook as well. Um, but perhaps even the most surprising of all was wrestlers. Um, with some of the interviews that I've done with Mason, I've become, I want to say, Facebook friends. I will certainly say that. And I think without exception, um, every single one of them, not just kind of put a caring comment, they actually wrote a physical comment, sorry for your loss. Um, I had a couple of people who actually privately DM'd me as well, just to add that extra little personal touch as well. And it really brought together like the whole wrestling experience. I know we do talk negatively about wrestling Twitter. There is a very good side to it as well. I think there is a very, if we take our closest people on Twitter, um, it really can be a very positive experience. And that's certainly something I felt this week. Um, I want to link this into wrestling a little bit. Um, I, we probably wouldn't be talking right now if it wasn't for my dad. Um, he got me watching World of Sport in the mid-80s. Uh, that was what was on at lunchtime. We would watch that. We'd have a lunch. We'd watch wrestling. Uh, it took me to a show, a uh, local show, where we got to see Big Daddy, Giant Haystacks, the kind of the big people in the day at that time. And um, that kind of what got me hooked. And then when I came to America and it's bigger and better and you got WWE, um, and that's what got me with Mason as well. I was like, hey, I think we can connect over this as well. And obviously it has worked. The, the bad cop moment of this is last time we were in England, I asked my dad about his kind of association with wrestling because now we have a wrestling podcast. I wanted to find out. Um, and his response was, yeah, I didn't really like wrestling. It was the only thing that was on TV at the time. And I think that will kind of be my uh, final moment from my dad. But I thought there was going to be some story about how he loved different wrestlers. He loved the camaraderie. He loved the heels versus the faces, that sort of thing. And uh, no, nah, it just turned out the mid 80s in England, there was only like three, four channels at that time. And um, that's all that was on. So yeah, my bad cop of my moment of the week was um, my dad passing. I'm still dealing with it. I, I feel better today than I did yesterday, and I'll feel better tomorrow than I did today. Um, but it's one of those things that it happens to everybody at some point, and I'm just going to move on. Now, there is no way I would ask you guys to follow that with your speed check. So I'm going to go ahead and do my speed check because I do have something for 90 uh, seconds. Be before, before, you know, sure. I just want <clears throat> to... You know, and and I, I think that's that's something that's that's really special too, because I think a lot of people um, have a similar story to that, where their 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 dad was the one who got them into wrestling, whether they liked it or not. Mm -hmm. It was always something where adults and kids can enjoy it together because it, there's there is a little bit of something in wrestling for everyone you know and and you know because that's how i my father and i 
I don't want to say we had a strange relationship growing up, but we didn't have anything in common at all. Uh, like he he was a hard worker. I'm me, you know, like stuff like that. But one thing that we always watched together was wrestling, you know, and he doesn't like it nearly as much as I did, but uh-huh. he still watched it with me, you know, and and that was always our moment. So like to hear that, you know, you had a similar situation growing up is really is really cool to me and and you know that's uh that 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 definitely is a a a good cop moment you know for a very 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 bad cop situation it it is and i'm gonna say there there was nothing else i could have really included this week like i don't have an open agenda segment um it was something i needed to talk about um it wasn't something i was sure i was even going to be able to talk about i was worried would i even break down in the middle of it um but yeah it it was something that needed it was something that needed saying i didn't put it out on twitter but i i I did kind of need to my my stuff has been jokey this week um and that's just kind of i guess my coping mechanism i've been putting out goofy food takes like i normally do and uh stupid memes that i see and it hasn't really been too serious and to suddenly throw that out just i don't know it didn't seem to fit in with everything so hey I left it like that. All right, my bad cop moment short. Um, shouldn't New Year's Eve be on New Year's Eve? I don't know. It just seems so close. And instead of being on January 4th or whatever it was on. Now, I'm going to channel Matt here because since he's not here to speak, he's been said this multiple times. You don't put your best stuff out for free. You save it for a pay-per-view. Now, New Year's Eve clearly had a pay-per-view name to it, but it wasn't a pay-per-view. Uh, perhaps it's that phrase you used earlier that I can't remember, Ryan. Um, an exclusive Premium event. live event. There you go. Thank you. Now, the reason it's my bad cop moment is it was great from what I saw, but I only got to see highlights on TV. I only got to see highlights on YouTube because I don't have cable. Um, so I couldn't even see the whole thing. Now, as a fan of wrestling, and I know I only pay $5 a month on Peacock, which is ridiculously cheap, I want to be able to see that, and I can't see it right now. So, so to me, that makes no sense that you would actually have an event that's like that, but then don't have possibly your key fans being able to watch it. Now, I guess the argument could be, well, you don't get to watch it each week anyway. And you're right. I don't get to watch it each week. But I would think something like that that has a pay-per-view feel to it, I feel as a wrestling fan and as somebody who pays for the network, that I should be able to watch. And I got one unsure moment that I wanted to ask you guys as well. You talked about all the releases, and I, I, this is why I lost track of things and why I had to cut Chris off. I was like, hey, let me talk about these two things before I forget about it. Here was my third one. Why, why did Joe get released a day later? Did they just forget? Was the list so long they just started reading out names and then someone's like, oh, shoot, well, you know who we forgot to mention? We forgot to mention Joe. Why did he get released by himself? He did get released on the Wednesday, but for whatever reason, they only announced it on the Thursday. Oh, okay. Yeah. Don't know why. Don't know what what happened there. Fightful, Fightful confirmed it. Said that he was released with everybody else. They ran out of characters on their on their Twitter feed. <laughs> I, I don't think they even they don't really announce it, do they? They don't put it on their news page. WWE doesn't do anything. They kind of give it to somebody else, and then they announce who's actually been left. So yeah, that obviously would be- uh, it depends on what they're doing. Like with the um with the Black Tuesday stuff that they usually do every year. Um, they usually will make the announcements as chunks on WWE.com where it'll say like the following people have been released. And then an hour later they say the following people have been released. Um, It's funny though, because you don't hear about it's a, it's a very specific sports thing or sports related 
thing, making an announcement of who's being cut and who's being released. Because you don't hear about that on a lot of other things. You don't hear about producers on a TV show being released. You know, mm-hmm. you don't hear about writers being released on a on a sitcom, even though it happens all the time. They say, you know, your contract is up. We want to bring in fresh blood and we're not going to continue. You're, you're not a writer for the show anymore. You know, it happens all the time, you know, but professional wrestling it's it's a thing it's part of it and i don't really understand why i I, personally i just i don't get it um i don't know it 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 sucks that people are, are losing their jobs um we all know what's happening is vince finally looked over and saw nxt and went oh money I can make money off of this and he wants to make it more of a wwe product i don't I, I, I neither agree nor disagree with their decisions. It's it is what it is. It's business. Um, I really do understand that, and I understand that they are trying to trim it down to be something a little more manageable. Yeah, because they had a huge roster, over three brands plus trainees. They've got a huge roster, um, and. I'm trying to be positive. I'm trying to say like, okay, it'll give more individuals time to shine now because they're not fighting for, you, you don't have so many people fighting for so few spots. Yeah. Um, kind of like it was during the Attitude Era. Because WCW had the same thing. They just had too many people where it was just like people didn't get featured. Um, AEW has the same problem right now. They've got too many people. They've got four shows and there's still people who aren't being featured. You have too many people. I, I think when you're a company that has the history of WWE and when you're releasing 10 people at a time and you've done it like 10 times in the last year, I think that's more newsworthy than somebody being dropped from a, a, a comedy special. I, I think it is, the I'm going to say, isn't it the longest running episodic program on TV or something like it that? It is, it is. So but I, I think it's a little different when it's as many people as it is. So. Oh, I agree. And especially because a lot of these people are known to the public. You know, whereas, like, we don't know all of the writers on Scrubs. You know, we just, you know, we don't know. We know the head writer because their name's in the credits, you know. um, But staff writers, like, a lot of those names, you see them at the end of the episode when they're flashing all of those names at the end. They say, like, oh, yeah, by the way, these people worked on the show, too. Bye. You know, like, you don't. They're not in the opening credits. They're not in the slow credits at the end. They're the other people. But, like, producers for WWE and writers for WWE, like, for the most part, most of those people's names are unknown. We don't know who they are. But they still get announced with Mm -hmm. WWE. Um, You know, like, I understand Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe's had a legendary career. Samoa Joe not being there is newsworthy. But, you know, Bill, Bill, Bill Smith, who was a a third tier writer on SmackDown, they'll still announce it, though, even though, like, nobody knows who this person is. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I just think it's interesting the way they do it. Um, 
Let yeah. me ask you this. I'm going to ask you if you can do it quickly, which I know might be more challenging. Um, it's true. Um, Chris mentioned uh, Scotty Too Hotty and him appearing. I think it was GCW he actually appeared at. Correct. Yep. Um, he he left. Basically, he asked if he could be released a month ago, two months ago, whenever it was. My timeline's kind of a little bit messed up. If he hadn't have asked for that, do you think that he would also have been released with those 10 people or 11 people, however many it was? I mean, it's possible. It seems like WWE's focus now is on a new guard, whereas a lot of their producers, trainers, and stuff are former employees. And yeah. what they're trying to do is keep one or two to kind of handle the talent side of things. Um, but WWE also has a completely different mentality with their training structure. They go, they they really have a big push right now of bringing in fresh talent people who are not from the indies, people who aren't from other promotions, because they want to train them in the WWE style, as opposed to, you know, it, it's, you know, it, it's harder to teach an old dog new tricks than yeah. it is to teach a puppy. Uh -huh. You know, that's what they want. They want puppies right now. Um, and, and, you know, guys like Adam Cole, and Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish and Johnny Gargano and even Tommaso Ciampa, who, let's be honest, is probably on his way out the door as well. Yep. Those are guys who have been doing this for a long time. And that's why NXT was so good, because they weren't wrestling the WWE style. They were wrestling the Ring of Honor style. Mm -hmm. They were wrestling the indie style. And that's why we liked it so much. And that's not what Vince wants vince wants wwe wrestlers and it doesn't matter you know you got to think who's who are his two top stars right now roman reigns and brock lesnar two guys for the most part who came up in the wwe developmental system not through the indies you know like it's it's just what they like you know yeah it is what it is. It's fine. You know, I'm glad to hear that Kevin Owens just re-signed because mm -hmm. I think Kevin Owens is one of those guys where he's just too good either way to let go. Um, you know, Adam Cole was always going to leave because Adam Cole is like, oh, I can stay here and make the money and do my thing. Or I can go over there where I get to work with my friends and my girlfriend. Yeah. It was an obvious choice for Adam Cole of yeah. where to go because he wanted to be with the Bucks because he's been friends with them for years. He wanted to be with with uh, Britt. I'm sorry, Doctor Britt Baker, <clears throat> DMD. You know, he wanted to be there with these people he's come up with, and totally understand it. You know, not a bad thing to say to Adam Cole because he worked, he built NXT up, and then he moved on. Yeah, yeah. I'm wondering how long your answer would have been if I hadn't have said the word quickly after it. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you got 90 seconds if there's anything else that you want to talk about that you would consider a bad cop moment of the week. You know, it's... Obviously, the releases are bad. Um, it, to to kind of, like, try to hit everyone, I think the only not bad... Uh, is Impact. Impact has been keeping their nose down and not causing too many negative waves within the industry. Um, oh, dear God. 106. Gotcha. Um, you know, 
obviously AEW feels like they're constantly shooting themselves in the foot. Vince, it's week to week. Sometimes it seems like he knows what he's doing. Other times he's doing things like releasing 100 people. Um, and I know it's not Vince's fault. There's, you know, a board of directors. You know, a lot of people put that on Vince. It's not Vince. It's the company. It's Nick Khan, let's be honest. Um, you know, bad cop moment, uh, Kenta's finger. Ugh. That hurt me when I saw it online and him missing uh, some action sucks. Um, just just found out, breaking news now, bad cop moment, Sasha Banks out for probably six to eight weeks with a foot injury. Oh. Um, just got back and bye-bye Sasha. Um, that sucks. Now Sasha's, uh, sitting with Bailey doing nothing and, uh, hate to hear, hate to see that. Um, and you know what? We'll just finish one second with Tony Khan. <laughs> um, I think that's probably the main bad cop moment of this week. And I, I had a feeling that it was neither of our specialities that on a week where there's a three day uh, Wrestle Kingdom that it hasn't really been talked about at all, with the exception of that. Ma- I assume Kenta was wrestling at Wrestle Kingdom. My limited knowledge. I'm not sure exactly what happened. All I know is that it looked like a I think it wasn't a broken finger. It was a dislocated and not like at the the main knuckle it was like the middle knuckle was dislocated um it looks bad it did not look pleasant in any way yeah and i hate to see injuries i i really don't like injuries um actually that's another uh bad cop was uh i don't know whoever friggin seamus's buddy there is whose name i always forget because he's fairly irrelevant um 30 seconds into his match at day one, having his nose shattered, Uh, you know, and and I saw it as soon as he got hit. I was like, that didn't look good. And he turned over and the blood was already pooling on the ring. And I was like, that's a broken nose right there. And that's a really bad broken nose. And that's actually my uh, my I've seen broken legs. I've seen broken arms. I've seen broken necks. I've seen dislocated fingers. I've seen everything in professional wrestling that make me go, ooh, that's not good. Um, broken noses are my least favorite because it's my biggest fear is breaking my nose because it's a very solid bone that should not move. Mm-hmm. And when it does, it freaks me out. Um, Rollins breaking Cena's nose. Uh, still haunts me to this day because his he already had a big nose and his nose moved about three inches to the to the left and I just don't like it. <laughs> all right, that wraps up all our bad cop moments. Good. Bad. We're yeah. the, the brain, brain buster, buster boys. boys. Check us out on the Visionaries Global Media Network. We are a wrestling podcast, kind of, that uh, covers AEW and other things. But, oh, more than that. And we deal with the pesky show business of making a wrestling podcast, the struggles, the ups and downs, the good days, the bad days, the frustrations, and the triumphs. And more than anything, we have a lot of fun, damn it. We have a lot of fun, yeah. All Elite Wrestling. We've done a little World Wrestling Entertainment. Wasn't that entertaining, but whatever, you know. (laughs) Bye so bye. Listen to the, so listen to the show. Good. Bad. 
All right, it's just me for fan cop moments. Uh, let's start with uh, JC at Jeremy in time 721. Uh, good cop, day one and New Year's Evil were awesome. WWE enters the forbidden door. And bad cop, Phoenix and Jake Atlas injuries. And Big E takes the pin at day one. Uh, Glenn Abbott, DDT bestie, A-W-I-P-H-O-F. Uh, best cop moment, uh, I hope I pronounced this right, Maiko Satamura versus Blair Davenport. And hashtag bad cop moment, Imperium losing to MSK and Riddle, and the women's triple threat at New Year's Evil. I thought we were going to probably talk a little bit more about, particularly Imperium and uh, MSK and Riddle, but it didn't really come up too much. Um, at UTT Rob, best cop moment, the forbidden door opening between WWE and Impact, and worst cop moment, the new regular releases. Yep, the now regular releases, sorry. And the WTF cop moment, Macaulay Culkin claiming WWE called him to consult on creative. Ooh, I missed that story i'd like to know a little bit more about that to be honest um high five tom at high five tom uh good cop roddy and mellow had a banger hashtag justin was right hashtag bad cop uh fexix i assume that's felix is it and uh oh phoenix and uh, jake atlas getting hurt uh hashtag good news both injuries seem not too bad um an amazeballs cop moment i get to meet tommy end in may oh that is cool i'll have to ask you a little bit more about that hashtag celebrate pro wrestling hashtag our side of the IWC, hashtag right side of the IWC. Uh, Dan Griffin, best cop moment, Okada having an absolute banger two nights in a row at Wrestle Kingdom and walking out champion. And save night one from being a stinker and called off a stellar night two. Absolutely the right call for New Japan. And hashtag worst cop moment, William Regal being released from NXT. Glad we had a little bit more from New Japan. I think we needed it this week. Uh, JCB at BFR JCB. Good cop moment. Amazing week of wrestling, including my first Noah match. Think I got a new shiny toy now. Um, I just saw, and totally forgot in my speed check, I went to include that Ninja Mac had signed for Noah as well. Um, yeah, that might be something that I'm that my, my introduction into Noah as well now. Perhaps I'll have to talk to you about that, JCB. And hashtag bad cop moment. Watching Big E eat the pin. It feels like Kofi all over again. At the point where WWE isn't a mandatory watch and I'm ready to stop. Uh, Cherry Jerry, best cop moment. Jade Cargill wins. Worst cop moment. Triple H's friends getting fired. And stupid cop moment. Mickey James in the rumble. Uh, we all certainly talked about that. Uh, Justin, uh, time. 211. Uh, best cop moment. New Year's Evil and Day One were both excellent shows. Uh, worst cop moment. Tony Khan and how he needs to learn to keep his mouth shut. And shout out to at It's My Wrestle Pod and at Nish Guy. Thank you for doing that. And thank you to everybody who responded this week. And we'll put out a tweet similar time next week if you want to share your moments with us as well. All right, um, the show's kind of ran a little long, which I think that happens when you're on, Ryan. I think that <laughs> I think that's inevitable that's going to happen. Uh, we're going to skip the open agenda round. We're going to get straight to the devil's advocate round. Um, in the last five minutes, um, I think Chris has got technical difficulties. So, um, yeah, we were kind of going to do a couple of open agendas, but we'll just go straight to the devil's advocate round. So, um, yeah, this is, where, this is normally where Matt takes over. I haven't done this in a long time. This is where we give a hot wrestling take to the other person that they have to defend for 20 seconds i don't know why we say whether they believe it or not because clearly they do not believe it um and you basically you have to fill the 20 seconds and you have to say it as if you would actually believe it uh any problems with this this week's uh guest uh, lawyer will be 
I didn't even think about it. At its dying format, I'm hoping that's Micah Pellegrini's. Uh, go watch his show in kayfabe. Very funny. Um, a legal side twist on wrestling. So that's why I'm picking him this week. All right, Ryan. I know we have uh, ones prepared for each other. I know you're an old hand at this because you've done this before. Um, I'll give you the choice. Would you like to go first or second? Would you like to deliver a devil's advocate or would you like to receive a devil's advocate? I think I'm going to deliver first. Um, so give me one second. I'm just kind of formatting to make it as <laughs> difficult as possible. No, you um, told us ahead of time that you, cause I asked you, do you have them? And you're like, I never do. I think of them during the show. So basically I you really do. You use something that we say in the episode against us. So that's pretty smart, actually. Usually, yeah. But honestly, nothing nothing really came up. Um, if you pick uh, anything from my main bad cop moment, then you're a dick. Uh, it... <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the one I had for Chris was way better. For you, your devil's advocate is... And this is actually... It's funny because what... I truly actually think that this could be a, a positive thing. Um, <clears throat> so you give me a softball? Uh, yes and no. Um, but it's going to make you think and it's going to make you uh, open up your, uh, your, your, inner, your inner being a little bit. Um, okay. WWE will use their partnership with Impact far better than AEW ever could. Well, I think that's a pretty much a given anyway, because what does uh, Vince hate more than anything else? Competition. So if he's got a chance to stick it to Tony Khan, he's obviously going to take that opportunity. And what better way to do it than show you how to truly use talent from other organizations? So I think he's definitely going to use this opportunity to make sure he capitalizes on that and basically just give a middle finger to Khan. Very nice. And that's I pretty think, much how I, I was thinking about it, too. Yeah, I, I think it's uh, my only problem with it. And I didn't really talk about it. I talked with uh, Bishop from TW Takes this morning about it for quite a while. My uh, main problem with it was more the, how badly they treated Mickey. And then that's the person they're bringing back. I think if it had been anyone besides Mickey, I would have been a little bit more understanding. Like, I don't know. Perhaps they've apologized and said, look, we're sorry. That was not supposed to happen. You weren't supposed to get your stuff put in a trash bag and sent to you. We value you far more highly than that. We respect you for um, I guess we'll never really know what happened there. So I guess once I kind of saw it at that side, it might be Vince using the uh, olive branch and handing it out. And I'd, I'd be okay with that. But How um, much of that, too, though, was... You know, like, obviously that was shitty. That The way yeah. they did that was shitty. Um, how much of it, though, was also maybe it wasn't that big of a deal, but uh -huh. Mickey was upset for being released. Th this is kind of a devil's advocate for this. Sure. You know, because she, her emotions were high Yeah. when that happened. And yeah. it was just, like, one more, like, slap in the face. And it was, you know, because to me, if a company treated me and, it, 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 you know, I, you know, she receives her stuff in a trash bag. Mm -hmm. Fast forward. Now she's appearing in the rumble. There had to have been something in between that. There had to yeah. have been, like you said, someone reached out yeah. and said, Mickey, we are so sorry. That was not our intention in any way. You know, please accept our humblest apologies. You know, it should not have been. Because let's be honest, the person who's cleaning out a locker at a show or, things from the trailer that kind of follows them around with all of their gimmicks and gear and all that stuff. 
how much you want to bet it's a fucking intern that does that? Oh, of course. You know, yeah. I don't think Vince McMahon is Vince emptying out their locker. <laughs> you know, but you could have just put it in a cardboard box and then sealed it up and then sent it to. It was just handled so poorly. It probably no, didn't it have a cardboard box at the time, and that was the only thing that was available. I, I don't know, but it just it didn't it didn't it didn't sit well with me at the time, and it still doesn't. Yeah, but obviously something between now and then has happened. Uh-huh. Because if yeah. that was truly the case and that was the end, Mickey would not be showing up in three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Period. Yeah. Unless, you know, because we also don't know what's the agreement between WWE and Impact. We yeah. have no idea what that agreement is. You know, yeah. up until last night, it was literally not a thing. And yeah. not only was it not a thing, from from a perspective of someone who watches WWE, it was something that with 0% chance of happening. Yeah. A contracted impact wrestler on WWE programming. It was never going to happen. 100%. And now it is. Because AEW, it made sense. They're the new guys. You know, working with Impact, working with New Japan, that makes all the sense in the world because you want to bring eyes to your product. WWE yeah. doesn't necessarily need eyes on their product. And they could have easily just said, former women's champion, former Divas champion, Mickey James will be in the Rumble, and never, ever mention that she's an impact right now. That's yeah. what they usually do. Yeah. But they're fully saying, this is an impact wrestler who happens to be a former WWE wrestler who is going to be in the Rumble. That's what makes it really surprising. Um, let me give you, I, I just realized I had an extra unsure moment that I wanted to ask you. When I was watching um, the Money in the Bank from 2016, um, on the pre-show was uh, Booker T. His Twitter handle is at BookerT5X. Now, I assume that's because he was like a five-time champion or something. But the caption under his name said he was a six-time world champion and a four-time US champion. So why is his Twitter handle at BookerT5X? Any ideas? Um, it's because it was his gimmick for a while, because he would do his whole, uh, I am the five-time, 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 five-time world champion. So I think because it was his gimmick, that's why he, you know, he keeps his, uh, his Twitter handle as that, because from what I understand, yeah, he won the WCW championship um, in WCW four times. Uh-huh. He won the WCW championship in WWE one time. That's when uh-huh. he started doing the five-time gimmick. Yep. Because it was still in WCW, or in WWE's eyes, it was still the WCW championship at the time. So he's a five-time WCW champion, and then he won the WWE World Heavyweight Championship Uh once. Gotcha. So that that's that's the you know that's how I understood it Um, because he held he held the U.S. title three times in WWE, but he also held it in WCW. Uh huh. Um, you know he was a. you know, three time, um, you know, it, it's hard to like you look at his tag team and that's when it gets really impressive because he was a three time 
WWE tag team champion when it was the world tag team championships. Um, then he held the WCW tag team championships in WWE as well, but then he held it 10 times as Harlem heat in WCW. So like, and that's the problem when WWF absorbed WCW, a lot of the title reigns got a little weird because the WCW world heavyweight championship is different than the WWE world heavyweight championship, but it was also defended in WWE because the invasion was insane. Let me give you your devil's advocate then. I'm surprised this hasn't actually come up at any point in the show today, but all right. Um, AEW honored Betty White at the start of their show this week, but why? The only white we should be talking about in a wrestling show is clearly Jay. I'm letting the time run out. I refuse. <laughs> I refuse. I absolutely refuse to defend Jay White in any way. One and over. Oh, oh I, think, I didn't think for one second that your internet cooked, cut out. I did not doubt that for one second. But I nearly um, ruined it at the start by asking you, like, um, can you tell us, give you your latest update on Jay White? And I was like, no, there's no way I'm doing that. Yeah, it was weird. That was not my intention when I started. I was going to do something about Betty White. And then suddenly I was like, oh, my gosh, that's the same last name. I was like, I'm definitely uh, playing that. I'm playing that as a win for me then. Uh, Matt did yeah, the same no. thing. He refused to talk about CM Punk the other week. So, uh... Oh, shit. Gimmick infringement. Um, I do think it was weird, though, that AEW honored Betty White because yeah, she has no connection with <laughs> AEW in any Zero. way. She, she co-hosted Raw multiple times, I think. I think she was she on did? Raw more than once. Oh, I didn't know that. Huh. Yeah, did you know she was on Raw? No, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, no. Betty, Betty White has appeared on on raw and i th honestly i really think it's been more than once um oh. it's uh hold on let's see um like, I understand that she's a beloved figure, and I understand that it was a real shame that she was, I think, 17 days away from reaching her 100th birthday. Yes, yes. And I understand that from all the shows that she's done, an illustrious career, um, a real trendsetter, um, um, a real pioneer from way back in the 50s um, on a lot of social issues as well. And I understand all of that. But, yeah, why why she would get an introduction at the start of AEW um, did seem very bad. That could have easily just been a bad cop moment like why did you do that it seemed like it was basically people said it was for a cheap pop and it kind of seemed like that a little bit yeah. like uh, we're going to tug on your heartstrings because we know you love betty white um but there's no real connection for it at all it did seem yeah. a very bizarre moment so uh, maybe i was wrong maybe she only appeared once um but yeah she she was the guest host remember when i don't know if you do remember but wwe went on a long string where they like guest hosts were kind yeah. of their thing yeah. um yeah she she guest hosted monday night raw in 2014 uh -huh. um and it was really entertaining and <laughs> it, like i'm just looking at the image right now and it was just it was a lot of fun like she got cool. to do a promo with the big show. Um, she obviously like she had some screen time with the uh, with the women's division. Um, it was a lot of fun. I wasn't a huge fan of the guest host era of Raw because a lot of them were really stupid. The standouts to me were um, uh, Hugh Jackman and uh, Betty White. 
Um, uh-huh. But she has a connection. She's appeared on WWE programming. Yeah. So yeah. it makes sense that WWE would release a press release and, you know, and talk about her. Um, but AEW, like, I can't, I can't think of any connections to AEW. The only even connection to the roster I can really think about is the big show. And even him, he's what a commentator on dark i don't even know if he still does that it, you I'm know sure. it, it, it's yeah. it's tenuous it, at best you know it's it's such a it's such an interesting thing um funny enough story um his wikipedia page uh usually when they leave wwe they change their wikipedia you know the wikipedia gets changed to whatever name they're currently performing under but his is actually listening he's more known as the big show than he is as as paul white um but yeah he is currently uh signed with aew um the last time uh, the last time it's being listed as at least wrestling um i don't know if he's still doing dark but the last time he appeared in ring was september 1st um yeah and it looks like it's actually mark henry who's doing commentary with shia shiavani Mm -hmm. on uh um let's see commentators uh oh no it's all three of them right now as of october 11th um but yeah it's you know that's the only connection that i can think of and i don't really see like and obviously she deserves all of the praise that she got from everyone, you know, because, you know, like you said, Betty White is more than just a nice, very nice. Um, Betty White is more than just a, uh, you know, an actress. Um, she did a lot for, like you said, you know, for inclusivity. You know, yeah. she she was a, an animals rights activist. She was so much to so many people. You know, for me, Betty White was, you know... It was literally, literally probably the only thing that my grandmother and I shared in common was the Golden Girls was a fun show to watch. Uh-huh. You know, um, she transcended generations. She transcended TV. She transcended comedy. Um, so now I've turned this into a, you know, my devil's advocate is <laughs> agreeing with everyone that Betty White was fucking awesome. All right, let um, me ask you this then. So um, I'm, I don't think I don't know if it's called Rampage when it's on a Saturday. I know the AEW show is going to be on Saturday. Do you think that they're going to acknowledge uh, Sidney Poitier who died um, this week as well? He's obviously very impactful as well. Um, I don't know. I I, I don't think it, they are. It's it's weird because you know once again a transcendent. Um, actor and director and writer, um, someone who broke cultural boundaries um, well before a lot of other people, you know, I mean, he was a legend. And, you know, we were just talking about this earlier um, about how he was acting in a time where Black folks were typically relegated to the comedy sidekick um or the servant 
or one of these other things in cinema and in television. And while all of his contemporaries were stuck in those roles, he was a leading man, you know, and, and a, a legend in film. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if AEW maybe made a, a mention of him. Um, but he, as far as I know, has zero connection to professional wrestling. Unless maybe zero. he's a fan. Like maybe he's a fan. Because I could understand if he was like an outspoken like fan of the thing of 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 professional wrestling. Uh-huh. Bring him up. The one thing I can say, and this would actually be interesting if AEW said anything about him, the only connection he may have to professional wrestling and to have professional wrestling um, bring him up is what he has done for um, television and movies, storytelling, you know, um, I could understand them being like, as a pioneer in film and television, um, we we honor the um, uh, the legacy uh, of Sidney Poitier. Um, I can see that, but that would be the only connection, as far as I can tell, that he would have with anything related to wrestling. Um, yeah. You know, I I wouldn't doubt it if they didn't if they said something. Um, however, if they do, I feel like it is going to fall flat because I do not think it makes a lot of sense unless they say once again the way he transcended racial boundaries in entertainment. Yeah. It was probably about 15 minutes ago that I gave you your devil's advocate, but I think it would be a miss if I didn't at least ask you for your update on Jay White, though. I know you last did one on December 31st, but that's... that's yeah, um, let me let me check my notes. Uh, okay. Okay, so... We want Cody, Cody, Cody Berry. Yep, okay. No, no. So, hold on, hold on. Um... Seventh circle of hell. No, that's not it. Uh, oh, no. Hold on. Hold on. Um, breaking news. Uh, I just found it. I just found it. Um, as uh, two days ago, the, the U.S. Senate convened um, for, for justice from the January 6th uh, attack on the Capitol. Um, it, it looks like it looks it looks like former presidential candidate Mitt Romney has gone on record saying that he believes that Jay White is a bag of dicks. <laughs> <laughs> I tried so hard to get through all of it. Um, yeah, no, still a bag of dicks. Uh, still a bag of dicks. Mitt people, Romney says so. People need to know this stuff, though. So, I, like I said, it would have been a miss if I hadn't have asked you. Um, I'm guessing Chris is not making it. Um, do you want to trade off the devil's advocates we had originally planned for Chris for each other? Uh, you know what? Sure. Um, mine's you really, thought you had one to prepare. <laughs> mine's really terrible. It's really, really kind of horrible. Um, oh. So I would be more than happy to give it to you. All right, go ahead. Um, the For way Tony purposes will yeah. do it. Go ahead. Yeah, the the way Tony Khan acts on Twitter is completely justified. 
Well, of course it is. He's a millionaire. Or he's a billionaire, or at least his dad is, and by proxy, then so is he. And if anything that the 45th president showed you is, if you have money, then you can act however you like. So no, I think he needs to establish himself as the alpha character. He obviously mimics himself on Mr. McMahon as well. He wants to be that heel person. So no, he needs to carry on following that the habit on Twitter. Ooh, geez, those last two seconds, I couldn't speak <laughs> for some reason. Oh, that happens. Ugh. Yeah, need a little little drink, I think, there. That was, uh, that was a little bad. All right, so let's see. What did I have for Chris that I'm going to give to you as well? Ah, well, we were just talking about this, so this will be perfect. All right, the one I was going to give to Chris then from you is, I hope Mickey James comes out with a bin liner full of her stuff, empties it into the ring, and leaves as her Royal Rumble entrance. This would put her in a long line of amazing quick rumble entrance and eliminations. It would be she would be on the same level as great such as Santino, Santino Morella and Pete, not Pete Rose, Drew Carey of just greatest Royal Rumble moments of all time. There you go. Perfect. Yep. Yeah, and I don't think Pete Rose was in the. He was on. He was. He's been featured, but he wasn't in the Royal Rumble. No, he wasn't in the Rumble. I, I forget. Someone else said that Pete Rose was in the Rumble recently, and that's why it was stuck in my head because it wasn't. It was Drew Carey. Uh -huh. um, he tried to pay off Kane when he got in the ring, and then yes. he left. <laughs> All right, I think this is the time where you get to promote anything. So um, I saw on your on your Twitter bio, it's like streamer question mark question mark question mark question mark question um, mark. Yeah. I'm guessing there's nothing to update us on that. But tell oh, us gotcha. where we can find your once a year podcast, though, at the very least, and anything else you want to promote. Um, so you can follow me on Twitter at Nishguy. Um. And that's about it. I talk, I, I, I engage people. I no longer talk about wrestling or gaming or anything. What I do instead is when someone posts something, I engage upon it because it's better that they take all the heat than I do. Um, I really don't have a podcast. Like I said, I do the blade job once a year, if that, um, so far we're good. Um, you know, but more so, I'm actually having fun uh, in my current role of appearing on other people's podcasts because I don't have to prep anything. I just get to show up and I just get to talk. So if you would like to, <clears throat> quote unquote, book me, um, I'd be more than happy to talk about wrestling. I'd be more than happy to talk about games. I'd be more than happy to talk about just about anything except for um, football with a U. Because um, I just don't understand. Actually, sports in general, like, I don't get it. Um, but yeah, I'll talk about other stuff. I'll talk about movies. I'll talk about TV shows. I'll talk about music, wrestling, games, uh, porn, like whatever you want to talk about. I will appear on your podcast and I will talk about things. So, yeah, that's what I'm doing now. I'm a professional podcast guest. Uh-huh. Um, I do remember, uh, it was probably your first appearance on MGB, because I think the second and third appearances, it was just me and you talking and picking out information, uh, you talking very delicately around the page issue, and I had no idea what you were talking about. I didn't. I was not aware of that story at all. Uh, but listening back, that was very funny. Yeah, no, I, well, I mean, that was hard because, you know, there's a, there's a, an actual child involved. <laughs> 
And I'm trying not to be you like... You brought the issue up, though. Clearly yeah, I... but I was also trying not to go Mason. So there's this website, right? And if you go to this website, <laughs> you can see people, um, you know, what you would consider mommies and daddies, um, <laughs> hugging and uh-huh. also, um, you know, uh, finishing up their exercise onto the NXT uh, Women's Championship. You know, like you can see these things. Um, just, you just, just, just type P into your web browser, and you're you're good to go. <laughs> well, I had breaking news while I was talking with Bishop as well. I didn't realize that um, Mickey James had anything in that field either. So I'm, I found my eyes well, well and truly open talking to yeah, you. Yeah, M- M- Mickey James uh, definitely uh, had a. Uh, uh, a moment um, that we all saw things. Um, yeah, no, that that happened. But then again, you know what? So did Ricochet. So, oh. yeah, okay. no. Um, oh. Did yeah. not know that either. Wow. Um, um, and and actually, in in the page situation, we can we can use that. Uh, so did uh, Brad Maddox and King Woods. You know, it happens. Uh huh. You're on the road for 300 days a year with these people. You have urges. And it's a, it's just like the Olympics. Uh, they always talk about how the Olympics is essentially just an orgy. Because um, it's a bunch of young, fit, attractive people who are all stuck in a, essentially a large hotel together. Uh-huh. What are they going to do? They're going to attempt to procreate some Division One babies. <laughs> Um, I have no idea who next week's guests are going to be. This week, as I mentioned in my bad cop moment, has been a little different. Um, so now I've done no booking yet. So you know as much as I do. Once I know, I'm sure I'll post it on Twitter. Uh, until next week, Matt, hope you're having a good holiday in Florida. If you're listening, we're out of here. Boom. Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Good, bad, good, bad, good, bad, good. Um, he's on his. No, I'm recording with him twice next week. Actually, I because I asked him when he's back. Yeah, he's back. He's, he said on Facebook this morning, it's his last day in, um, last full day in uh, Disney World or Disneyland. I don't know. It's the same thing to me. What's up with him and getting brain freezes every day? Like, is yeah. that a challenge? I'm so I lost. I don't know. I, no, I, I think it's because, and and I love Matt, uh, and I'm glad you're recording. Um, and I can <laughs> say this about Matt because I'm also one of these things. Matt's a fat guy like me, <laughs> and he eats too quick. Yeah, Matt, I said it. <laughs> but you would think you would learn, though. It's not every food, but obviously it's a cold. You'd think that, okay, I'm eating something cold. I'm going to eat this a little slower than normal. Wouldn't that seem like a... Perhaps I'm overthinking this, but... I think I you think are. you're thinking about it more than he is, for sure. Um, I, I'm just wondering who's doing the ordering as well. I have a feeling that Chris might be going, hey, why don't we get an ice cream? It's kind of like, I, I think I'm sure he's suggesting all this stuff. Well, well, why don't we go get a cold drink right what now? What I'm really curious about, because I know what Matt does for work. You know, uh-huh. Matt is a, a, a cook or a chef, depending on the level at a hospital. Like, Pro- I understand that. Professional I want to know what, microwave user. Yeah, professional microwave user. <laughs> I want to know what Chris Applebee's. does 
because um, ice cream is really expensive in Disney, and they're buying a lot of it. And yeah. they also just spent 13 days at the park. So I'm assuming they bought like the lifetime pass or something. That's expensive. I used to live just outside of Orlando. Yeah. And I never went because I was like, I looked at the prices and just went, mm, no. You know, yeah. I, I'd go to the free one, um, City Walk or whatever. Because uh, Disney and Universal have like free parks where they, they don't do? have rides or anything. It's essentially just consumerism. Oh, okay. it's where you're going to find like the the Lego store and where you're going to find like, you know, um, House of Blues and stuff like that. And it like where they uh, where they filmed, they used to film Impact and where AEW is filming now is Universal's like free park. Mm-hmm. Um, and also TNA was active when I lived down there. Didn't go to a single TNA show. <laughs> However, the college I went to was full sale. And I've been in the building where NXT used to be many, many times. It was where they would train people in stage building, yeah. like for live events. Uh, that's what WWE bought and converted into the NXT arena. Um, yeah, I, I was in that. It's right. It's honestly right next to a Chinese restaurant. It's hmm. really not that important. It's in a. It's in the parking lot in the back of the school. Um, it's the same parking lot they did the brawl with. Uh, undisputed and whoever I'm, I'm watching it going i know what this place is it's it's adjacent to the school hmm. i honestly thought matt would i know chris is not a big wrestling fan i honestly thought matt would try and get tickets to nxt one day like he's there for two weeks i figured he would at least i don't know it. exactly where the performance center is in orlando though you can get a cab. I'm sure they have. Oh, that's true. But but once again, AEW is filming in Universal and all that shit's right next to each other. Yeah. So he could have gone to Dark or Dark Elevated probably while he was out there. I think Matt would have rather done many things than go to an AEW taping. Yeah, but you got to think an AEW Dark or Elevated taping, that's essentially just an indie show. Because they but don't that's bring like their what Matt, guys Matt there. hates that the most of AEW, though. Like, of yeah. everything in AEW, he hates Dark and Elevation the most. And, 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 and I'm in the same boat with Matt because I think you, you already have too many fucking people on your roster. Why are you bringing in contractors? Like, use the people hey, you have. I need a three-minute Aaron Solo match every Tuesday, or else I'd go into a deep depression, so. It didn't make my bad cop moments last week, but it was one of those on the side if I needed it. Because um, I mentioned I'd watch pretty much everything, and I can't remember if it was Dark or if it was Elevation, but it was uh, 12 matches, and it was 68 minutes. Yeah. So it was literally five minutes a match. But that doesn't include um, the entrances. So actual wrestling time and things like that, it was. Oh, yeah, no. I, I think Dark, and if you have an hour-long YouTube show, three matches, maybe four. Uh-huh. You know, and also everyone needs to have shorter shows. I need shorter pay-per-views and I need shorter fucking Raw or I'm never, ever going to watch it again. I haven't watched Raw in like two years because it's just too fucking long. Three, yeah, I can't be doing three hours live. No, I'm tired. I'm tired at seven o'clock. I thought you were younger than me. I could have sworn you were younger than me. You sound like somebody ten years older than me. It sounds like I, I mean, I'm younger than you, but I'm I'm like I'm I, I think I'm I think Matt and I are the same age. You are, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I think maybe he's a year older. I think he's it, 37 and I'm 36. I don't actually know how old I am. I was thinking about that earlier. I just had a birthday and I think I either turned 36 or 37. I'm not sure. I think it was I, 36. 
you're at that age now when you've got to work out. So I was born in this year, yeah. now it's this year, and then you got to actually do the math and figure it out. Oh yeah. Um, by the way, this is why I suggested that we start at one o'clock. Um, I said that we, um, I said I wanted to start early because I have an indie event to go to. I do. I, I don't. I've already told the boys we don't need to leave until four thirty. So not that I'm proposing the show goes on for three and a half hours or anything like that. Um, but I had a blast just uh, riffing with you last week, Ryan. Just sending, give you a little line, let you run with it, just have a little chat. And I was like, ah, let's do the same again. I was like, this was fun last week. It's a shame Matt's coming back next week. I wonder if I can, if I pay for him to stay out for an extra week or so. Yeah, do this it. Was, this was fun do it i mean you know you're you're in a you know to to people in england you're in america so you must be right down the street from disney you know <laughs> you've got, you go. if you if you go yeah. north 20 minutes you're in new york city if you go south 20 minutes you're yep. in you're in uh disney yep yeah, that's how it works if i go west an hour i'm at los angeles as well yeah exactly you know and in reality england is the size of fucking what mississippi um, I seem to remember it's exactly the same size as Virginia, or, with, or yeah. near enough in terms of area. Anyway, it's ridiculous. Yeah, that's why I, I always argue. I'm like, oh, I was, I think I was talking to Mags, uh, or maybe it was Matt, and I was like, oh, how far are you from like London? And he's like, oh, it's super far away. It's like 45 minutes, and I'm like, <laughs> that's not far. That's you know, I think it's probably what Webster to Stoughton's probably 35 minutes, maybe 45. <laughs> When you're on a back road, though, and you've got to use a horse and carriage and stuff like That's that, then it's, uh, it's not a good 45. It's not like an interstate 45. Yeah, it's... especially because you have to worry about, like, the king's men, apparently. Like, they're, they're always patrolling the uh, the, the fields. Um, uh-huh. you got to watch out for them. And you also got to remember as well, like, gas is way more expensive over there as well. Like, people are compl- people are losing their shit, the fact that it went up to, like, and I'm not sure particularly for your area what it was, but it was getting up to around 350 a gallon over here. And in England talk, that would be under three pounds for a gallon. Um, it would be pennies on the litre. And, um, yeah, we no reason to complain at all. Whereas in England, it's probably two, two and a half, three times what the price is over here. So mm-hmm. you suddenly imagine starting to pay nine dollars a gallon and uh yeah suddenly distances that uh over 100 miles it's suddenly like yeah i'm not traveling that far that's just too much no that's understandable but and i'm assuming you know because i know england has a pretty good mass transit system within the cities but i'm Uh assuming the country is piss poor Um, it's expensive. I can tell you that. Um, I, I talked to my, I talked to my mom a couple of days ago and, um, I, I'm not traveling back to England for my dad's funeral. It is too far. Um, I could get caught in England. It could suddenly turn into lockdown, things like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not going. And she's like, well, I'll go on your behalf. And I was like, okay. So they thought for a treat, they would go uh, first class on the train. My, my stepdad's a big tra- train fan anyway. So they're like, oh, we'll, we'll go first class. We'll kind of treat ourselves. Um, they were charged, they were quoted a figure of, uh, 800 pounds for a return ticket for a journey that's probably 250 miles something like that i was like oh my god that's absolutely ridiculous and they were like oh well as you're over a certain age and you got a discount it's only 600 pounds oh yeah i was like yeah so they they were like yeah we're not going to do that we'll just take the uh the regular train so yeah it can be super expensive though to to go on the train she thought she had a bargain in the end and she told me the price and i was like yeah i don't think so I'd be taking one of those. What's those buses? I can't remember. I don't know. You can get like a bus from like DC. Metro? No, uh, DC to New York for like oh some stuff. Yeah, oh, yeah. Greyhound. Yeah. Greyhound Something Peter like Pan. Greyhound. That wasn't the one I was thinking of. I'm thinking of the one with the guy on the side and he's got his hat Peter on. Pan. Yeah, Peter what Pan. What is it? Peter Pan. 
I don't think that's what that's not the one I'm thinking of. I'm sure. Oh. But there's a there's a we see him here all the time on on the Pike where it's like you drive by this bus that says you know Boston to Atlantic City forty nine dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And it's actually a good it's actually a good bus too. Something, but they have Wi Fi and most of them have outlets. Yeah, I've used them before. They're fine. All right, I'm gonna go ahead. I think this is a long enough cold opening. I think we've uh, I think we've <laughs> met the aim of what I was trying to do. So, welcome to Good Cop Bad Cop episode 178. I want to do a proper intro because um, um, our guest last week was a little bit offended at the poor effort that I made on it. So um, this week we're welcoming back the Hall of Famer, um, the only guest to appear on back-to-back episodes. That's how much we really respect him. Uh, welcome back to the show, Ryan. How are you doing, Hall of Famer? You know, I'm 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 doing well. I mean, I'm just entangled in this legal battle right now um, with this jackass podcast called Good. Oh shit! Hey, oh, well, um, this... nothing. Oh. I'm I'm being told that I shouldn't speak uh, of this matter. Um, but other than that, I'm good. I'm good. How are you, Graham? Yeah, I, I'm good. I, I I know I don't know much about law, but yeah, probably take the fifth at this point. That's probably a probably a good. I piece. don't really drink, but I mean, if you think that'll help. Uh, I will try. There you go. That'll work. And to accompany you, we've got another. We've got another excellent guest. We have the person who's appeared on the most episodes of Good Cop, Bad Cop, with the exception of Matt and myself, obviously, as far as I can remember. Definitely the most episodes um, in 2021 for sure. So we thought it would give him a little head start for this year. Uh, Ryan, obviously, you're going to be leading. You're already on two. So, but hey, Micah, how's it going? Good. Um, you're still stuck in parts unknown. Uh, that's you know it does you know there's something wrong with the plane i guess because uh, you know i i i got my job back you know where it's a 50 50 share now yeah uh, i beat Derek. i beat james i mean like i did i, I did everything i i did yeah. the trials of micah basically yeah um, yeah I, I saw you had permission to appear on other podcasts as well so that was that was good i i don't need permission anymore because like Correct. I'm, uh, yeah yeah, I don't even. Need like you to. don't need permission, but the one before it was contentious when you uh, decided to just appear on another podcast. Yeah, so, I just kind of did my what's own changed? thing. Yeah, um, it's all good though. I think it should be all good. I mean, like, hopefully nothing comes of this episode. But like right now, like Derek and I are on good speaking terms. Uh, so that's good. We will definitely try and get Derek on later in the year. Unfortunately, you know, he wasn't available. I was trying to go for, like I said, I built in three and a half hours for the show. So if we're like, we can get as many people on here as like, we can just chat for as long as we like, and it's all good. Um, Derek, unfortunately, was busy. Um, we did try and get Melissa on as well, who hasn't appeared in a long time. We kind of forgot because we we talk about our guests kind of starting with Brainbuster Boys, but that wasn't true. We had like a few special guests uh, just at different points when I wasn't available. Available, uh, when Matt wasn't available and I think Melissa was our first guest when actually both of us were available because we noticed that she has witch in her Twitter handle and we were like oh it's Halloween we should get Melissa on the show so um, I think Melissa was our first official guest with both of us on so uh, but unfortunately Melissa was unavailable um, this week as well so uh, you're saying you're saying that I wasn't the first guest I was a guest um, before but not with both of us not with both Matt and I That's that, that was the distinction I was making but yeah. I don't remember who the very well actually technically the very first guest was uh, Mason. 
Mason appeared on an episode at Christmas when um, we t- uh, Matt said, I'm not available. And I'm like, that's fine. We'll just skip a week. And then I was like to Mason, I was like, hey, do you want to record an episode? And he's like, sure. And then suddenly it just dropped. And Matt's like, what the heck? I didn't think we were recording this week. So Matt, um, Mason was officially the first guest. And um, to get me back the following week, um, Podfather Mags was the uh, was the second guest. So, And after that, I lose track of the chronology. So, All right. Well, we've done all the introductions. So... Um, I think we'll we'll try and follow a little format. We'll see how well it goes. Okay, I'm not saying we're going to stick for it for the whole show, but at least to begin with, I know we'll have we'll start with a little bit of format. So let's go ahead and let's start with our good cop moments. Good. Bad. Good cops. Here we go. The Terrible Wrestling Takes podcast is your place for honest commentary about what is on TV, not fantasy booked or what company is pushing who or why I don't like it because it's not what I want. As many shoutouts as I get, it's still best to hear it from the bad cop himself, me, Bishop. Head on over to TWTakesPodcast.com and subscribe to your favorite podcast platform. I'm everywhere from Spotify to Amazon Music, even obscure places like Overcast. So feel free to send your takes to at TWTakesPodcast on Twitter or BishopTWTakes at gmail.com. Now back to Graham yelling at Matt for something he hasn't done yet, but no worries. I'll let you know who has the real terrible wrestling takes. Um, it looks like the Hall of Famer is on timeout right now, so um, it looks like you get to go first this week, Micah. So what is your main oh good cop moment of the week? Um, My main good cop moment of the week is Daniel Garcia being on television mm-hmm. uh, more than once in a, in a, in a week span. Because he came out at the end of Battle of the Belts, and then he, he had a match with uh, Sammy Guevara for the interim TNT title, mm-hmm. which is cool. Um... I think Daniel Garcia is great. Uh, I think that he's maybe one of the most undervalued wrestlers uh, in AEW, which is saying a lot because there's a lot of people on AEW. I don't know if you know this. They have like a hundred people. They've yes. got to have like a hundred people under some sort of like wrestling contract. I looked on the um, roster. I think I looked on Wikipedia because it lists them because they set up the table. So you can just scroll down rather than having to count them. One, two, three. It actually lists them all. And I think it was like 150 when I last looked. So Yeah, there's a lot. But like he's just kind of been like, I don't want to say stuck, but he's just kind of been stuck with 2.0 for a little bit. Uh, and like a weird feud with Eddie Kingston. But like, I don't think he's that much older than me. Uh, if he I think is, he's only twenty three. That's my guess. I think yeah. he's twenty three. I remember seeing, I've seen, like, remember last year people were saying name a better twenty two year old. So I, I think he's twenty three. Uh, he's just really good. Like mm-hmm. I just like I know that you said that you were like you were horrified that he went an hour with Wheeler Yuta uh, last year. I didn't like the hour. <laughs> I liked the first half hour. The first half hour was excellent. That's all they needed to do. They could have just. Uh, wrapped it up after 30 minutes and i think everybody would have been happy but they decided to tell a certain story and i didn't think it worked i didn't think it worked nothing nothing's come of it since i don't think i don't think on any of the shows i've been watching on iwtv um that anything happened from that wheelers dropped the title since anyway so um yeah it, it didn't seem necessary and on a hot day in a building with very little air um, when you've had a long show, like Ryan's j- talked about earlier, like after a two-hour thing, I don't need an hour match right at the end. Like I can get away with show me what you got for thirty minutes. That, that, I don't need need to show me what you got for an hour. But it's Daniel Garcia. It's not like it's like it's not like it's a Seth Rollins match. It's a Keep Daniel it Garcia match. 
keep it special though. Like you don't need to see an hour of that to know he's brilliant. You can show that in way less than an hour. And I think it's poor storytelling when you do go to an hour for something like that. So you're saying a good Daniel Garcia match could happen on AEW Dark Elevation? Yeah, <laughs> um, it would be. It would be. You could still see that he's a great wrestler in the three to four minutes that he's involved in a match, but um, yeah. that would not be utilizing his talent. The fact that you can go longer than see, I, I guess that. All right, there's the question for you then. What's the what's the ideal match length then? What would you consider an ideal match length? Obviously, we all consider three to four minutes too short. We consider, I think generally we consider an hour probably too long for a match. What would you consider a reasonable length for a, a for a, a story to be told? On um, a pay-per-view match or like a Are you, TV you're match? You're the criteria, so. Uh, for TV match, like 20 minutes, 25 minutes. For a pay-per-view match, anywhere between 25 and 40 minutes. I agree. Depending depending on where this, because like you know, like Kenny Omega and Hangman Page like went like a half an hour, and like that was like I could have that could have gone a little longer, but like it was perfect. Yeah. But like uh, Eddie Kingston versus CM Punk went like you know like twelve minutes, and like that was perfect too. So like it really depends on like if the story suits it. I would I would agree. I think you can tell a good story in 10 to 15 minutes, but if it can go a little longer than that and, and it justifies it, then I have no problems with that either. But I think once you're starting to get past half an hour, I think you're looking at very special cases. I think it should be far. I shouldn't get should be very limited and you wouldn't want multiple ones, multiple examples of that in the same pay-per-view. I don't think. I think it doesn't it doesn't it show the strength back. of the AEW roster that they can have wrestlers go for an hour like an hour draw. Um, I, I'm not a big fan of those hour matches. You're not. But I think they're too frequent. They're too frequent. I've seen so many. Like, and it might just be because I watched so many at the start of the year. Like, it became kind of a kind of thing on the indies. Um, they were doing those hour matches, and then I think Trisha Dora faced uh, Tony Deppen for an hour, and then Jordan Oliver faced Tony Deppen actually in a two-hour match. And I think I probably got a little burnt out probably from watching those at the start. And then I was just disappointed with that Wheeler Yuta, uh, Daniel Garcia match. So it might have been, I saw probably a few too many. Perhaps if you only watch WWE, you probably haven't seen that many. If you're only watching AEW, you probably haven't seen that many. If you're watching both of those, you probably haven't seen that many. But if you're watching the indies as well, it just felt like probably too many. It, it loses its novelty when you have them that frequently. I, like you I don't think... want a TLC match every single week. Or you I don't think, want the hell in the cell every single week. Well, I don't know about that. You'd yeah. it lose its novelty if you saw it that frequently. And kind of like that Iron Man match kind of feels like the same thing now to me. But it's not an Iron Man match. It was just it's, like there's a, it's, just this, it's just a match that has a time limit. It just has another rule. I just don't like hour-long matches. I think a lot of people are trying to capture the, <clears throat> the glory of um, CM Punk and Colt Cabana back in the day where they essentially toured the U.S. doing hour-long Ironman matches against one another. You know, that was a big thing because you weren't seeing it on the indies very much. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think, in, you know, an hour draw can be a good storytelling technique um, to show that neither of these people is willing to lose. But I will agree with Graham that AEW has done it too frequently. Um, it, not even just hour long, just time limit draws. Um, I think it's fine every now and then, but I just think it's been done too often. And and this is not a shot at AEW. I just think it's a little weird that that's what they decided their thing is going to be. 
Um, you know, some sometimes it's, but uh, you know, I'll agree with Micah. You know, Daniel Garcia, he's a guy who can go an hour and make you care throughout that hour, and I think that's the important part. Um, the the match with with Yuta was was good. Um, Graham, I won't go as much as to say that the you know after the first half an hour it was too much. Um, I will say probably after the first forty five minutes, I was getting a little okay. Let's let's wrap this up, kind of thing. You know, I didn't feel like it needed to to be the full hour, but you know, I mean, Wheeler Yuta is another guy who I can just watch just all the time. I think he is you know, so good. And I think that AEW should honestly push him to the moon. You know, actually, I think him and him and Garcia should be in the main event together. Because um, I think, yeah, no, that's my feeling too. Just, you know, picture an A, you know, picture, uh, you know, obviously using what we know, picture a Attitude Era WWF championship match like that style where it's not a no DQ, but it's kind of a no DQ because the referee just kind of lets him get away with everything in AEW for the AEW championship between Garcia and Wheeler, where they get to bend the rules, but it's not a straight up hardcore match. It's not a straight up no holds barred match. It's just two dudes, you know, uh, uh, what what did WWE call it for a while? Uh, one fall to a finish. It's not no DQ, but it's no DQ. You know, that kind of match, I think, between the two of them would be what separates AEW from the rest of the pack. And they've got both of them. They could do it, but they like their shiny toys better. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say right now, in case I haven't made it clear before, I was definitely in a minority of people who thought that match went on too long. (laughs) Um, now, that might also have been the fact that it was my fourth uh, wrestling show in a period of about 27 hours. So it was two on the Saturday starting at 3 p.m. And then it was two on the Sunday, one starting at lunch. And then I don't remember what time the IWTV one started. It was probably about five o'clock, something like that, six o'clock. So it was, yeah, it was a lot together in one go. So I was probably just probably just getting a little tired and whatever. Um, the, the hour match I preferred was actually Wheelie Utah versus Lee Moriarty. I thought that one was a much better one. I actually, I didn't watch that one live. I think that was at Beyond, if I remember correctly. Um, I thought that one was much better, personally. But, but I know I agree. I definitely agree with you on the fact that Daniel Garcia is an amazing talent. I don't think there's a, mm-hmm. don't think there's any doubt about that at all. All right, Ryan, what you got for us as your main good cop moment of the week? Honestly, mine this week is very simple, and it's really just Beth Phoenix. Just seeing her back um, just makes me so happy. Um, You know, Beth is one of those, those, you know, in the diva error, error, error. Well, I mean, diva was an error to begin with. But anyways, you know, in the diva era, you know, the butterfly belt era of WWE, Beth Phoenix was this athlete she she you know she she wasn't there to to twirl her hair and wear little skirts and go through pink tables for some reason you know beth phoenix was there because she was a dominant force and and i've always always been a fan of hers and when she came back to commentate for nxt the the first thing i felt was man i would love to see beth wrestle again 
And the fact that we're getting that, and not to mention the Glamazon is now a fucking Viking warrior. <laughs> like, I'm down. I am 100% um, on board with Beth Phoenix. I'm not a huge Maurice fan, but I feel like if you're going to put Maurice in the ring with a, a woman who's going to make her look good, it's Beth Phoenix. That's, you know, so I'm really, really excited that that she's back. And and hopefully it's not just a one-off thing. Like, I, I hope we see a little bit more from her. Mm-hmm. Micah, thoughts? I, I don't watch WWE, so I, I, I it's cool. Not even highlights? I thought you watched like a little bit just to kind of, so you could at least talk a little bit. Oh, that's why you wanted to come on when Matt wasn't on. So you figured it would be less WWE. Oh, okay. I got it. I mean, like, I, I, yeah, I, I was just like, oh, Matt's not here. I don't have to talk about WWE, like, ever. Like, no, I stopped watching WWE uh, when I came to Parts of Unknown. Because uh, I don't like WWE. And, like, one of my things is, like, why would I watch something that I don't like, you know? Yeah, like, fair enough. No, Derek, that makes perfect yeah. sense. Derek keeps me up to date. Like, I know that, like, Brock is the WWE champion. Because, like, I, uh-huh. I, I watched that one match from... Uh, from day one, because yeah. I was told to. Uh, yeah. And it's a, it's a pretty good match. And, yeah. uh, you know, I might watch WrestleMania, like, but, you know, I just, like... Might? So that's not might. even a definite thing? No, because, like, again, like, I don't... There's nothing in WWE that is compelling television at the moment. Like, I guess, like, it's it's really... It's really a hellscape where, like, where nothing happens. Really, the releases got to me. Like, because, like, I understand, like, losing your job, but, like, I can't care about, like, somebody and then, like, not know if they're going to be there in three months. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so much, like, like, Braun Strowman was, like, is, like, a WWE guy, and he got released, like, a month after he was in a WWE title main event. And yeah. so, like, if Braun Strowman gets released, like, they clearly don't care uh, they just want, they care about money and they care about television ratings, uh, one of which they have and one of which is depleting quickly. Hmm. Well, first of all, I want to thank you for taking some heat off me this week from Bishop because he's going to be focusing more on you than me. This oh, week. no, I expect a five hour long podcast about about this one sentence by Bishop. Happy birthday, Bishop. He's also 37. I uh, um, and, 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 and honestly, I, I, I actually do agree with with Micah. Um I'll be fair with WWE. I really only watch pay-per-views, but I feel the same way with AEW. I don't think there's any compelling storytelling happening in major wrestling promotions aside from impact. I think impact. I care more about everything. Unshockingly. I care about the Cody angle right now. (laughs) Like, Oh Matt, please come back. We're talking Cody. Um, like I know that's like, it's become a thing, but like it was, it's really funny that like Cody just kind of won the TNT championship. Like he just kind of just won it and he didn't need to. <sighs> I figured that might come up possibly in a later segment. So uh, I wonder what it's it possible it might, but um, I, I just, the, the it's, it's, it's hard for me to care about a lot of, you know, just everything right now. Um, it's just, I, I, I think in wrestling, the most compelling storyline happening right now is Zack Ryder versus GCW because it's just entertaining to me. 
it's just so stupid. The fact that last night he beat Rhino, so he is now considering himself the ECW television champion, which I think is the funniest shit ever because it makes no sense whatsoever. It's the stupidest thing. He had the belt in everything. Like it, it's that's compelling storytelling to me. Um, I will be honest. I have not watched uh, Page versus Brian yet. I heard that their second match was phenomenal. Um, I just like I, it's hard. I'm hard, I'm having a lot of trouble being invested in a lot of these companies right now. Um, you know, and and talking about like just what Micah said with the releases with WWE that sucked. And it's been happening so much. I'm curious what the landscape is going to look like with the inevitable AEW releases. Because as you just said, 150 people on the roster. That's just burning money. It's burning money. Because, you know, that was AEW's big thing. Is like, we're offering good contracts. We're not offering pissant shit developmental contracts. We're offering... I've I've heard that even, like, the indie stars are getting, like, at least a grand. You know? Like, that's, that's a lot of money. Yeah. Whereas, like, um, so what I, uh, I think a, a WWE uh, dark match, like local talent, I think pays between like three and five hundred dollars. Um, <laughs> a Royal Rumble appearance, uh, I think, is like three grand um, just for someone who, you know, like when the honky tonk man shows up and comes out in the Rumble, it's like a it's like a one to three grand just That's essentially. It? To, yeah. I would have thought I would, have been, I would have been. I'm way lower on that. I would have yeah, thought. But you got to think. You got to think. Let, let's say you're a. You're just an enhancement in the rumble, just to pad it out. You come out there. You do a couple spots. You know. You bump a couple times. You get tossed over the top rope. Yeah. So for ten minutes of work, you just made three grand. See, I can see Johnny Knoxville is a little different because he's obviously promoting a film at the same time. So if you only pay him three thousand, then fine. He's whatever. gonna win. <laughs> I hope so. I'm I'm waiting. Brock Lesnar versus Johnny Knoxville main event. Of oh no, Roman Reigns versus Johnny Knoxville. That's what I want to see. The head of the table versus the guy who falls through the table. Steve O's. If it happens, Steve O or whatever his name is, one of those guys are going to come in and interfere. It's, it's, oh, yeah, I'm sure. And, and, I want and... to see it. I just want to see it. Like that would actually make me want to watch. Like, oh my god. Like. What Derek and I's first pay-per-view that we ever watched together was WrestleMania 35, and like we did our own predictions, and I predicted that Colin Jost from SNL was going to win the Battle Royal, and he got second, so I came very close. <laughs> um, and I was just like, oh my god, he's actually going to win. Because like, that's actually compelling. It's just like, a dude wins? Like, not a wrestler, a dude? Like, how is a dude going to beat Roman Reigns? Yeah, like that amazing time in wrestling when David Arquette won the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. I I wasn't alive. No, I'm kidding. It was, and honestly, like back in the day when it happened, like people obviously, if there was Twitter, that would have been the biggest nuclear explosion on Twitter that we've ever seen. I just thought it was funny, like because I don't also I don't take wrestling very seriously. I've been watching it since I was a kid, and it's just entertainment to me. And and David Arquette being the champion was entertaining to me. Vince Russo being champion pissed me off because I knew who Vince Russo was by that point. And I was like, no, 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 please stop, Vince, please stop. 
I seem to be one of the few people who was okay with David Arquette winning it. It, it might have been just because that was that honeymoon period for me. It happened within the first few months of me moving to the States. So I was watching wrestling at that time. It was way better than what it was because I didn't used to watch WWE in England at all. So watching that whole thing, everything was bigger, WCW at the same time. And I was perfectly okay with that story. But. Yeah, especially because the, it was the introduction of the triple-tiered cage, which is just entertaining. I, I love that match type. I actually wish WWE would bring it back. Like, I love the triple-tier cage. Never say never. It could happen. Well, you've definitely ruined one of my moments already because I was going to talk about Matt Cordona because I wanted it, I wanted to mention it more just to piss Matt off because I know he loves it when I talk about titles that he's won after a 10-year or greater period. So I was going to mention that fact. That's 20 years. This was 20 years, but his, inter, his uh, what was it, internet title, it was like 11 years, I think it was, that his reign for that. So I was like, eh, I'll pick that one by mention it in there. But yeah, um, I'm going to mention one other name as well that I'm kind of really excited about in that story and the storylines. You mentioned Beth Phoenix. I'm actually really interested in Lita coming back. Um, I did actually watch WWE. Oh, Lita came back? Lita will be in the in the Royal Rumble. So there was a segment with her last night in the ring with Charlotte. And she's obviously, Lita's obviously talking about a piece about how she's coming back, blah, blah, blah. And of course, Charlotte has to come out and um, she got a slap. And uh, uh, yeah, she got a twist of fate as well. So I'm, I'm really excited to see Lita in there and the chance that possibly she could be main event in WrestleMania as well, possibly. I, I, if she wins that Rumble as that's well. That's what we I, need. I, another I think person. It's more in. believable for somebody like Lita to. Uh, when you have the aging stars coming back, sometimes it's like, oh, come on, this is ridiculous. Um, I actually think Lita would be a credible champion. I'm like, just to get, you know, to play off of that as well, like, um, Lita would be great. You know, Lita Charlotte, I think, would be a really, really great match. Um, yeah. I would love to see, you know, title versus title or something like that with Mickey James and Charlotte. Um, mm-hmm. Just because, once again, like, since day one, even though her introduction storyline was considered, uh, quote-unquote, <clears throat> problematic, which is, it's a TV show, like, get over it. Um, since day one, Mickey James has been someone who I've just been thoroughly entertained by. Um, and after her performance at Hard to Kill last week, um, what a match, you know? I mean, Mickey James, yeah, she is you know, reaching that point, you know, man, woman, it doesn't matter when you're in your mid to late forties, you're thinking about hanging up the boots. You know, it's, it's just part of the business unless you're fucking Ricky Morton, where you're just like, I'm going to wrestle until I'm dead. Um, (laughs) You know, it's, it's the fact, you know, you had Mickey James, one of the best of her generation against Deanna Perazu, who's probably one of the best of this generation. And, the fact that they were like, yeah, we're going to do a legit Texas death match. And as soon as they said Texas death match, I was kind of like, okay, you know, pinfall last man standing fine. The fact that they took the death match part and ran with it a little bit and it was bloody and it was violent and it was wonderful. Just made me respect them even more. Um, and I would love to see Mickey and Charlotte tear it up at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. They did talk about Charlotte did mention the fact that Trish came back and uh, she put her put her into retirement. So they're definitely looking like they are pushing forwards a uh, uh, Charlotte leader match. Um, I deliberately stayed away from um, that impact pay-per-view because you said at the end last week, you're like, oh, I'm probably going to watch it. Like, I'm not doing anything. It's Saturday night. Like, I'm probably going to. So I was like, I'll stay away from that. I'll... I, so I was kind of surprised. I thought that was going to be your main good cut moment because I, I thought that pay-per-view was good. I enjoyed watching it. I thought beginning to end, it was one of the best booked pay-per-views of the last six months, 
mm-hmm. maybe the last year. Yeah. I thought it was every match played a part. Um, the fact that they're doing an invasion storyline with Ring of Honor, I think, is a really, really cool thing to do while Ring of Honor is in hiatus. Um, and not to mention the Ring of Honor guys that they brought in are, for Mike and I, local dudes. You know, we got the kingdom showing up. And you give me, you know, Mike Bennett, and I'm happy. You know, I'm a huge Mike Bennett fan. I'm a big Matt Taven fan. Um, PCO is one of those guys I can take or leave. He's fine. I was about He's to say, entertaining PCO as hell. with Beck, Massachusetts? No, um, but the Kingdom, OG Kingdom, is is a New England Academy of Professional Wrestling uh, alumni group. Um, it, it's funny, actually, you know, going to shows around here, going to XWA and Chaotic and stuff, even if they're not on the card, you would you would be hard-pressed not to find Mike Bennett and Maria Kanellis just hanging out. I was at an XWA show when, when Mike Bennett, like, returned. And, like, that, like, the crowd, I, like, literally nobody in the crowd was, like, sitting. It was, that was, like, the most insane pop I've ever heard. Oh, yeah. Because it happened in Plymouth. I went to uh, Carver, so like it's. I mean, like it was like a hometown return. Because I went to, to be, um, it's supposed to be Paul London. They were just like Paul London isn't doing something. He's doing something. He like couldn't come, but we got a better replacement, and it's just Mike Bennett, and it was sick, and that was yeah. a draw. That I went to um, uh, XWA Crossroads when Cody mm-hmm. first hit the Indies again, and it was Champa's last match for XWA before signing full full time with NXT. And he jobbed to fucking Cody Rhodes, which pissed me off. Um, but Amazing. that's neither here nor there. I got to chat with him for a while and Champa's just a stand-up guy. Um, and the entire show, Bennett and Canellis were just hanging out. <laughs> they, they they weren't even on the on the card, I don't think. I think I actually no, I think Bennett filled in for someone like he does. Um, but they were just hanging out, selling t-shirts in the corner. They didn't even have a merch table. They just had a box of t-shirts. They were just selling it over in the corner. So good. Yeah, I, uh, that was, that was I, chaotic wrestling is like the one that I like want to go see. It's that and limitless. Cause I'm willing to make the drive up to Maine to go to uh, Lim- limitless. I mean, the drive sucks. It I, really, I know, really I know. sucks, but, but <laughs> The, the show is always, the show that Randy puts on is just phenomenal. It's just so good. And now that, you know, they're, you know, they've, they've really moved on from all of the, the former guys who have moved on to AEW and WWE, and they've kind of brought up a, a whole new set of stars for Limitless and Chaotic, and then also brought back the former Impact guys and stuff like that, like... Um, mm-hmm like Ace Romero and, um, oh God, who else returned? Uh, um, Anthony Green, obviously. Yeah. You know, it's it's just Limitless is one of those promotions that's just, um, yeah, and, and Chaotic too. Now that, especially Chaotic now running the, the storyline with JT Dunn being like the new, you know, like owner of the company. I, I, he, he's legitimately the best indie wrestler on, in the, on the planet. Like, I'll straight up say it. Like, he just like is. So... Fun story. This is this is my story. Uh, story time. I'm sitting down at uh, Steel Trashcan's house back when I lived with Steel Trashcan, and um, I was playing Call of Duty Warzone just by myself in the basement because you know I'm a cool kid like that. And I just did like pickup group. I just you know just match me up with someone. We'll go play. I think I was doing duos, 
and I and I get matched up with someone, and they turn on their mic. Hey, man, sorry, I'm just a little tired. Um, sorry if I don't talk too much. And I send them like an emote because my mic wasn't working. And I'm looking at their gamer tag, and I'm like, hold on, man, I know who this is. And it was uh like X the bad guy, and I'm like, I know this, I know this. It's fucking JT Dunn. <laughs> and I'm just like, so my mic wasn't working. I'm like, fuck. So like I messaged him on, on Twitter and I was like, Hey man, I was the one you were just uh, playing call of duty with. He's like, Oh dude, fuck. Yeah, man. Like, uh, it, was a, it was a good game. Blah, blah, blah. And like, we just started chatting and he's super chill. And just, I agree. One of the best professional wrestlers on the, the entire planet. Like he, he should be, I'm surprised he's not signed somewhere. He used to be in ring of honor. Yeah, he did a he did a stint with Ring of Honor, and he's been tagging with Chris Hero for years. Mm. And Chris Hero is not like a nobody. So yeah, I don't know. I just I've always been surprised that Dunn has remained just like a New England guy. He doesn't even travel. He only wrestles in New England. Hey, I want to ask you a legal question as well, Micah. So I want to ask you a question about breach of contract because um, I had a let's I had a guest. Let's call him. Let's just call him R for right now, okay? So we made it very explicit that um, we weren't going to talk WWE. We were going to focus on uh, his expertise of like indie wrestling or something. Uh, where where would I stand on something like that? It will, unfortunately it was a verbal contract. I don't know if that makes a difference. Depends. It depends if uh, if. Good cop, bad cop is like, like if if it's in England primarily, if like that, if it's set in England or if it's set in Virginia, because it's got to be set somewhere. So uh-huh. not too. Based I think in this English week. Lore. Uh, I, I mean, I'm sorry. I think in general, it's uh, yeah. I think it is Virginia. It's Virginia. Well, yeah. then you have. I I'd have to look up Virginia. Like, is is something a legal contract in Virginia? Yeah, I would. I would say for for this R individual, um, if you read the description of Good Cop Bad Cop Wrestling podcast on Twitter, uh, it says looks at good cop moments and bad cop moments of wrestling. Um, wrestling is a blanket statement. It, it, um, is. Yeah. it does not yeah. specifically uh, point to any particular promotion or you know anything like that um so i mean yeah i would say uh uh i think uh i think that person r as you're calling them can do whatever the hell they want i mean i i would agree with you ryan except that wwe is sports entertainment not wrestling so So is aew according to twitter metrics oh no aew is wrestling i get them i get them under topic it says wrestling yeah, yeah, but if you if you look at AEW contracted um, uh, entertainers, they're listed as uh, entertainers or celebrities, not usually as wrestlers. Ah, uh, I think either way, I think you're doing an excellent job filling in for Matt this week. Anyway, Ryan, can Who's we have our speed checks be like five minutes just to make oh, him? Mad? Can, I'm, I don't even have my time in near me. I this week. I oh, don't. nice. Zero F's given this week, <laughs> particularly as he'll be back next week and then can complain. I want it to be fresh in his memory that it's as long as. Uh, well, I can say we've done a pretty good job. Considering Ryan said he's had a very short moment, we've been chatting for about 25 minutes on it. Um, mine's particularly short as well. Um, oh, we haven't gotten to yours yet. No, we haven't. <laughs> I thought, we, I thought you already did yours. No, 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 no. I didn't say anything. Um, it, Ryan's kind of brought it up, though. Uh, so I'm going to look at it from a slightly different angle because we kind of do know a little bit more. Um, the fact that um, Ring of Honor is coming back. So it was undecided. Like, there was talk of a show for April, but then it was like, well, that probably won't happen or it might not happen. And um, it, even having been at uh, Final Battle, 
it was very unclear. It was very unclear from the speeches that particularly Jonathan Gresham gave at the end. Um, like he wanted to kind of keep the the legacy going, but it didn't. We didn't get necessarily the feeling that the show was definitely coming back. Like it would have been the ideal opportunity. You could have said, "Come join us. We'll be back in April," and they never mentioned that at all. It was only that was only sort of stuff that was talked about on the internet. So. They did confirm that they are back on April 1st for a show in Texas, because obviously that's where WrestleMania is going to be. And sounds like it right now it should be better than the show last year. I seem to remember one of Matt's bad cop moments a year ago was the fact that there was, an, there was a show. Perhaps it was Impact. Perhaps it wasn't Ring of Honor. Perhaps I'm mixing it up. But it was basically on the same time as another show. Um, I did actually look up on Cage Match just to see, um, did they actually ske- uh, schedule it at a different time? So right now, and obviously we're still two and a half months out um but on the 1st of april the only show listed right now is hlw heroes and legends which is in indiana so that obviously won't clash with the the ring of honor supercard of honor 2022 and then the day after that it's uh, wrestlemania 38 day one so right now they've uh, certainly booked something that looks um like it's going to work okay um you did mention the storyline already with the invasion angle so i will leave that out and um they have already talked about some title defenses as well. So they're definitely looking to keep the storylines going even in the next few months as well. So um, well, today, they'll, they'll uh, have to because yeah, Diana just won the Ring of Honor Women's Championship. Sure. sure. Yeah. Now, I'm just going to focus on the men's side specifically, but you're right. Um, So today, as we're recording, uh, Bandido defends his version of the title, which he never actually lost against Blake Christian at GCW Say You Will in Chicago. Um, And then on the 16th, he's going to defend his title uh, against Baron Black. So I don't know if that's a spoiler alert right now. Um, That's actually at the Terminus debut, which I think is Jonathan Gresham's uh, organization, if I remember correctly, in Atlanta. On 16th, um, well, that'll be Sunday as well, uh, Gresham defends against Josh Alexander under the Pure Rules version, also at the Terminus event. And then on the 23rd, he's set to defend it against Blake Christian at GCW Hammerstein Ballroom. Now, of course, some of those could be uh, subject to change, I guess, depending on who actually wins those matches. But yeah, so they've already got four men's matches set up for the next week or so. Um, so no, I think it's good. I think it would have been a shame. We, we've talked before about AEW and WWE. Obviously, they're the fans tend to be one side or the other, but I think the thing that most people can agree, we don't really want one of them to disappear. Uh, we want that options. We would rather have two different companies where you, well, perhaps Micah might not, and he can say so in a minute. But I think most people would like the fact that opportunities for wrestlers are far greater now uh, in terms of the business. There's more places you can go. The Holy Grail isn't just WWE anymore. There's certainly other places you can go. And for people like what we've been saying right now, we're probably not the world's biggest WWE fans. We've actually moved to other things that we want to watch instead of. So I think it's also good if we have things like Ring of Honor as well. And for me, selfishly as well, with it being based in Baltimore, even though that next event is in Texas, um, it's literally a 75-minute drive for me. It's actually south of Baltimore, so it's even easier for me to get to so selfishly i would also like ring of honor to continue um just their prices are just so good (laughs) you can't complain when you're seeing that level of talent at that price uh and being that close so uh, for me it was a clear good cop moment that we didn't have to wait i I figured we probably wouldn't know until march are they coming back and you probably wouldn't hear anything and then april would pass and it's like okay i guess ring of honor's done so i'm i for one was glad that ring of honor has announced that they will be returning All right. Just me. Great job, Graham. 
<laughs> um, no, I agree. Like Ring of Honor has been Ring of Honor to me, and this is going to sound really offensive to Ring of Honor fans and Ring of Honor itself. Ring of Honor has always, to me, kind of been the ultimate developmental territory. It's independent. It's not connected to TNA. It's not connected to WWE. It's not connected to um, AEW. It's not connected to anyone, but it plays well you know, with everyone. And that's kind of the next step for a long time was you went from the independent scene, you know, you went from, you know, the territories as it were, you know, and then you went to ring of honor and that's where you made a name for yourself. Cause if you look at how many people came out of ring of honor that are main event stars in major promotions. Now it's most of them. You know, you look at your Adam Coles, you look at your CM Punks, you look at your Samoa Joes, you look at all of these huge Daniel Bryan, uh, all of these huge names who have come out of Ring of Honor because Ring of Honor was a company that brought you in and they had their own particular style. But they said, you know what, take what you learned on the indies and then understand that you're being seen by a lot of people now. You're not just being seen by the 300 people who are in the building. You're being seen by people on pay-per-view. You're being seen by people on local television. You're being seen by people on DVD. A lot of people have their eyes on you. And and that's how you kind of made your step up to, you know, at the time, like FCW. You know, a lot of those FCW and original NXT guys were all former Ring of Honor talent. So I think Ring of Honor is really important to the business. I think it's way more important than people give it credit for sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, next Saturday, um, I'm, I'm hoping I haven't booked fully yet. Um, I'm hoping I'm going to record a little bit earlier as well, because I'm going down to UEW in Richmond and they actually have a uh, Rhett Titus versus uh, Josh Woods for their title match as well. Actually, I think ironically that will be a 60 minute match. I think they said, but hey. First one of 2022. I can cope with at least one a year. But yeah, no, I'm looking forward for for, for me right now. This These three months have been great because a lot of those Ring of Honor guys, they've been added to the roster. Now, I don't know how long they've been added to the roster for. I know Rhett Titus, I think it was a five-match deal, I think they said. So um, I think he's already had two two matches down there. But no, it's I'm glad to see those people on the Indies. But at the same time, just for this, obviously for job security as well, it must be... <sighs> disheartening it must be worrying that you don't know where your next paycheck's coming from and perhaps they still don't perhaps they haven't made those decisions yet um, like who is resigning um i don't know i guess that will be decided in the next two and a half months but at least we know now there is going to be a roster for ring of honor and they're going to need wrestlers to fill it and i'm sure if you were successful with that company before that you're probably one going to be one of those people who's brought back as well so for that reason as well i think it's certainly a good cop moment all right, so I think um, after the longest ever, just a first round of good cop moments, uh, I think it's the speed check round that you were looking for, Micah. Uh, yeah, no no time limit. I, I don't, I, I'm not bothering with a watch. Talk for as long as you like. You're good. Okay. What you got for us? Uh, I'm trying to... I, I, wanted, I wanted to respond to what you said, actually, before. Oh, um, <laughs> I thought you were going to do it originally, and then it kind of went. I was like, okay, I guess it's just me. And I was um, like, hey, he no, I... I, I I have to disagree with what Ryan said, only because Ring of Honor had that New Japan connection, and the Ring of Honor Championship was regularly was defended at like Wrestle Kingdoms and like you know other other big events. Like I I can remember Kyle O'Reilly versus Adam Cole Ring of Honor Championship match at a Wrestle Kingdom. So like that partnership like kept I I feel like without that Ring of Honor would have died 
like unfortunately and now they have like this this, that deal with impact because one of my good cop moments is uh is jonathan gresham versus chris saban from hard to kill uh easily one of my favorite like top contender for for match of the year already like really good match uh pure rules um uh another good cop is i found out that i'm as tall as jonathan gresham so like that makes me feel good about myself (laughs) And it, like, that's, like, like, I never, I didn't get it, like, why, like, why would you put the title on Jonathan Gresham? Why wouldn't you put it on Jay Lethal, who's, like, going to, to AEW? It's, like, a much bigger, bigger place, and, like, Jay Lethal hopefully would be on TV more often. Uh, but Jonathan Gresham is just, like, like, when I, when I actually watched it, I was just, like, oh, he really is just, like, the modern-day Brian Danielson of, like, Pure rules, technical wrestler, like knows what to do, hits hard, plays fair, uh, really good. Yeah, he's very underappreciated. He, he's very understated. Um, he's not going to be like Jay Lethal's kind of a, a loud character, so he's probably going to get more attention. But um, give me a choice between those two. I'm picking Jonathan Gresham, and I said before at Nova Pro, I I didn't really notice him that much the first couple of times we went because he's so understated. But then when I actually got to see him and appreciate him for his actual wrestling style, then he quickly became one of my favorites there. And um, yeah, I don't think he has got the perhaps the success or. Um, the recognition he probably deserves. But I think people who watch Jonathan Gresham on a regular basis know that he's the real deal for sure. And yeah, that match was an absolute belter for sure. And yeah, I, like I said, I figured that was probably going to be Ryan's good cop moment. I was, I made my predictions and I was way off as usual. That was my good cop moment. Ah, close. Just <laughs> on slightly the wrong wavelength there. Um, I'm also trying to think of what else happened. Um, I'm not sure if it happened this week or last week because all the days blend together. You That's know, fine. you can go for you can uh, go back as many years as you like. You got as much but time. I really, I really liked uh, the CM Punk, like the DQ in AEW with CM Punk and MJF, and uh, I think it's Lee Johnson or it's, no, it's Sean Dean. It was the captain Sean Dean, of course. Uh, yeah, but like, like nine days ago, or perhaps ten days ago, at time of recording. Right. Well, it wasn't from 1983, like some of your good cuffs moments are. Yeah. Oh, I went back 65 million years one that week just to annoy Matt. Yeah, but that was, like, for the wrestling. That was a time. I tried to find, like, clips of that. I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't find any real clips. The only clip I can find is, like, a 20-second clip of a dinosaur spinning around and its tail rotating. <laughs> it's, it's brilliant. I need to see more. I think that's why it was my bad cop moment, the fact that I couldn't find out more <laughs> about it, but I needed to find out more about it. But, no, I did go 1970s one, one week. I can't remember what it was. But, yeah, but, no, uh, within 10 days, that's certainly uh, a lot. I thought that was actually kind of – that was. I think they said that was the first DQ finish on AEW, which kind of really – It's not true. It's not okay, true because Brandon, Brandon Cutler versus Peter Avalon on AEW Dark. Uh, there was, like, a whole storyline with that – with, like, they couldn't – like, neither of them could win. So, like, there was a double countout. There was a double DQ. Uh-huh. There, I, I think there might have been a time limit draw there, but it was like 15 minutes because dark. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they had like a no, they had like a no holds barred kind of match, and Brandon Cutler like threw out dice because he's like his his thing was that he liked Dungeons and Dragons. I saw that twenty sided dice. Oh my god, yeah. I, I know that's, that's not your thing, but like that would be. That. That's painful. That's like Jimmy Havoc's level of just like relatable injuries. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I call. It. Yeah, are we allowed to talk about Jimmy Havoc? Is he like? 
Has enough time passed for you to just click away? Sure, you can, uh, you can talk about whoever you like. Cool. Within reason. Within reason. And um, what did you? I don't know if you guys saw it then. What did you think about uh, CM Punk's finish this week against Wardlow as a, a nod to uh, the Hitman? It didn't mean anything to me. I had to watch the two separate clips. So I was like, oh, okay. I, I haven't even watched anything this week, <laughs> so I'll be a hundred percent honest. I I I've caught some some clips here and there. Um, I've watched some individual matches, but okay. <laughs> All right. Uh Wardlow powerbombs CM Punk a lot, and then he got distracted when he MJF was yelling at him, and then CM Punk like put him in a cradle pin, yeah. and then he won. And it, 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 and it quote unquote keeps keeps both people strong, uh, but it just makes MJF look like a like like a tool. So yeah. I, I want CM Punk to lose, but only because when that happens, Matt says he'll refer to him by his name, CM Punk. And until that happens, he's not going to do uh, that. So. Is this like a Sting's going to win the AW Championship by All Out? <laughs> I don't that, even think Sting would have match good at all. Charity, though. That worked good for charity because Brett and I both got in on that bet. And uh, in the end, we just said donate the money to, to charity instead. So it, it served a good cause. His bad <laughs> predictions are, are good for other people. I would love to have just like like Derek and Matt really need to have a podcast by themselves because like they both just say like the most wild shit of all I, time. I forgot to say when you mentioned the fact that you picked the person that finished second in the Rumble. Um, I can't remember which year it was, but one of Matt's predictions didn't even make it into the thirty people in the end. <laughs> That's how far out it was. It wasn't the Rumble. It was the Andre the Giant uh, Memorial Battle Royal. Oh, was that what it was? Because it's Colin Jones. It's Colin Jones because it's funny. I don't know. The Iron Sheet can win a battle royal. Colin Jost can win a battle royal. I, I always go on the theory that um, whatever Matt's betting on, if I bet the opposite, I'm probably going to come out on a profit. That, that's my uh, that's my general theory. Yeah, you do math. Can you like? Do you know like the odds of like Matt's bad predictions? Like how, Like what? What are like my? What's like the over under of like taking? Uh, I, see, I can't do it too often, but I can. Uh, I can normally get at least one bet out of him a year, and uh, I, I've still got to claim my three hot dogs at Coney Island as well for his uh, soccer prediction last year as well, when he said that Manchester City would not finish in the top four of the English Premier League. What? And, um, <laughs> I was like, you've got to be joking me, and he's like, no, seriously, like they're overrated. They're not gonna, they're not gonna do as well this year. They're missing this one person, blah blah blah. I was like, okay. I was like, I'll bet you with you on that. And of course, they ran away with the league, and they pretty much won the league already for this year as well. And we're only in the middle of January. All yeah. right, unless you got anything else, Mike, or I'm gonna throw it over to Ryan if he's got anything. I, I think I've got, I got one more thing. Is okay. it's, uh, I gotta look it up too because I, I saw it. Um. Oh, it's Danhausen in general. Uh, Danhausen like applied to A and W the restaurant instead of AEW, and like I like lost it because like I was on the phone with Derek like reading the stuff. He's like making a hundred dollars a year, and like his one of his references is Billy Ass. Like Danhausen like is somebody that like if Ring of Honor stays on like and he doesn't get signed up by somebody, they need Danhausen like he's. He's real good at, at knowing his audience. 
Um, yeah, he, he's amazing. Um, I did mention, I think probably about two and a half months ago, that once he had that injury, I did sign up for his uh, Patreon. And I looked at some of the stuff that was on there, and it looks amazing. And I'm embarrassed to say I haven't had time to look. I, I'm terrible with Patreons. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Have you only posted I, anything? We know. I'm just wondering if I have another Patreon, actually. I just realized. Um, um, I'm not sure if they've posted anything in a while. But I told them, that I was like, you don't need to post anything. I don't to be care. fair, you just said keep doing what we're doing. So <laughs> I took that as... I don't have to keep posting stuff, so I didn't. I, I get little DMs occasionally, like, seeing as you're our Patreon supporter, um, we just want to let you know this, and then we'll announce it in a couple of weeks. I'm like, hey, that that, that works just fine. Um, but yeah, no, Danhausen is really entertaining, and I do need to go and look at some of that stuff. But like everything else, this is just not enough hours in the day. I will get around to it at some point. Hopefully that storm that's supposed to come this weekend will give me an extended weekend, and perhaps I get a chance to... I'd like to look at some of his cooking shows, just so I can talk to them with Matt about it. I think that would be something that would be interesting. But yeah, Danhausen amazing i misread that i did see part of that story but i think i skimmed over it and i don't think i understood really what had happened so i'm glad you mentioned that one brian what you got for us so i will also agree i will start with danhausen in general <laughs> because danhausen danhausen is one of those guys um that proves that comedy wrestling can be really, really good. Um, just, just everything. You don't always need to be this serious. You know, I'm gonna stare you down and talk about how I hate you so much, and then I'm gonna punch you. You know, he he shows that comedy wrestling can be something really important. I actually, you know, because I have to rant about something, I have to go off on a tangent. Um, I remember going to a Beyond show. And, you know, everyone's favorite OC, Orange Cassidy, did his meh, 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 and everyone lost their minds because it's Orange Cassidy. And later in the show was a Chikara showcase match. And out comes Fire Ant. And I, I, you know, a little nudge, nudge, nudge. And I'm like, hey, you know who that is? And they're like, no, who? And I'm like, that's Orange Cassidy. And he's doing all this crazy shit. And they're like, there's no way that's the same guy. And I'm like, no, you wouldn't know it by watching an Orange Cassidy match. But he is one of the best high flyers on the planet. He is so good at what he does. And as soon as he, because, you know, when OC gets a little, you know, when he starts getting blown up a little bit, he, his skin gets very red. Um, he just flushes and you could see it in his arms. And as soon as he started flushing in his arms, I went, Oh my God, that is orange Cassidy. I'm like, I told you. Um, yeah. Danhausen in general is just wonderful. I, I agree with Micah. I laughed my ass off when I read that application. It was the funniest thing I've seen in a long, long time. Um, my next, uh, good cop is um, they have announced that... Yeah, see, I'm just segueing right in. Um, they're announced... Uh, GCW and Orange Crush have announced that the next inductee into the Independent Wrestling Hall of Fame is Lufisto. And oh. well-deserved, because Lufisto is one of my favorite wrestlers. I love Lufisto. I miss Team Pog. I miss her and Jordan Grace. Um, mm -hmm. Because that's how I was introduced to Jordan Grace. Um, was when she was with Lufisto. Um, Lufisto, I remember from CCW, when she was just, uh, hey, it's a boys club, it's deathmatch, but fuck you, I can do it too. <laughs> um, I, I remember a, a story that she told where 
they were arguing no one could decide who was winning the um iron man championship and i guess kevin owens was just like screw it put it on lou and they just said okay and she just ended up being the first woman to win that championship you know, it, it's. I, I think she deserves. It. I think she's done so much for the business, and she's one of those talents of just the greatest of all time who has never been, you know, to the the big leagues. Um, love Lufisto. Um, and uh, I'm gonna wrap up um, my 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 speed check, my good cop, with um, kind of what we've already talked about a bunch of time is is hard to kill in general. Uh, impact the little the little company who has just been holding on by a thread for 20 years put on a pay-per-view that is going to be very hard to beat throughout the year it's going to be very hard to find a show that had a little bit they had a little bit of everything you know first women's ultimate x match the ultimate x match in itself is something unique to impact and unique to tna um and it's just a fun match and that was a great ultimate x match um you know sabin and gresham blew my mind i knew it was going to but it was just seeing it in action was just so good um they even had the 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 quote unquote fake hardcore, you know, the WWE style hardcore with the hardcore war where it's just random chaos. And I liked that it had the kind of war game style rules where more people slowly entered the match. Um, you know, the main event with with Perazzo and and Mickey was just phenomenal. Um, even the um the triple threat for the impact world title was, was just a lot of fun. You know, um, uh, I'm a big, uh, you know, uh, Zack Ryder and Chelsea green fan. So, you know, just them doing their thing was, is always fun, but yeah, hard to kill is going to be hard to beat for me. <laughs> yeah. I'm just nodding for the benefit of the tape. I am nodding. <laughs> for the benefit of the tape that no one's going to see. <laughs> Um, yeah, I guess, I guess piggybacking off of that good cop moment, like the Joey Janela versus Matt Cardona, like rivalry that includes Chelsea Green is like pretty funny. Um, I think that was actually my good cop last week. It was. Um, I listened last week and I don't know that. So <laughs> we did go on quite a while last week. To Nothing be fair. This week, but it's fine. Like, yeah. Hard to Kill was real good. Like, it's surprising that, like, an Impact show, like, didn't have, like, a terrible disaster happen in it. To be fair, most of their disasters are usually technical. Because they, they, they whoever works there from a technical standpoint is always pressing the wrong button. Um, or leaving commentary on when they're, uh, when they're showing a video package. And you just hear, like, Josh Matthews, like, talking shit. And it's hysterical. It's not Josh Matthews anymore. It's Tom. I Thor. know, and that whatever his uh, real name is, Tom Hannaford or whatever. Uh, he did phenomenal. He did so good. I've always been a Tom Phillips fan. I think he was the best backstage interviewer WWE had, and the fact that he's on commentary. Apparently, he uh, he shed tears of joy after the show. He uh, the the story is he went up to Scott Demore. And he shook his hand with tears in his eyes and said, thank you for giving my, me my passion back. And I, that, that's just, uh, 
Um, such a wonderful moment. And actually, just to play off that, one more good cop. Apparently, Impact has offered William Regal a position if he wants it. And it, I, I do. I said it last week. I do not want him to go to AEW. I want William Regal, if he goes anywhere, to go to Impact because I think he can make the biggest, well, Impact there. He already stole one of my segments. I was like, all right. He's just said I'm finished. So I was like, whew, I might survive for that one. All right. <laughs> let, me cross, let me cross that one off my list as well. Come on, do I have right. to talk about Trisha Nordig, knock off the other one? <laughs> just talk it's about everyone so Graham has nothing to talk about. Oh, I mean, like. All right. Well, I know you can't knock this one off my list. Um, High Five Tom has got a year's subscription to IWTV. I've been, I've been badgering him for a while because he was going to get just a month. And I was like, no. I was like, don't even bother. I was like, wait. Get the year. You're not going to regret it. Um, it's $10 a month or $100 for a year. Um, there's so much good stuff on that. I know he's going to watch. Um, oh, gosh. I just reviewed it with MGB this week, and I already can't remember what it's called. Um, Glory, Crown. Tell me what it is, Ryan. What's the Beyond thing at the end of the year? Heavy Lies the Crown. Heavy Lies the Crown. I didn't even get half the words correct in it. So I know I've directed him towards that. And certainly some of the Ring of Honor people in that we talked about as well. Um, I'm trying to remember. I think it's uh, Wheeler Utah and hot sauce tracy williams versus jonathan gresham and oh i can't remember who the other person is another ring of honor person was it jay lethal perhaps it was perhaps it wasn't uh but yeah there were certainly some good things i recommended from that pwi i assume you guys didn't have a chance to look at this yet from april 2020 um that issue just dropped a couple of days ago uh independent wrestler of the year nick gage 42 percent um no problems with nick gage winning but very happy that trish dora finished second with 21 percent um, for 2020 for 2020 uh, for 2021 Okay. <laughs> it was a 2022 issue. She had 21% of the vote. So I'm glad that people, I, I mentioned a year ago, I was like, hey, look, watch out. Like, she's coming through. But people are definitely starting to recognize that as well. Uh, you did mention the fact about William Regal being offered a job, which I saw as well. Um, you guys didn't see WWE last night, but a great segment between uh, Roman Reigns and uh, Seth Rollins. Uh, Seth Rollins saying, hey, just throw it in there. You know you want to. And he's putting out the fist. And uh, he responded to it. Yeah, that's beneath me now. Um, great little segment to finish off that show. Um, I mentioned that Lita's going to be in there, so I already got rid of that. That's it. Yeah, you guys uh, knocked most of my things off my list. I was like, well, I figured we were just doing 90 seconds, so I didn't put too much down. And uh, a couple of them already got took off my list, so hey. So okay. your good cop moment is a few that happened five years ago, and that's just like restarting? My good cop moment is a feud from five. Oh, Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins happened, happened five years ago. ago. I think I think, I think I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna steal this. I'm just gonna take over. I it's a damning indictment on WWE that everyone's just like, oh my god, Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. Oh no, a match from seven years ago WrestleMania. Like we shouldn't want we should be built, trying to build new stars. Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar, huge stars. They've already had two matches in the or they've already had they a match. Even, they don't even need to build new stars. They just need to put the fucking belt on Kevin Owens. And then let him, let him wrestle whoever he wants, because every match with him is a five-star match, because he's Kevin fucking Owens. I don't know about that. Oof, oof. That's an argument waiting to happen. It is. Spe speak, your, speak, your, speak your mind of why Kevin Owens is not phenomenal. Um, I feel like I've been talking about AJ Styles, because I've said everything's phenomenal today. I was going to add in when you mentioned all the people that have come from Ring of Honor and dominated, and you made a whole list, and I was actually kind of surprised you didn't mention Kevin Owens or Kevin Steen as he was at that point, to be honest. Kevin Steen, Generico, Ring of Honor was the 
probably the greatest feud of all time. I think they just re- uh, they were just he was talking about it on Twitter the other day about they've had something like fifteen hundred matches or something together, like something in it was an insane number of matches that him and Zayn have had together. And but that's the thing is like it works every time because they work with each other and they're willing. I, I think I've always said that when you have two people who are legitimately best friends wrestling each other it, it's a good match because since they are friends they're not really worried about hurting each other so when they hit each other they hit each other hard yeah um it, it's you know you saw it with edge and christian when when they feuded briefly you know a decade or two ago um you saw it with matt and jeff you know they beat the fuck out of each other because they're brothers that's what they do um uh-huh. You know, seeing two people who like genuinely are friends, you know, that's always a, a great uh, Gargano and, and Champa. Sure. You know, I mean, I'm surprised no one actually died during their matches because they, they <laughs> hit each other so hard and they took such high risks with each other. Um, yeah, that's no. a, yeah, I get that. I, I, I just. I just don't need to see a match that I've seen too many times, I feel like. I totally agree with you, you know, and, and I, I was, I talked about it last week. I was there when Rollins won money in the bank and I was there at mania when he cashed it in. And that was really, really cool. But that means going back to WrestleMania 31, we have been seeing Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins. And, and I agree, it's time to move on from that feud. Not discounting right. that they can't have an amazing match together, especially now. Roman has grown leaps and bounds to what he was a couple of years ago. You know, he's got a better character. He's got a better in-ring style. Rollins, you know, whether you're Seth Rollins or Tyler Black, he has been on top of his game for 15 years. You know, mm-hmm. they can have a great match, but you're right. I would love to see Seth Rollins versus you know, uh, AJ Styles. I'd love to see Seth Rollins versus Ciampa. I'd love to see Roman versus, uh, I'm just going to throw out random names now, Roman versus Tankman, you know, like just bring in some indie guys for Roman to wrestle. Like, I think he could have really great matches. Uh, uh, you know what, a, honestly, a match I didn't even know I wanted until right now because they have very similar styles. Kevin Owens versus Willie Mack. That'd be a hell of a match. You know, but yeah, I agree. It's WWE does like to rehash the same feuds over and over and over again, you know, or they don't know when the feuds need to die and it's time for that feud to die. I was hoping Willie Mack was going to respond to one of my tweets that I posted recently. I saw he had on his shirt. I didn't realize he's the Mack attack. So uh, I put, uh, this, is the, this is the interview I want to see. Uh, at the Matt attack, interviewing the at the Mack attack or whatever it was. Didn't respond, unfortunately. So I don't think That's because happen. you tagged Matt in it and he was like, oh, no, no, thank you. I'm good. <laughs> It's a shame what happened. Um, I did look on Cage Match. Um, I've started to figure out how you can search for things a little easier now. Um, so just since they've been in WWE, since 2015, they've faced each other 213 times. Um, Who's that? That is, uh, that is um, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Okay. Um, the reason it stops at 2015 is it doesn't go back and look at like their their other characters, so it doesn't pick up Kevin Steen versus El Generico, unfortunately. But yeah, just since 2015 in NXT, 213 times. So uh, yeah, those guys are definitely pretty- and they've never had a bad match with each other. I, I firmly believe that. You know, they 
And 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 I, I swear to Christ, if you look up a Meltzer rating, I'm going to kick you in the face. No, that's not what I was going to look for. I was going to look for something even worse. I was going to see sometimes. Um, I don't think they do individual matches for events. They used to to rate them. I was going to try sorting them by uh, rating to find out what it was. But no, I will. I will not be looking him up. That I think if I was to do that, I should wait for our next segment, which rather appropriately is bad cop moments. Good. Bad. Hello everybody, this is Micah from the Devoid Brand. Now we aren't just a wrestling podcast, we also have the titular Specifically Devoid podcast, our game show that's sweeping across the globe, Devoid Entertainment, and many other select programming you can only find on Specifically Devoid. Make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, Specifically Devoid, and follow us on Twitter at Devoid Podcast, that's capital D, capital P, to stay up to date on all things Devoid. I've been me, you've been you, and we'll see you later. Good! Bad! Alright, um, Ryan, as you're here this time, well, we'll switch the order. Um, what is your main bad cop moment of the week? So, there's a lot to choose from, but it's also professional wrestling. So there's always a bunch of horrible shit happening. Um... I'm going to ignore a lot of the, <coughs> excuse me, a lot of the obvious stuff, um, mainly because I don't think a lot of the people who had bad cop moments deserve any sort of recognition. Um, so I'm going to say my bad cop moment was uh, was Ray Phoenix pulling a Sid Vicious with his arm. Is that from that was from like two weeks ago? Wasn't yeah, it was from two weeks ago. But you know <laughs> okay. what? You you went thinking, to the seventies, so come on. I missed. Okay, no, no, that's, that's no. It's 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 just you know I I never like to see anyone get injured in general. Um, uh, you know it's it's a rough and tumble sport. It's you know injuries happen. Um, but a it was it was something I watched and I went ooh. Ooh, this sounds like a fun match, and now I'm slightly scarred. And you know, I, I was one of those individuals who who remembers Sid Vicious um, at Slambury, and that's an injury you just don't like to see. And and seeing his arm bend backwards at the elbow um, made me sad. Um, and. I didn't like it, um, but I'm glad to hear he's only out for uh, a number of weeks as opposed to months because Wade Barrett had the same injury, dislocated elbow, and he was out for six months to a year because they needed to reconstruct his elbow, um, which a uh, funny story if, if people aren't familiar with that. Um, I remember sitting down with Steel Trashcan watching that when it happened, Wade Barrett, and wondering who was screaming fuck Someone's screaming fuck, and then all of a sudden the audio on Raw went away, and I went, oh, that was one of them screaming fuck, um, when it turned out that his arm was not really attached by bone anymore, and he was a sad panda. So, uh, best wishes to Ray Phoenix, a big fan of him, um, and nobody likes to see an injury like that. That is a bad cop moment for me. Yeah, like I said, the only positive was, as you said, since we we found out that it's not as serious as was first thought, because, yeah, that would have been a, a long... I don't know how it wasn't, though. His arm was facing in the wrong direction. Yeah, 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 don't know. 
sometimes that's weird. Like the most innocuous things can give you the most serious of injuries, and sometimes the, some of the more serious ones turn out to be nothing. Yep. Um, yeah, look at look at a uh, look at Page, double knees yeah. to the back. That's a standard ass move, and it ended yeah. her career. <laughs> it's over. You know, I'm yeah. hoping that deep down, I'm hoping Page is one of the surprise entries in the Rumble. Uh, I would love. I love Page. I mean, she's she's just fun. I just enjoy her. <laughs> um, Corey Graves being a surprise entrant, or would that even not be a surprise now, since they've announced that he's obviously cleared to wrestle as well? I mean, I would be surprised, but not overly surprised. I don't um, want to see Corey Graves wrestle. It's a given that he's going to wrestle now, isn't it? That yeah, oh, yeah no, for sure. He hasn't wrestled in seven I, I mean, I know it's like a thing, but like, I don't think he was a good wrestler when he did wrestle. So I don't want to see he was fine but i think if if his career had continued i think he would have been a mid carter at best um i don't think he ever would have you know he probably would have had some success in the original nxt but i don't think in the modern nxt he would have done well and i don't think he would have done well main roster and i don't think anyone would have scooped him up very quickly if he left but for the storyline, though, for, for sports entertainment, when you've got a commentator who's been like that, who's had that sort of character to bring him in, that's obviously going to get that's going to garner interest. People are going to want to see that. I want to see that. I didn't see no, him for sure. And, and I want to see it from just from a respect standpoint of someone who had a dream and they had their dream cut short. You know, yeah. I think he deserves it. He deserves to, to step into the ring, you know, one more time or yeah. multiple times, whatever it may be. You know, and it's always an entertaining thing during the Rumble. We talked about this, I think, last week. We talked about the Rumble is exciting because you never know who's going to be there. You never know who's going to show up. And even if it's just a nostalgia pop, it's fine yeah. because it's entertainment. Um, and it's great when all of a sudden the Dudley Boys music hits or something. You're like, oh, snap, it's Devon. You know, like, great. Um, I, I remember popping pretty hard when JBL's music hit and he takes his headset off and then gets off the commentary and gets in the ring. Like that's entertaining to me. Yeah. I don't expect JBL to win, but no. it's fun to watch him do his thing. You know, he does his spots. He does his, you know, clothesline from hell and then he gets eliminated and it's like, ah, that was fun. And then you move on, you know, it's the rump that, and that's, that's the beauty of the rumble is, is, it's just you get to see people you don't always get to see and they get their five minutes, they get to do their finisher and they get to move on. You know, it's it's entertainment, you know, because, again, to me, that's what wrestling is. It's entertainment. It's there is a reason when, like I say, I, I missed a lot of stuff. Like I didn't get the network until, I don't know, probably three years ago. So I, I missed a, that was probably, I think my paper, first pay-per-view might have been the same first pay-per-view as you actually, Micah, then to be honest. I think you were talking, oh, the one you mentioned earlier, WrestleMania 35. I'm pretty sure that might have been, oh, my first I was 34. I'm not sure. No, that's the first it, one that I watched with Derek. Oh, with Derek. Oh, my bad. Okay. We obviously, you've been watching longer than that. I should have realized that. My first pay-per-view um, was actually Money in the Bank 2016 for the WWE Network. Oh, uh, Okay, interesting. The one I talked about last week is my good cop moment. Huh, it I, all goes full circle. Um, I, yeah, there is a reason why when I started watching stuff with the boys to try and catch up and fill in on some of the gaps, that we didn't start with WrestleManias, first of all. You'd think that that's the big event, that's the one you're going to start with. Uh, we didn't. We started with the Royal Rumble. We, we love to see that. We went back and we were saying, oh, I remember that person. And then you get the celebrities coming in, you get the different things. That, to me, was far more entertaining, watching those matches, than it was to go and watch the WrestleManias in, in some ways. And also, 
other WrestleManias can be kind of a little bit long as well, which the whole, my attention is not lasting that long, and neither is the boys. The whole concept of the Rumble is is what makes it exciting because yeah. it's for the most part unknown. You know, there there's always surprises there's always entertaining moments there's always something crazy that happens it's the same reason why i love my favorite match in the indies is gcw's clusterfuck because uh-huh. you never know it, it, it's it's let's take the rumble format but let's bring in the weirdest people we can like superhuman or those walmart guys who wrestle in walmart like that's entertaining that is so fun for me because yeah, it's, it's, what's, it's what I try to, you know, it's why I stay off Twitter so often. It's because wrestling's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be stupid. It's professional wrestling. It's carny sideshow shit. It's yep. amazing. Yep. You know, uh, it's, it's why I get such a kick. You know, like the reason I haven't watched WWE or AEW this week is because instead I was watching WCW Nitro from the mid-90s because it's entertaining. It's fun it's stupid it's the entire concept of wcw in the mid 90s was oh you you you're you're here well you're either nwo or you're wcw and then they're like i'm wcw nope just kidding i'm nwo (laughs) and then there's 40 people and it's just fun to watch and eric bischoff comes out with his stupid ass grin and i'm just like this is good tv anyways I would have loved it if you'd have opened up with that today. Like my main good cop moment is from 1996. I I would have just. Uh, I'm to be fair. I'm in 1997 now. We're in the build to Starcade 97, the infamous Sting versus Hogan match. Oh my God, Derek and I review that. That review comes out at the end of this month. That's like not a joke, man. Full circle, you know. And that was. I remember watching that as a as a. I wasn't a kid anymore. I was like a teenager, you know, but that was the big thing is at the, at the same time that, that, um, you know, Sting and Hogan were main eventing WCW was, you know, the same time that like Vince and Austin were doing their thing. And it was like just the best, best time of wrestling, you know, you, you had, you just had these wonderful moments and, and, you know, flip on the other side in, in 97, you had, you know, Michaels and Brett doing their thing leading up to the Montreal screw job. You know, it, it was just like, there's a reason I was a fan of wrestling. Cause it was just, the I, I was, I was old enough at the right time where it was super important. All right, the math teacher wants you to check your math. Um, I don't think you were a teenager in 1997, if what you said about your age was correct earlier. Was, what was 12? You... I was 12 turning 13. So <laughs> that's close enough. <laughs> All right, that's good enough. All right, Mike. Uh, meaning I was old enough to have cognitive reasoning and remember things. <laughs> what you got for your main bad cop moment of the week? All right, well, I told Graham that I was, I was, I was doing I was breaking bad cop. This is true, because my bad cop moment of the week is bad cop itself. You know, we we always talk about, like, like let's be positive. And then a third of your show is dedicated to shitting on wrestling. Like, what the actual fuck? 
can't you just be happy for like an hour, hour and a half? This is going to be three hours. Like we I were this week. <laughs> I know I'm complaining about complaining if you really get like meta about it. But like, I mean, I'll just say this. I didn't. I don't watch WWE anymore because it doesn't make me happy. Just like don't don't watch W. Don't want Matt complains about AEW three times an hour on this goddamn show. It, don't watch AEW, Matt. Like you don't need to keep up with it. Like you're not a fan of AEW. They don't need your. They don't want your stuff. Honestly, they don't want your view. They don't want hate views. If they had like us, like when AEW was at like the bottom of the bottom when they were having those Saturday shows uh, that nobody was watching at like ten o'clock. Those like five hundred thousand strong of us who are watching. Those are the fans that they like care about, and like everybody else is kind of like extra. So what's your proposal then? We should just be the good cop wrestling podcast. That's it. No, no, just like talk. I don't. You don't need to have like a dedicated part of your show to like just just say bad things. That's like saying like, all right, Mason, you get one swear during dinner, and that's it. <laughs> just like don't don't encourage the swear. Well, hold on, and 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 you know what, Mike does bring up a good point. I I want to. You know, I also have ranted many times about trying to stay positive with professional wrestling. My bad cop moment this week was someone getting hurt and me hoping that they're going to be okay. You know, that I wasn't complaining, <laughs> but you guys, you, you do. You and Matt spend a lot of time uh, shitting on a lot of people. I normally, I normally, we normally I'm more or less just doing twisted. this because it's funny at this point. We will twist it around, but this is, this is actually kind of amusing to me because actually when we get to my speed check for this week, I didn't actually, I kind of had one thing, but I was like, I, I, I was actually going to forego my speed check this week. So I was like, I don't even need to say anything. I don't think I've ever foregone a, a speed check moment, but I was like, yeah, I don't even need to say anything this week. We will try and twist it around. Um, I normally just try and, I normally try and focus on the, re I normally look at the human side of story, the story. So I would actually say I would tend to look at something bad that happened to a wrestler rather than saying that a wrestler is bad. So I'm going to defend myself in that way. Um, if that's not true, then I'm probably not doing the job that I'm trying to do because it's not real. We're not really trying to shit on individual, certainly not individual wrestlers. That's for sure. Has there been occasions when Matt won't even call to? CM Punk by his name? <laughs> well, see, that's Matt. I, I can't say I can't speak for Matt because he will <laughs> he will definitely he will do that. But from my point of view, I'm looking at more of the stories of the. I'm interested in the wrestlers more than the wrestling, if that makes sense. I'm interested in that's why I go to the indie events for those connections. Um, I think that to me is more interesting. And same for the positive. I always, I think the thing is with us not discussing ahead of time what we're going to talk about as well, I will also try and pick out that angle as well because I know for that for sure then that Matt's not going to talk about that. Um, now we have guests on. It's a little bit more difficult, but I, I'm pretty sure most people, most of my moments are probably indie moments. Mike, I know you listen regularly. I think that's probably fair. Most of my moments are probably going to be indie things, which is probably not going to get covered by whoever is on the show at that point. So I have no problem with that side but yeah perhaps perhaps i need to listen back a little bit perhaps uh perhaps this is why we, we need to do you know like at work you have the uh, yearly report or you have the yearly questionnaire mm -hmm. perhaps i needed that perhaps that perhaps that was the bit that we were missing perhaps we've been a little too harsh on things then but. yeah maybe a little good cop introspective cop perhaps so if, if that's the if that's the thing then that's certainly not the intention perhaps on the original show it was when we originally did this um it would be one of us would talk about the good side of raw and then one of us would talk about the bad side of raw 
and then flip for the reverse. One, the reverse would be one. The other person will talk about the good of SmackDown, and the other person will talk about the the bad of Raw. But I think over the has the show was kind of uh, evolved. I don't think that I don't think it's I don't think it's like that. Now, are we going to say things that people are necessarily going to agree with? No, and I don't think that's necessarily important as well. I think it's you're asking me at my moment. Hey, Graham, what is your good cut moment of the week, or what is your bad cut moment of the week? So that's my chance to talk about what's been good for me and what's been bad for me. Now, am I expecting all our listeners to agree with those moments? Absolutely not. And I don't think that that's important. But when they come on the show, if they get to come on the show, then when I ask them for their moment, I'm not going to say, hey, your moments need to align with my moments either. And I actually find it more interesting when they don't. And that's actually why I like talking to Bishop a lot. We don't necessarily agree on quite a lot of things, but I like the discussion as well as why he finds something good that I don't find good and possibly vice versa. I think if you only get the same views from people, you tend to, <laughs> you can be very restricted and then you don't see the other side of the argument. That's why I talk to Marsh. <laughs> No, I'm being like serious. Like, yeah. it's like, because he, he talks, he comes at it from like, I know you're not thinking about it. Like, really? Yeah. Like, he'll just say something that I'm just like, wow, that's like an adult answer to like my childish statement, huh? Uh, and I understand that like, maybe this is partially me trying to take the high ground if Bishop does do like a three hour podcast about, about me saying WWE doesn't have compelling stuff. Uh, and like, other people might say, Mikey, you complain all the time, but like, I don't do that on my shows. Like, on any of my shows, that I, I don't talk about really negative stuff unless it's a review. And then it's just like, was this good or was this bad? I, I can just say, like, conjecturally, like, some stuff is bad. I got a, a follow up question for you then. Um, how did you get the nickname Toxic? Um, because uh, I don't know, but like, I, I do know the story. I'm trying to, like, storyline this in, like, a real way. I think it's just because Brett and Beaumont are so corrupted. Uh, they spent so much time around, like, Greg Goldman and, like, that whole thing. Like, they uh-huh. and Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard when they were in WWE. that Their minds kind of got, like, warped and twisted into, into thinking that true positivity is toxic. Uh, so it's not like the toxic as in bad cop then. There's there's no like connection between Oh, them. good cop toxic cop would be a great show. <laughs> Coming soon to Visionaries Global Media. We might as well get our little plugs in at the same time, I guess. All right. I guess I got to look what my I don't actually remember what my main bad cop moment of the week was. Oh, you're going to talk uh, about a bad oh, thing? Didn't we just did... talk about this? <sighs> I actually had, I, I wrote down one line. I thought I'd bookmarked this story. And then when I went and looked for it last night, I, I couldn't find it. Normally through the week, I'll say, all right, I might want to talk about this. I might want to talk about this. And I'll just save them and then I'll, I'll see what comes up. Um, I wrote down eight words. And I'm quite happy with two of them because it'll annoy Matt. Um, autograph hunters bothering CM Punk at the airport. So I don't think I actually read the whole article, but basically he was at an airport and people coming up for him, asking for autographs, asking for pictures, et cetera, et cetera. And for people who know CM Punk knows that he doesn't like that. He doesn't want to do that. Um, I think he makes exceptions if it's little kids, um, because if you're getting a picture, you're obviously they're not profiting out of a picture or whatever. Whereas if you're an older person collecting autographs, then you could possibly be reselling those, etc. Anyway, I think whether whatever the reason is for wanting those, I think it's perfectly reasonable that you can say, sorry, I'm 
it's my own personal time right now. I'm traveling. I'm not taking pictures or I'm not taking autographs. And I think it's a real shame that people are not respecting that. For somebody who's been in the business as long as CM Punk, and I'm going to assume most of these incidents are at Chicago's airport, because I believe that's where he lives. Um, that people from Chicago would know that that's what CM Punk's stance is. And if you're still going up and saying, hey, can I get an autograph, man? Knowing that he doesn't do autographs, then I think you're an absolute jerk. Knowing that that's something that he doesn't want to do and you're making somebody uncomfortable and then he has to say, look, no, I'm not doing that. And then making trying to make him look the jerk. So kind of a short moment, but basically how wrestling fans treat their stars. Um, they have no obligation to acknowledge you, to give you anything for free do any of that stuff at all while you're with possibly your family um, when you're in social settings then you don't need to be bothering those people if they're eating a meal and they ask you to leave and go away i'm finishing my meal then you should be certainly respectful of that but if you know for sure that one of those people is what his attitudes are for regards to that why are you bothering them in the first place so kind of short but once again wrestling fans overstepping the mark Watch the show on TV. Enjoy the show on TV. If you want to meet that person, then go ahead. Sign up for those meet and greets. Go and meet them at the uh, merch table at your local indie show. They're the chances when you get to do that stuff. But while they're out in the world as it is, you don't need to be bothering those people. So I, I saw that thread. that uh, And uh, part of it was also, um, like, don't be waiting in an airport because it's COVID. Like, that was another part to it. Uh, yeah. Like he, and then people were just like, "Weren't you diving into crowds earlier?" And he was just like, "There was an Omicron. There was like a whole thing." Uh, yeah. I mean, all those people were had to show proof of vaccination to get into the room in the first place. And um, right. I have been lucky enough throughout my life to be around and to work with famous people a lot. Um, whether it be wrestlers or actors or actresses or musicians, you know, I've been around a lot of famous people. Sometimes I've just been lucky. Sometimes I've just run into people. Um, and I think what a lot of people don't understand, and I'm going to share a brief story uh, in a moment, um, is it's the way you approach these people. You know, they are just regular people at the end of the day. Like, we need to understand that first and foremost, but it's the way people approach them. Um, and I'll get to that in a second. But, you know, I've been around many, many professional wrestlers. I've been around many actors. I've worked with many actors, you know, um, famous actors, too. You know, maybe not your Ben Afflecks and your your George Clooney's, but, you know, I've I've done work with Kevin Sorbo who played Hercules in the 90s, um, Amber Benson, who played Tara on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, you know, I've worked with these people in the, in the past. Let's just get this out of the way. Kevin Sorbo, massive asshole. Tara ben uh, uh, Amber Benson, the sweetest person I've ever met in my entire life. Um, you know, like, you never know. Some people are jackasses, some people aren't. Um, the story I want to tell, though, is... Um, I went to Vulgarthon, which was a film festival held by American film director Kevin Smith, known for Clerks, Dogma, Chasing Amy, Mallrats, etc. Um, and we're waiting in line, um, and someone walks by, and everyone kind of turns their head, but they're not sure. And 
long story short, it's Jason Mewes, the gentleman who plays Jay of Jay and Silent Bob fame. But he had cut his hair, so it, it was it was hard to recognize him at first. But then we're like, oh shit, it's Jason Mewes. So I'm you know I'm sitting against a wall and I'm smoking a cigarette. Like I'm literally just sitting on the ground, leaning up against a brick wall, smoking a cigarette, playing on my phone, and someone comes over and asks if they can use my lighter. And I say, absolutely. I pull up my lighter, look up, and it's Jason Mewes. So he sits down next to me, and we're just kind of chatting and shooting the shit. Random person comes over. If you're familiar with Jay and Silent Bob, Jay says a lot of weird things like snoochie-boochie and nice and stuff like that. So this kid comes over and goes, can you sign my shoe? And he just kind of looks at him, grabs a pen, and signs a shoe. And the kid just screams snoochie-boochies and runs away. And I look at him, and he just kind of shakes his head. And I'm just like, this happened to you a lot? And he's like, literally, dude, everywhere, man. So long story short, I shake his hand. Hey, it was good to meet you, man. Uh, hey, is it okay if we take a picture? He's like, absolutely. We take a picture together, and we move on. About three or four days later, this was in New Jersey. I'm in Philadelphia for Wizard World. And Kevin Smith and Jason Mews are also appearing. Um, blah, blah, blah. I end up going through the autograph line, you know, meet Kevin again. He signs my book and I get to Jay and I put my book down for him to sign. And he's like, Hey, and he looks at me, goes, Oh shit, man. How you doing? He's like, I haven't seen you in days. (laughs) He pulls up a chair next to him and says, dude, why don't you sit down and hang out for a bit? So I'm sitting behind the autograph table with Jason Muse. He's now ignoring people, just signing things and saying, hey, thanks, nice to meet you. Hey, thanks, nice to meet you, while having a conversation with me instead. And do you know why that happened? Because I treated him like a human being instead of acting like a fucking fangirl. You know, they just want to be treated normally. If you go up to a wrestler and say, hey, I just want, you know, sorry to bother you. You know, I'm just a really big fan. I just wanted to say hi. And they interact with you like, oh, hey, you know, good to meet you. Good to meet you. Then ask for a photo. Don't just walk up to someone and say, hey, can I have an autograph? Can I have a photo? Oh, my God. You know, leave them fuck alone. And if they're eating, never, ever go up to them, period. I don't understand. It pisses me off that people do that. And I've... uh, I, I, I've been, you know, in enough situations um, at WrestleMania, we were sitting down to have dinner at a restaurant and tables away from us were Vince, Triple H, Stephanie, Shane, uh, I think Kevin Dunn, like, but it was all the big wigs from WWE. Do you know what we did? We left them the fuck alone because they were sitting down for dinner. Like, Correct. leave them alone. You know, yep. just treat treat people like other people. Doesn't matter if they're famous. Doesn't matter if they're a wrestler, a musician, an actor, an actress. It doesn't matter. Treat them like another human being. And guess what? You might get that photo or autograph. Yep. Rant over. All right. I'm just wondering, in, my, in the interests of being more positive than negative, perhaps we should make the speed check a shorter period of time than, than uh, the regular segment. Perhaps that might be a way around. You get, you get one second. That's it. <laughs> I uh, I actually only have I, – I have a legit, like, bad cop speed check, but that that's kind of it. All right. Well, I'm putting you on the clock. I'm putting you at ninety seconds. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go less than that. Put me on thirty. Uh, it's up up to, of course, up to. Do it to thirty. I want to see if I can do it. All right. Time starts now. 
Okay, so there was a Dave Meltzer uh, statement in the Wrestling Observer newsletter where he he was talking about the Elimination Chamber in Saudi Arabia, and he said, oh, I guess Auschwitz is closed for that time. Uh, so it was really weird, and I know that Meltzer uh, is Jewish, but, like, that doesn't make it okay to say. Like, that's an inside thought. Uh, it wasn't even funny. Uh, and that's and that's it. Yeah, he yeah, went over thirty. Was, it doesn't count. Yeah, that was way under a minute thirty. Yeah, I, I know somebody mentioned that in the fan in the fan cop moments, which we'll come to in a second. But yeah, surprising. No reason for saying it. Doesn't have any merit. Yeah, bad. bad no, cop. especially because he's not just a Jewish person who who made that reference. He's an older Jewish person who probably had direct family that he remembers that was there, you know, cause I mean, Melter's what in his sixties. Sounds about right. So he's he about 45. Had... <laughs> Is he? Yeah. Yeah. I'd say yeah, he's, he's about a four 45. or a five. Oh, okay. Um, but it, it was just, it was, I don't know. I, I thought that that wasn't it. I understand that the, obviously there is, concern over wwe working with the kingdom of saudi arabia and i know that at the end of the day the the prince of saudi arabia is trying to make it more of a welcoming country with entertainment and with you know the way they treat women and the way they treat minorities and the way they treat their people but still that's not the way to disagree with it that was a horrible way to disagree with it Yep, yep. All right, well, since last week when I asked Ryan to give a short answer, it was 10 minutes long. I'm going to put you on the clock as well. So, up to 90 seconds if there's anything else that you'd consider a bad cop moment. Uh, yeah, no. Um, appearing two weeks in a row on Good Cop, Bad Cop uh, is a huge bad cop moment for me. Um, it's just really ruining my day. Um, you know, I'll agree. Meltzer shouldn't have said the things he does. Um, kind of something we talked about earlier, uh, the bloated roster of AEW is bothering me because unless you've debuted in the last three weeks, they don't really give you the time you deserve, um, from WWE standpoint, um, releasing everyone is, is a very bad cop moment. Um, you gotta stop doing that. Um, the disrespect also that, um, Vince is showing towards the NXT that made everyone love NXT, um, with, uh, and, and I'm not saying I'm against Braun Breaker winning the title. I think Braun Breaker is the future. I think he's going to be a huge star, but him coming in into the arena by smashing apart the original NXT X, uh, I thought was stupid. You know, you're disrespecting your own brand. So it just doesn't make sense to me. Um, and, uh, you know, that's all I got today. Um, all right. yeah. It's up to it's up to 90 seconds. Um, the one thing I was going to add earlier, but we went off on so many different tangents, I couldn't get back to the original thread. Isn't the main difference right now, though, that um, WWE is actively cutting people, whereas AEW is letting their contracts run out and then possibly not renewing them, which is a very different which is a very different set of circumstances. Oh, 100% is. Um, but the thing you have to understand, too, you know, from the business side of things is, you know, a lot of these, when your contract runs out, you're just done. 
you know, it's, you know, that's it. And, and as much as it is shitty to cut these people, especially a lot of these people in WWE who, you know, maybe just got there, um, is, you know, WWE is offering them compensation. Like when these contracts are cut, they, you know, they are getting, you know, paid, um, you know, I'm just, I think that it would be smart of AEW, you know, regardless of if it's either letting contracts run out and not renewing them or just doing a, 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 a wave of releases would be beneficial to AEW as a whole. Um, you know, th there are just too many people and people get excited when someone shows up to AEW only to have them disappear very, very quickly. Um, and that sucks. You know, like I, I was a big fan of the double whammy at full gear having Adam Cole's music hit and then mere minutes later having Daniel Bryan's music hit. I thought it was fun, but I thought it kind of sucked. So, you know, Adam Cole, like he comes out, he gets a massive ovation only to be overshadowed three minutes into his debut. Like, and it wasn't even for a feud. You know, like, it was just, oh, hey, no, by the way, we also signed this person. Um, I just I just think it's, it's, it's important to trim the fat because history does tend to repeat itself. Happened to WCW, happened to ECW, happened to WWE. Too bloated of a roster is not good. You gotta, you gotta learn from the mistakes of the, of the past. And I really hope AEW does, because I want AEW to do well. I want WWE to do well. I want Impact to do well. I want professional wrestling to do well. You know, I really do. There we go. We turned a bad cop moment into a good cop moment. There we go. That should appease um, like, at least for uh, a few minutes. Was it the, were you with Chris last week? Yes. Because I, I think you said last week, it was either last week or the week before, you said, I don't think AEW's ever released anybody. And that's not true, because they released Jimmy Havoc and Bea Priestley. Jimmy Havoc, I also think, Zach Ryder. Different circumstances, but they that, they didn't really. They never, Zach Ryder was never all elite. No, he, he had a he, he he. I'm pretty sure he had a contract, but I don't think it was a long term contract. It was like a per diem contract. Yeah, yeah but you're st you're still canceling someone's contract one way or the other. You're canceling their income. You know, it's it's it, it, it. But once again, when he came in, it was a big thing for them. Like they oh, they wow, instantly put that. him in. Well, I'm not saying a big thing as in like, holy shit, Zack Ryder's here. You know, I'm thinking, you know, but he came in and the first thing they did was pair him up with Cody, you know, and this is me saying something nice about Cody. So I apologize to all of my fans out there. Cody Rhodes is the person that you get put up against in AEW either to put you over or to bury you entirely. There's no in between with Cody. It's in either. It's both. Yeah, sometimes he puts you over just to bury you. Um, it, it's, you know, it, he was instantly put into that that thing with Cody, and then it just, nothing ever came of it. And I'm I'm happy, because uh, Cardona with GCW and Impact is way more entertaining than he would have ever done in AEW. And he's getting more time. He's getting a lot more time than he would have he would have if he had, you know, stuck around or if they'd kept him around, whatever, you know, version you want to look at. You know, his uh, uh, his 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 
feud against GCW is one of the best things happening in wrestling right now. And the stuff he's doing with Impact is just really, really entertaining. Um, there's a lot of people that he plays really well with in Impact. I rant. I rant. Uh, like I said, I'm going to forego my 90 seconds. Um, I was going to talk about uh, Matt Cordona. Um, more, the reason it wasn't a bad cop moment was more just the fact that Matt wasn't here to listen to it more than anything. It was me, <laughs> it was me being spiteful because I didn't really have a bad cop moment, which is um, always a good thing, I think. All right, well, we'll take a look, see if we missed anything. It's time to go to those fan cop moments. Good! Hello, I'm Brett. I'm Beaumont. And we're you, the, the Brain, Brain Buster, Buster Boys. Boys. Yeah, check us out That's on Basil the Hayden. <laughs> check us out on the Visionaries Global Media Network. We are a wrestling podcast, kind of, that uh, covers AEW and other things. But oh, more than that. And we deal with the pesky show business of making a wrestling podcast the struggles, the ups and downs, the good days, the bad days, the frustrations and the triumphs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's a tough industry, but, uh, but we've survived for years. So, uh, I want to say anybody can do it, but they can't. No, you can't. Yeah, but you can't. We, t- we, t- we tell stories, we have characters, plus we talk all things wrestling and more yes. than anything, we have a lot of fun. Damn it. We have a lot of fun. Yeah. All elite wrestling. We've done a little world wrestling entertainment. Wasn't that entertaining, but whatever, you know, but <laughs> so, so listen to the show. All right, so fan cut moments. Um, I'm going to do it with Micah this week, since we did that last time. So I'm going to start off with Bishop at TW Takes, who's probably fuming right now with all the anti-WWE stuff that's been coming from our mouths. Uh, best cut moment, turning 37. It's always fortunate for the calendar to add a year. And uh, worst cop moment, uh, I don't know, something Graham said on air about 45 minutes before reading this. Um, probably, let's do some bad cop moments, I'm guessing. Probably something like that. Uh, oh, sorry, on wrestling, uh, best cop was Seth and Roman promo. Oh, my God. Did Bishop and I agree on something? I didn't actually look at this ahead of time, so I didn't actually know that. And uh, worst cop moment, not realizing hashtag WWNXT is awesome. Uh, I'm going to fix that next week by finding something that Bishop says and deliberately saying the opposite. Uh at Just In Time 211, best cut moment, AJ Styles and Grayson Waller on this week's NXT 2.0 was, pun intended, phenomenal. Mm. And uh, worst cop, Deanna Peraza winning the Ring of Honor Women's Championship. And we certainly talked about that a little bit. I thought we'd probably talk about that a little bit more, to be honest. So I kind of stayed away from it because I figured it would come up. But hey, we talked about it a little bit. Um from at the volley live, which I believe is uh, Matt's burner account. Uh, good cop moment: Lita being back, Seth and Roman promo, Impact working with WWE and Ring of Honor at the same time, and Matt being back next week. Well, I think that will take any doubt out of who that account is. And bad cop moments: uh, Naomi versus Sonya just happened already, and then Metzler saying this, and it was the moment that you already talked about, Micah. So I'm not going to read out the whole quote. Um, well, I'll just go to uh, at Jeremy in time to seven seven two one. Uh, best cop moment: having the pleasure to make my podcast crossover debut. Thanks to at Ref March for the uh, thanks to at Ref March for the invite. And worst cop moment: the whole interim TNT championship nonsense. It's ridiculous. I disagree with you. I disagree <laughs> with that. It makes sense. I- it's in combat sports. 
once again, we we kind of went off on tangents, and I kind of forgot. I need to keep a pen and paper, really. But that was the kind of thing. Like, isn't it Shinsuke Nakamura hasn't like defended his Intercontinental title in like months or something? Perhaps it's just yeah. months at pay per view. I'm no, not sure. Yeah, isn't that Cody up. just out for a week or something, and they put an interim title in? Well, they thought he had COVID. And so I think that so he'd be out for what two weeks? Yeah, ten I think days. That he, that they thought that it was more the CDC, for the baby. He's five been, days now. He's got a baby. Yeah, but it's 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 pretend. Yeah. Not his baby, as far as I know. His baby is probably real. Pretend. No, um, but but but, but <laughs> professional wrestling is pretend. If someone can't defend the title for a couple of weeks, it's not that big of a deal. If someone can't defend the title for six months because they broke their leg or something, yeah. that's a big deal. The 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 fact that the now now hold on, it does. Is Sammy Guevara considered the actual TNT champion? No, he. It's a different thing. It's a. It, he's the interim TNT champion. It's a different lineage. This is the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard. It's the same <laughs> no, title though. <laughs> no, but it's it's the they have it in combat sports. Like in MMA, they ha- the they have an interim champion and then they have like that actual champion and then they have a unification match. So that's what's you know, presumably going to happen. Okay, yeah, but that's that's combat sports. This is a Correct. fucking TV show. It's fictional characters. Yeah, but like fictional, everything. Fictional characters. I'm not disagreeing with you on that. I'm just saying, like, that's where it's inspired from. Uh, yeah, and like, I get that, make, but this it is... It does make sense why it would happen. But, but you know, and, and if I, I would totally understand if, if AEW was more in line with Japanese pro wrestling where it's, you know, strong style is supposed to be this blurred line between pro wrestling and mixed martial arts. AEW doesn't really do that. It's that it just seems out of place in with that argument. I I don't understand it. Um, but that's that's just me. I also um, I don't know if you guys know this. Uh, hold on, I'm not a huge Cody fan in the first place. So the fact that anything had to do with him with anything is annoying to me. I think if they wanted to do interim, they should have just stripped him of the title because he doesn't deserve it. He doesn't need it. This is yeah, yeah. this is right back to Vince winning the ECW championship. It's unnecessary. Yeah. Of all the fan cop comments, that was the one that most had the most likes. So I'm thinking most people are. It, it could be agreeing with the fact that um, Jeremy got to appear with Ref Marsh as well, but I think they're agreeing <laughs> that it is ridiculous. Now, actually, World Elite Pod had the same worst cop moment: the interim TNT title. Cody is out for a week or so. Why is the interim title even a thing? And I would agree with that. I, well, it sounds like we're agreeing with that. Most of us. And the best cop moment: Mickey James entering the Forbidden Door for the Royal Rumble. That's a worst cop moment because they use the term Forbidden Door. Uh, I'm reading the quotes. I am not. What's what's the, what's the what's the the Twitter handle? I gotta block someone real quick. At World Elite Pod. All right, World Elite Pod. You're on. Uh, you're on my shit list. Sorry. <laughs> At SJP Words. Best cop moment. It's Royal. It's Royal Rumble season. Worst cop moment. Sunny getting arrested again. Such mm. a shame how her life has crashed after wrestling. Hmm. Yeah, I saw that story. I think as her well. life crashed during wrestling. To be fair, there's a there's a lot of rumor and innuendo that she was um, open for business for most of the roster. 
You always seem to know those stories. Um, Rob at UTT Rob had that as his uh, WTF cop moment. Sonny doing Sonny things again. Uh, His good cop moment was WWE working with Impact Wrestling. And a bad cop moment was BT Sports having issues with series link for Raw and SmackDown. So having to wait for replay. Replay. Oh, gosh. Okay. I guess you can't record it. And obviously the time difference as well. You're not going to be staying up to record those shows. So, yeah, if that link's not working, that would be a problem. All right, I can see at least two more. Yeah, at heel Cherry Jerry, mm-hmm. best cop moment WWE getting sued. All right, and worst cop moment Sonny getting arrested. Now I'm trying to remember what the the first part was. I did remember seeing so, WWE getting sued. But I yeah, can't remember the story now. I got MLW you. sued them for anti for like uh, anti competitive and monopolization yeah. stuff which makes no sense because there's multiple professional wrestling companies in this country who have tv deals and contracted wrestlers yes. so it's not a monopoly yeah and so, plus okay. not to mention how dumb are you to go up against like i'm not i'm not defending wwe but they're a billion dollar corporation their lawyers are on retainer their lawyers are paid to win no matter what they're they're gonna crush mlw which is really unfortunate because i like mlw but mm-hmm. they're not gonna win this it's i think it's more publicity than anything i don't necessarily know that bad publicity is a good thing for them but hey um high five tom at high five tom uh okay i posted a video to the good cop bad cop from a wrestler i was not a fan of till i saw the promo Hashtag good cop is the fact that we have access to the real-life struggles of the wrestlers, and sometimes it opens your eyes, and a promo can totally shift your opinion. And no bad cop moment from High Five Tom this week. Um, as far as as far as I can see, the only other one I can it, see is Dan Griffin. Be, good Best cop moment, Impact's Hard to Kill was one of the best wrestling shows I've ever see, seen in a long time. This is from at Dan Griffin 21. Uh, Gresham Saban, Alexander Jonah, and James Perrazzo, all match of the year contenders. Worst mm. cop moment was the Meltzer thing that I had already mentioned. Yeah, so I think we're on the same page with Dan this week for, for sure. All right, I think that's everybody. Hopefully I didn't miss any. I'm just doing one last quick scroll through. Um, yep, thank you to everyone who sent the messages in. Uh, we'll do the same thing again next Friday, so keep an eye out on Twitter, and then you can be part of the show as well. Well, considering I haven't even ended, edited in the music yet, I haven't edited in any of the commercials, and we're all over two hours. Unless you gentlemen have anything that's really pressing on your mind that you wanted for your open agenda, um, I'm going to move on to the devil's advocate. So speak now or forever hold your peace. Let's move on. Yeah, I want to thank all of the enemies I just made during fan cop moment. <laughs> all right this is normally matt's segment he likes to do his little spiel but i think by now everyone knows the deal we have to defend a hot take from each other for 20 seconds whether we agree with it or not we clearly won't agree with it um that's pretty much it uh it's supposed to be wrestling related but we allow our guests a little bit of a leeway on that and um yeah i guess we'll decide uh micah you're obviously more familiar with this so i'll ask you first um oh i guess i should have asked right at the start you have devil's advocates for both of us right micah i do uh ryan i know you do it on the fly during the show if you do it at all do you have uh, devil's advocates for the pair of us yes i believe i do because yeah. last time uh, I put you on the spot, I think, and you had to come up with one with like 10 seconds notice. So I just wanted to give you a little bit more knowledge check this time. It's 20 uh, seconds, right? 20 seconds, yeah. That's how long we got to do it for. 
All right, Micah, I'll give you the choice. Do you want from from Ryan? Do you want to receive a devil's advocate from Ryan, or do you want to deliver a devil's advocate to Ryan? I'll deliver it to Ryan. All right. I love taking right. it. Ryan, yours is the first New Japan AW Super Show should be headlined by Cody versus Hook versus Jay White, with Cody winning because America. <laughs> so, what this can do. You don't understand. This will change professional wrestling because not only will Cody be able to bury a top AEW star, he will be able to bury a top New Japan Pro Wrestling star, and he will finally end the hundred-year-long confrontation that started in World War II. Done. Time was way over. I guess he couldn't see that. I couldn't read the clock. Oh, I was worried. I thought you were going to ask him to defend Jay White was going to win it, and we'll get silence for 20 seconds like we would last week. Um, or in the middle, of <laughs> like, I'm not defending that. Um, I, th- I guess now is as good a time as any, Ryan. Can you uh, can you give an update on uh, Jay White for us, please? Particularly for yeah. the seven who might be listening. No, absolutely. Um, I actually made sure to do my research um, this time. I didn't have to look anything up. Um, but uh, it turns out <laughs> this is super offensive, and I don't want to do it. <laughs> you can just say you don't care. <laughs> so... <clears throat> It turns out, <laughs> I can't do it. It's too offensive. I'll tell you off air. I can't do it. Um, Jay okay. White's a bag of dicks. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I can't do it. I, it, it, I, I don't know. I'm, I I'm reconsidering. I'm censoring myself for once. If I didn't ask, I'm sure there would have been a lot of questions in the good cop, bad cop mailbox. So I needed to make sure that I asked just for that clarification. Yeah. All right, Ryan, go ahead. Return the favor. What have you got for Micah? <clears throat> Ready? Mm-hmm. The best possible thing that could ever happen would be a main event on an AEW show of Roman Reigns going over Kenny Omega. I mean, that makes perfect sense. I mean, they're two massive heels with two, like, massive heel factions with the Usos and the Elite. And that's a huge thing. Of course, Roman Reigns would win because Kenny Omega is only 180 pounds. Like, Roman Reigns is, like, 235 pounds of lean muscle, and it makes more sense. He's the head of the table, and then he might be able to feud with Cody afterwards. You got to throw in that Cody. You got to throw in that Cody. uh... I mean, there's not an AEW show without Cody. (laughs) Right, right, right. (laughs) He's got to set up the post-match angle, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's going to pull out a golden shovel or something. Dude, it's the best thing ever. When I saw that, I was just like, Cody just became the best. Yeah, like, I loved when he said that he didn't care, and then he kept coming out and doing Triple H stuff all the time. Like, it was awesome. I don't think he has a problem with Triple H. <laughs> That's the thing. That 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 is actually going on. That is the funny thing, is Cody has never said anything negative about Triple H. He always <laughs> only talks about Vince, but he's always, he doesn't shit on Vince. He shits on Hunter, and I don't but understand. But he is the Triple H of AEW. Like, I can say that. Like, he's just, like, that's what he is. Wait, really. so he's going to marry Tony Khan's daughter? No. Oh, is he going to break up with Brandy and marry Tony Khan's daughter, who's probably, if he has a daughter, like 12? I don't think Tony Khan's seen a woman before, which is no, why there's not women's matches on. Or a AEW. black person. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Eek. All right. Um, 
Now, I, I was I, the one I'm not going to do. Normally, Matt and I say, "Hey, we're going to do these off air," but I think we've had enough f words dropped already that I can say what the one I'm not going to do, Ryan, is. Now, I know you wouldn't have known the story because I know you didn't watch SmackDown last night, so I would have to set the context first. Um, Natalia's got the Guinness Book of Records, and I believe she's in for. I I was I watched the highlights, so it skips through key things. I believe it's for the most number of pay per view matches by a, a female wrestler on WWE. I, I think that's what. Oh, the, it's not about cringeworthy, weird sexual stuff she does with her sister. Um, no, it wasn't that. Uh, or if it was, that was edited out. So uh, <laughs> she mentioned the fact that she was going to try and set another record for the quickest match in WWE history. And it was against the debuting, I believe debuting, um, Aaliyah. And anyway, as fortune would have it, roles were reversed. And actually, Aaliyah set the record for the quickest ever WWE match in 3.18 seconds, I believe was the final time. So the, uh, the devil's advocate was going to be um, if Guinness Book of Records are impressed with things that end far too quickly, they should come to my bedroom. But we're, I'm not going to do that one. We're gonna, we, we said we're going to keep it wrestling related. So instead... <laughs> Well, hold on. Who says that isn't wrestling related? <laughs> well, it was basically wrestling related, but we're not going to do that one. Uh, your real one instead is from something that I referenced earlier. Um, I talked about the PWI awards, and um, I'm going to give you the results of ones, and um, I'd like you to defend them, actually. So the uh, Rookie of the Year award went to uh, Jade Cargill with 35% of the vote ahead of Bron Breaker with 28% of the vote. Jade Cargill is a fantastic professional wrestler. Braun Breaker is also a fantastic professional wrestler. However, Jade, just a little bit better. And I honestly had a joke and I couldn't get to it. So I kind of flubbed that one. Um, it wasn't I, the most. I don't think it's going to make the top ten uh, most exciting ones ever. Um, I was looking through the awards because I was kind of looking for some moments, to be honest. Uh, I was trying to see if I could fill out my uh, my notes a little bit, and there were some that just kind of stood out that to me didn't really seem that accurate. Um, I, I know there's a lot of people that have, do not like Jade Cargill as a wrestler at all. They did not think that title should have gone on her. Um, they understand that she's an up-and-coming wrestling, but I don't think I've ever heard people really say the same about bon, Ron Breaker. I think people have been generally very positive about him, um, although he got the title fairly quickly. Um, but he looks the part more than, certainly I thought Jade did. So but it was a I, I, bit of a it, softball, but... It, it's It's... It's hard because you're so there, there's obviously such a discussion about racial and, and gender inequality in AEW. Like that's been a very, very prime discussion lately. And, and you know, it's people saying like, oh, well, Jade only won it to save face. And while I'm kind of on the fence, I don't know. Um, I think she's going to do well with the championship. I think, you know. And and I and I think that from for up and comer, like from where she was at the beginning of the year to where she is at the end of the year, mm-hmm. she absolutely deserves rookie of the year. You know, she she's okay. she's come a long way. You know, okay. is she the rookie of the year? Well, Braun Breaker getting second is close, but he's also only been active. He debuted in what, September? Something mm-hmm. like that. <laughs> yeah. You know. 
the real devil's advocate, of course, really should be PWI releasing their April issue of a magazine in early January. But hey, never mind. That's um, third in that list was actually Bad Bunny with 20%. Just to give a little bit more context. All he's right, Ryan. Not, he's not a wrestler. What? Well, I think it was for that one performance. The fact that he literally came from nowhere and he really did impress people at WrestleMania. So He did. Yeah. yeah. All right, Ryan, what you got for me? You're going to love this one. But you know who's going to love it more? Matt. Matt. (laughs) (laughs) The true visionary behind the Good Cop, Bad Cop wrestling podcast is Matt Willis. And he is the permanent best cop moment. Well, of course. He obviously needs to take it. That's why, actually, it was his reward for being the best cop moment. I actually paid for him to go to Disney. That wasn't just a holiday. That was his reward for... That was his bonus performance or performance bonus, whatever it is for getting there. Um, No, of course. We know Matt's the genius behind this. I know a little bit about wrestling, but he's really the star of the show. I'm really here just so he could talk because he didn't have a podcast then. Whew. All true. Do you need six shower now? Weekly podcast. He didn't have a week. Now he has hundreds, of course. Well, I can't even list them all because I keep forgetting what they are. And um, Mike and I were talking before you joined Ryan. Um, he's likely going to have two more as well in the, the next month. So his list's going to get even longer of podcasts. It appears one on. and a half. Well, um, one and a half. Okay, but, but yeah, yeah. But no, he didn't have a weekly podcast. Um, he now has multiple weekly podcasts. I but, can't wait to be a guest on those ones instead of this one. The Dungeons and Dragons one is the one that I never want to be on. Yeah, no, I, I've never been invited on that. Surprisingly, uh, you just ask him. I'm sure he would uh, gladly have you on any of those. If you want to talk English soccer, I'm sure he would quite happily get you on. Uh, if you want to talk about the moon, he'll make a podcast. Mike is not even a, really a soccer person, are you? But you've been on there. I like FIFA. <laughs> <laughs> like the video game. Which he, I think he also has a video game podcast. He does. <laughs> he does, yeah. Yep. Game junkies. I think that's what it's called. Oh, I thought that he, is that the one with Chad? Uh, that's Chris. Dungeon. Uh, that's uh, Dungeons and Junkies or something. Oh. See, the thing is that we can't decide which one he has because that's how you know you have too many. It, well, he claims that there are other people. Says me who has like ten shows on his channel, which I'll talk about in like I don't know twenty minutes when we finish the segment. Yeah, he just closes out. With, he just yeah, he just blames it on other people. He said he just co-hosts, which is I'm not buying that excuse. So he doesn't even count good cop bad cop because he just says he co-hosts it. So all right, Graham, do you want yours now? Um, sh- well, I just defended one, but sure, I can go back to back. I'm used to doing. I think this. he can do it. Go ahead, that's fine. All right, your your devil's advocate is WWE releases need to happen more often because AEW Dark isn't quite long enough. And what's AEW Dark without three minute matches featuring recently fired wrestlers? Well, you go with what you know, right? That's what people have come accustomed to with watching the AEW Dark. We mentioned it week in, week out that those matches are far too short. They don't like a good squash. That's really why we're watching it, right? We're watching it because we're all frustrated wrestlers ourselves. We want to be able to beat up the other person. So what's better than watching a match where you actually crush somebody within a short period of time? So yeah, keep firing them. Whew. All right. That'll work. That'll just about <laughs> work. All right. Micah, yours isn't the most amazing one this week either. So. Aww. But it's from that same thing. So I'm going to ask you to defend another one of these um, results. I think it's going to be a WWE person over an AEW uh, I 
think that uh, I don't know. You might be okay with this one, but for me, I was kind of surprised by the difference in it. So it, the category. Well, let me tell you the results of the category. First place came in at twenty-two percent, and second place came in at nine percent. Okay, so I'm going to ask you to defend the first versus third. First place match of the year was Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa, and third place was um, Walter versus Dragonoff. I mean, absolutely. I haven't even seen that Walter versus Dragunov match. I bet it was great, but I mean, the Lights Out match was amazing. Have you ever seen a women's match like that? That was so brutal. That just shows you it, that AEW needs to showcase their women's division more because those two are badass. I mean, Thunder Rosa is awesome. I can't argue that Thunder Rosa is awesome, but I was <laughs> genuinely surprised that that was listed as match of the year. I had Have not heard it? anybody talk about that as a match of the year candidate. It was a great match, but yeah. match of the year? I don't yeah. know about that. I, it wasn't my match of the year. So you haven't seen Walter Dragunov? Oh, I don't, oh, dude, no, I don't watch it. of course, obviously. I, okay. Walter Dragunov was one of, I, I, I wouldn't say match of the year, that was one of, like, probably top 10 all time it was just such a solid i mean i saw the first one the first one was real good but i haven't seen the i i know what happened i just haven't seen it um to give you some context some of the other matches oh actually it was fourth i apologize uh third was young bucks lucha brothers with 16 percent, and third was sasha versus bianca with 15 percent. and um i'd certainly heard people talk about those matches but i was genuinely surprised that i'd not heard anybody talk about Britt baker and thunder rosa as match of the year it's, it's i heard because, people talk about they enjoyed it but i've never heard anyone say it's because from from a national standpoint from a professional wrestling show that is broadcasted coast to coast in multiple countries. That was a style of match you don't typically see women in. You know, Correct. it was a very hard hitting, brutal match. To those of us who have been to, you know, indie shows, we've seen that kind of stuff before. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's, it's, you know, I've been seeing, you know, um, what was it? Uh, uh, Kimberly, Chris Statlander at mm -hmm. American Rana a couple of years ago. Mm hmm way better of a match but it was only seen by fans of beyond wrestling sure sure did you catch up on the um because we didn't get to talk about it because you said you hadn't seen the beyond stuff have you no, caught, I, um, I still haven't watched anything from restival <sighs> are you kidding me I'm yeah i might do it tonight i've, got, I've a... got my laptop set up in the uh, living room so i can multitask that was the only reason I invited you back on this week. I wanted somebody to talk Kimberly you, you, versus you know what i'll leave and you can re-record the entire show how about that Perfect. We'll, we'll do that. Um, gentlemen, it's, um, I had a feeling this show might run long. Uh, well, not just because of my market. Ryan, what's the one else I get you on the show? I know this show is going to go long. Um, by starting early, I didn't feel any pressure, though, with time. I was like, hey, we're just going to let the show go organically and we'll see how it goes. Oh, God, if we'd have had open agendas, can you imagine? We might have had a three-hour show. It's very possible. Um, Micah, first of all, go ahead. Tell us where we can find you on social media. Um, tell us all about your podcasts and uh, YouTube channel, et cetera, et cetera. Um, well, you can find me personally at Dying Format, capital D, capital F. Um, I just post silly things. That's like my personal uh, Devoid podcast on Twitter, capital D, capital P, specifically Devoid on YouTube. I don't know. I do a bunch of stuff. Uh, man, it's crazy. It's crazy how much stuff. Like, I make fun of Matt, but then, like, I also, like, do two stuff i also do like a wrestling podcast a regular podcast a wrestling show a game show uh comedy you podcast. know 
Oh yeah, well that's the theory of humor. That's different. Okay. Um, and the theory of humor might actually be like, yeah, the theory of humor is like a thing that like might have its own like podcast extension on top of the other show that only happens like once a month. Uh, uh-huh. Like I don't know. Um, I would I'm definitely bored. recommend for people that haven't watched any because I know I'm on an episode. I know Matt's on an episode, and other people from Visionaries Global Media on as well. Uh, in kayfabe, uh, I think your last episode, certainly that you've released, was with uh, um, Ella J, who went phenomenal as always. Very unique show, and I think that was kind of what Podfather Mag said as well. There's no other show on uh, on wrestling that's like that, and that's really difficult to do with so many different podcasts out there. I so. know. I I'm like when I legitimately over a year ago when I thought about this concept i told derek and i was just like this like has to exist like in some sort of like kayfabe news kind of way he's just like no and i was just like cool all right i just invented a genre <laughs> oh ryan while i think about it from last week's episode after we went off air because i said did i just imagine this on kayfabe news um i made a claim that rvd was going to be going around schools promoting non-drug use um i googled every single thing i spent ages looking for it i could not find that story so that was total bs so i don't know where that came from but well, I, I was mean, looking I... for answers for that because it was annoying the hell out of me i knew it had to be bs because <laughs> Rob Van Dam not smoking weed is just those words don't go together. Like you giving a short answer to a question. Yeah. Speaking of that, so I was thinking the other day. (laughs) Is this story time part two? No, we're good. (laughs) Oh, I thought you were really going to tell me something. No, I got. I. I. I, I'm. I'm trying to keep your show short. Oh, okay. Well, go ahead. Tell us where we can find you again in case anyone missed it last week. Uh, well, you can find me on Twitter at Nish Guy. Um, I am a professional podcast guest um, because it's way easier for you to do all the work than it is for me. Um, I don't stream anymore. I don't do anything anymore, but I should. Um, and I release an episode of The Blade Job, my podcast, once a year. Um, and we'll see how the, how long that keeps going. Um yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't know what I'm doing with my life right now. Um, all I know is that I'm really happy that I've done two podcasts in two weeks. Actually, technically in one week, in one seven-day span. Yeah. Um, and it's been a lot of fun. I'm glad you had me as much as uh, I'm going to say otherwise when I'm suing you. Um, but anyone else, if you want me on your podcast, talk about wrestling, talk about gaming, talk about music, movies, TV shows, comic books, nerd shit. I will talk about it because that's what I do. And if I'm not on a podcast, I'm doing it somewhere else. I'm just not getting recorded. Here you go. Now, Matt's not here to do the outro. Uh, my outro is pretty dull anyway. Micah, if you do us the honor, I would like you to end the podcast how you would end the podcast if you were on the Devoid brand, of course. Well, from all of us here at Good Cup, Bad Cup Wrestling, I've been me, you've been you. We'll see you later. Boom. I had my headphones on for most of your, of your good cop moments, sir, so I didn't know what the hell you're talking about, to be honest. So, to give you the footnotes, he essentially went to AEW, got really good seats, and then got to uh, half hour and fist bump CM Punk. A good day was had by all. That's actually awesome. I mean, I've made it clear that Punk has blocked me on Twitter. No idea why, but that is cool. <laughs> <laughs>
that is absolutely cool. Even as a non, uh, not I'm, I mean, I'm not even a punk hater. I just don't have any kind of that um, affection for him in terms of wrestling. I was out of wrestling when he, he became huge, uh, but that that is a cool moment, a real cool moment. So yeah, that's a, a great one, uh, Graham. That's something that that 14 year old is not going to forget for mm-hmm. for a long time. It was something I think what made it sweeter was it was unexpected. Like if you buy a meet and greet, like, you know, you're going to get to that opportunity. We didn't expect that opportunity as well. Even if that hadn't have happened, we would have been talking about those two events for a long time. We had an absolute blast and it took me back as a kid. I felt like the kid again. I had a great time there. I loved wrestling. Uh, Matt, you obviously know I love live wrestling and going to those events. Um, but the whole time it was like Mason kept going, oh, my gosh, look, look how much time's gone. Time's going really quick. It was. You know that sensation when you're enjoying yourself, like you just go so quick. It did. Mm-hmm. It flew by. That particular the Rampage, Tony Khan comes on and says it's the quickest hour. In t- oh, it went over so quick. And, and, and that was good. And it's the fact it's not even it's ta- it's not even being taped, so they're going out of their way mm-hmm. to, to do stuff like this. Um, with them being like the essentially the second biggest uh, wrestling company in the world right now, yeah. they 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 really don't have to do stuff like that. Um, those wrestlers could easily be backstage or going on to the next town or, or doing whatever. But yeah, that that's awesome. That's really really awesome, and that's what'll keep someone like. Um, uh, like Mason, a fan for a hell of a long time because of experiences like that. Yeah. They could have brought out Eddie Midcarter. Oh, can... oh, oh, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Can y'all shut up for just one minute, please. If those listening do not know, my name is Ryan. I am the host of The Blade Job and your Hall of Famer. And I just want to let everyone know that I am now the first and only guest to make three consecutive appearances on Good Cop, Bad Cop. So, Mags, as uh, James Storm would say. <laughs> My show, bitch. I'm back. You're muted. <laughs> wow. You muted him. You muted the Hall of Famer. Wow. That son of a bitch, Matt Willis. <laughs> You're on Carol the list. Baskin. You are on the list. But you know what? You can't take this away from me now. I'm the only one. Well, I'm the original. I'm the first. Well, one. Mags next isn't week the first. Yeah, I mean, two oh, more they weeks. just edit it. They just edit it. The, this <laughs> this part didn't happen. We did this edit. part totally happened. Hold on. Hold on a second. Let's uh. Let's just uh. You, I can't believe you're f- fucking stealing valor again. Two weeks in a row. You absolute scumbag. You are in the Sergeant Slaughter of wrestling podcasters. How I am. dare you? I am. But I also did want to stop by and say, gentlemen, I hope you're having a wonderful show. And we I hope were, the people listening... We were until isn't... about four minutes ago. <laughs> I hope the people listening are not too upset about my intrusion, but I, I just felt like there was something wrong about finding out that uh, Mr. Mr. Darren Podfather Mags himself uh, was, was before me in doing something. I just, I, I can't, I can't and let that stand. You'll also have to listen to the, to the beginning of the show to find out that I actually had broke another record as well, but I'm not going to tell you about that. So you can't ruin it. Graham, do you have anything for me? Or should I just come <laughs> back next week and ruin his day? <laughs> 
you know, I, you know what? You know, it's fine. It's fine. I will see you boys next week. Uh, don't worry about it. Uh, we'll 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 take care of this off the air. Um, Mags, wonderful. Matt, thank you. Welcome back. Um, to all listeners out there, good cop, bad cop. Follow them on Twitter at uh, Good Bad Wrestle, uh, and don't forget to father follow me at the Matt Attack UK or whatever it is these days. So, gentlemen, enjoy the show. And uh, Graham, thanks for giving the good idea. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to apologize to the others for um, having such lack security. I don't know what happened there at all, but yeah. Graham, you created it. I had, I couldn't. You can't lock it, Graham. You created it. I couldn't tell you about that. I, it became cop. an idea when I saw Darren's response that he was going to rip into Ryan. I was like, well, it would be kind of funny if Ryan actually set the record. <laughs> he was on board immediately. He said, the only rule is you can't tell them ahead of time. I was like, oh, I'm not telling them ahead of time. Um, I said, just drop I in around. I feel I've been brought onto this show under false pretenses now. <laughs> I've, now got a, I've now got a list of middle fingers come my way in a group chat. Fantastic. <sighs> I thought it would be amusing, and I'd lost track of time. I, I said, I, I said, don't tell me when you, because he's like, let me know. I was like, no, just drop in every time you like, around two o'clock. And I said, that should be, we should be in the middle of good cop moments. And as it was, it was in the middle of my moments, so that was, uh, that worked just fine. Oh, fun times. <laughs> <laughs>